Here we are in the People's Corner, hailing from Corrupticut, USA, the unconstitutional state. And, uh, oh, my God, I'm having a senior moment. Shaw, where are you? <laughs> where are you hailing out of? <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, a Lone Star State. Together, fighting for justice, the undefeated, undisputed, super heavyweight civil rights advocates, I'm literally 400 pounds, the Italian Clydesdale, and the king of kings, Shaw and Shaw. <sighs> We're here today on 9-11 Truthers, and um, obviously Shaw and I are both Truthers, and um, we've got some uh, very old sages, uh, ex-military Truthers, and scientists, and um, engineers, if anyone, is, uh, maybe uh, things you've heard before, if you've been, you know, a truther like us, uh, obviously we're what? How many years anniversary, Shaw? Is it twenty now? Or help me out. It is twenty-one years. Twenty-one. My God. My yeah, God. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of I have a lot of stories to share about um, this particularly, but uh, you wanted to get started with a quote from yeah i'd like to um major general stubblebine who was army surveillance in fact during um, during 2001 well he was in you know when he started his career and when he's ended i i'd have to look back i didn't retain that but he's he actually passed away by now you know what i mean but yeah he was surveillance he was active duty when I, my best of my recollection when this happened. You follow me? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And um, so, how did I resource this? Because you're not going to find it on Google or YouTube. Of course, we know what's happened with that. You know what I mean? They've they've uh, big techs got involved in the surveillance state. We won't find a lot of this there. I personally find it on uh, Brave and also Yandex as search engines. I, I'm not familiar. I haven't tried DuckDuckGo. A lot of people say they like that. But anyway, this is where I discovered this. You know, I'm I'm just disabled home, uh, retired ex-construction worker, meathead, ex-football player, and fighting for my civil rights and the truth uh, with a lot of time on his hands. So I, that's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning all the crap I learned uh, in front of the programming boob tube and also of course uh, throughout uh, my life until this point when i became i had no questions major questions until more recently about many many issues um and any of those uh who have followed me know i've i've I've, i try and break the ice and put my neck out there um which has resulted in just sidebar real quick four legal arrests in four consecutive years 1400 days of illegal prosecution, which I've gotten everyone dropped, um, mm-hmm. just exposing corruption and, uh, and fighting for my civil rights and uh, as such for the civil rights of others. So, um, so Major General Stubblebine, uh, in thumbnail version of the video, which he does, uh, he does a couple, um, and I'm going to give you the thumbnail version. Uh, basically, he's saying he could prove that a plane did not hit the Pentagon. And uh, the turbine in the hole looked to him like that of a missile. Regarding the Twin Towers, 
he said basically what we're presented is a fraud and uh that it's basically demolition uh we also have um retired war college professor and marine alan sabrowski again you can source him uh with the uh, search engines i have cited alan sabrowski he flat out says uh building seven is a smoking gun if they could do it to building seven they did it put to both and uh he also alludes to the uss liberty saying this was all done by the Mossad. you know and the liberty of course was attacked by israeli plane and lbj covered that up um so from his perspective we have a pattern here alan sobrowski um and he said the Mossad and traitors quote unquote within our government um you know before i go on with other uh scientists and engineers that i can cite um Shaw, did you want to jump in and share any of your stories now that uh, i i actually haven't heard them so would you like to jump in well um during 9-11, I was actually homeschooled and just remember uh, being at home and wanting to get into contact with family members that live in New York City because I actually have family members that worked in the World Trade Center. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was a very tense uh, morning for our whole family. And I wanted to ask you, you said you didn't have any major questions about it until recently. So I wanted to ask you, what was your mindset and like mind state back then? Like as it was happening as a, uh, an adult, basically, right? Like you were an adult when nine 11 was happening. So like, where were you? What was going on? How did it, how did it change because of this event? Yeah. Let me think I'm 60, Two, so 21 years ago, so 41, I was in Southern California. I was actually living on a ranch that I owned uh, with my ex, and we didn't even have TV. We were 2,000-foot elevation, and I was working full-time, actually, at Camp Pendleton. Um, I am a heavy equipment operator, and I've also done unexploded ordnance work uh, with Shaw Environmental before I retired. And, um, so, uh, I didn't have a TV. So anything I've learned, I learned through word of mouth. I, I just wasn't, I was, I just want to zone out from the world. So I, I was so busy between work and then managing the ranch and doing, um, a lot of work on the ranch upgrades, uh, uh, in my shop. As, as I, I think most Amer I think more Americans should transition to that lifestyle because, turning on that TV was just traumatizing that day. And as part of what the point of our broadcast today is to point out some of the flat out object lies that they were talking about that day showing on TV. So yeah. I think, I think it's absolutely amazing that you didn't get to witness any of it. You, you, you missed the trauma bullet. Yeah. And, um, so because I had a HazWhopper 40-hour cert, you know, certificate to work with hazardous materials as a heavy equipment operator for a company that did um, contract, you know, contracting work. One of the question things, someone had mentioned to me what, was, what had happened. Of course, I didn't question our government to any large degree at that point in my life. You know, I was just busy working, actually worked uh, 
part of two of the jobs I worked for Shaw was at Camp Pendleton and at Fort Ord. So, you know, most of the guys I was working with were military, obviously, um, or ex-military working with Shaw Environmental and uh, then Guardian Environmental. So they, of course, didn't question the narrative because they're military guys. You know what I mean? They're not going to yeah, question seeing, the president. They were seeing paychecks and getting requests to do some crazy operations if they were already out at the time. Yeah, and plus, of course, they, they're trained not to question the narrative. And, and even some of these retired folks that I'm, I'm quoting now, well, Smedley Butler, for example, who wrote Wars of Racket, said he never – he didn't start thinking to, for himself till he retired. You know what I mean? They, they get, don't forget, they get in as young boys, and they totally program them. You know what I mean? I haven't been in the military. My father was ex-Navy uh, 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 aircraft carrier pilot. Um, never encouraged me to go into the military at all, um, even though I scored in the top 99 percentile when I was tested in high school. Of course, they wanted to heavily recruit me, and I, I, it wasn't for me. I knew intuitively I, I wasn't going to have somebody yelling at me, trying to break me down. That was that wasn't going to fly. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, getting back to what, what's when I started to become aware, I started wanting to see what was going on, and 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 I was of interest. And um, hold on so before I, before we move on, um, because I I look. I love. I have a love-hate relationship with service members, right? Not saying you are one, like you said, you, but you are around them. Um, love them because they <laughs> talk you. about what they do, um, and hate them because they don't really understand what they're doing. <laughs> and like you said, they all take paychecks. So um, I, I read. I've read a lot of books from the. About disclosure, UFO disclosure, and things like that, and it's all a bunch of people in the Air Force, service members, on their deathbeds, finally getting the courage to talk about what they've done, and that's how disclosure comes out. So, um, what what kind of things were they were they saying at the time? And and well, you said you weren't questioning it. So, how long did it take? For you to hear about it, you heard about it the same day. Like, did they call you up, or if y'all no. were coworkers, like you know? Um, I just heard about it. Uh, you know, people started talking about it at work and stuff, and of course, so like the next day. <laughs> yeah, and wow. and of course they were parroting the narrative. They wanted they wanted everybody to be like glued to their TV that day. You know what I mean? And and you dodged it yeah. for a whole twenty four hours. <laughs> That's amazing. And so they were just parroting the narrative. You know, they they have no, you have to remember, I, I try and have empathy because it's young men who are looking for a better life, or thinking they're serving yeah, their country. It, it, it's you know. the country's yeah. jobs program. Uh, re, say again, I'm sorry, I missed that. It's our country's job program. Yeah, and it's yeah. often people who are disadvantaged, the people who can have, get a college scholarship and uh, avoid it will, where there's no draft, you know what I mean, mostly. So uh, I had gotten a college scholarship from football and, and I just um, I was a captain on the football team and I knew I, I couldn't have someone yelling down my throat, barking at me. I, I just knew I'd want to belt them. So I, I knew I'd, I'd end up in the, in, you know, 
solitary or something if I went to the military, you know. So anyway, um, so these guys never questioned the narrative about anything regarding our military activity, of course. And anytime I ever brought anything up, it, that was a bad idea because here I, the way it worked was just real quick is that I'm a heavy equipment operator with a 40-hour cert. I'm not disabled and not working on SSDI. But at the time, they needed someone. I was good at what I did, and I needed somebody in there to do some uh, a sensitive work with an excavator um, that they felt I didn't have anyone who are EOD, Explosive Ordnance Division, ex-military, who could do the job, what they needed. So the company had me go in. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys in the military operate heavy equipment, but for what they were looking to do, you had to have really good control. And I, I, I just had a knack for it. So without getting into great detail, we, you know, for example, uh, at uh, Camp Pendleton, there was uh, items they'd use as target uh, they, the target areas where they blow stuff up basically and, and use it as target range. And when it, uh, it gets to a certain point of whatever it is, tonnage of whatever they drop on it over time, they, they in the past have sent Marines and explosive ordnance division to clear the unexploded ordinance. There's always unexploded ordinance. And so you have guys walking in a line with what they call Sean stats that are metal detectors and you're walking side by side with these guys, they're, you know, level three team captain is the senior guy who's retired from the military. And then you have a bunch of other fellas who are level two. And then there's bill, the heavy equipment operator, the meathead who has no experience with this, but when there was enough work in the scrap yard where we were sorting out material with the excavator and compressing it ahead of thumb and loading it for recycling, or when I wasn't breaking up uh, old railroad rail that they would use for moving target de- uh, uh, devices. Um, there was, in other words, it wasn't full time for me on the excavator. So they would put me out with the guys with the metal detector trying to, discover unexploded ordnance. Now, the reason the head is there is that five Marines had gotten blown up and died doing this. So, you know, I'm like, okay. And they're like, look, just we'll do, well, we, we didn't have any uh, incidents with Shaw Environmental. I don't know if the Marines were cutting corners or why, but this happened more than one time over a couple of decades where they had problems uh, with the Marines doing the unexploded ordnance removal and guys had died. So it's, it's a risky job, but I put faith in the explosive ordnance division guys I was with and just did what they told me to do, you know? So that's, that's how I got involved with that and working at Camp Pendleton. Um, as far as, you know, like I said, it didn't any, even the nicest guys and there were guys who were, you know, you get some guys who are really hard asses and then you have some other guys that are kind of more like you or, or me or in the middle. But even the nicest guys, they're military, you know, or they're retired military. You Questioning any narrative from the military as a, they considered me basically a civilian who was in their turf. Do you follow me? And so mm-hmm. questioning anything about it would 
always was met with major blowback. You know, not from anyone like not disciplinary or anything like that, but just like you know, you can imagine a lot of f bombs, and you don't know what you're talking about, and you know. Oh, I get, I get that you don't know what you're talking about all the time, and. I just have to hold back about how, well, I'm not the one who's enlisted. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like they really don't know. And they're, they're so far in the not knowing that they're signed up to be not knowing pawns. Right. And And so the way, and they they claim us who are smart enough to stay on the outside as the ones who don't know what's up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But again, my father was ex military. So, I, I like like Smedley Butler wrote. They can't. They really can't start thinking until they get out. Because first of all, even if even if they disagree, unless they end up on a dishonorable discharge, which some may, that they don't have much option until they decide to retire. Do you know? You know what I mean? What are they going to do? You know, and they're they're so conditioned from such a young age, and they think and they're conditioned to believe that we're fighting. You know enemies you know what i mean uh you know terrorists etc etc not realizing like the gulf of tonkin you know the false flag operations for example like the weapons of mass destruction which happened afterward by the way no iraqi hijackers if you believe the hijack story none of them were iraqi or 15 saudis right Mm -hmm. people don't realize that not only were there no iraqi hijackers there were I'm sorry, no, no, no weapons of mass destruction. Why the hell did we bomb Iraq? We're going to bomb anybody, which I don't think was appropriate, given what the real, what appears to be the truth about 9-11. You would think we would have bombed Saudi Arabia, right? 15 Iraqis, what was the rest? I think two United Emirates, uh, if was it uh, one uh, Turkish, alleged Turkish hijacker, one alleged, was a Lebanese, I think, best of my recollection. Mm-hmm. But um, getting back to your question, I started stopping at bars so I could watch TV, see what the heck was going on, because I didn't have a TV at the ranch. And um, the main thing that struck me was not the dropping of the towers, although it seemed really bizarre. You know, it's like a plane cutting through the building. It just didn't add up. But what really struck me was the cleanup, having a Haswhopper serve. And seeing people on the pile without any, you know, protective gear, PPE. I mean, obviously, there was a smoldering pile where there was building. From what I understand, the building was built when when asbestos was still being used, for example. You know what I mean? And so right away, I'm like, where is the Tyvek? You know what I mean? Which is like, you see guys in what look like a white suit, it's Tyvek. And depending on the level of uh, toxin, there's different degrees of uh, uh, safety measures you would take with personal protective equipment, PPE. And there were no guys with respirators. You know what I mean? Not even N95s. You know? I, I, forget, what, I forget what their profession is. I think they're called um, not, not hygienists, um, but they're a type of doctorate, not a medical doctorate, but they're the people that set these standards for like oh, what they need to wear. And oh, sure. I, I, well, first of all, I, I, as far as the exact 
uh, well, the way I relate to it is OSHA sets the standards. Who the people are in OSHA sets the standards. That was not my concern. The OSHA sets the standards. Who the professionals are within the organization, I can't say. But anyone with a 40-hour Hiswapper cert would look at that and say, and be baffled. You never go on that pile, steaming pile, you know, smoking pile, knowing there was asbestos, knowing you're you're in a cleanup situation without the minimum PPE, which would be Tyvek, maybe booties. I don't know, depending on if there was any water gathered anywhere or any mud or anything that can contaminate your shoes, but or possibly booties, uh, which are like green slip-on boots you slip on over your work shoes, uh, possibly gloves. If they what, yeah, what, they what's, what some people wore to the supermarket in the middle of yeah, well, yeah, right, exactly. Now the other thing is, they would send someone in there with an air monitor to determine on a federal Superfund site the toxicity of not only what may be you know steaming off the pile because it was apparently that when they when they started moving debris around, there was still like molten lava. Uh, type steel still for for quite a while from what i remember hearing and but if you like for example if we I, before i worked for shaw I, I worked for a guy in construction and we did demo work and you use water suppression to keep the dust down you follow me because anytime you start doing demo work or cleanup you're going to have you know dust kicking around and it could be toxic so there's always water suppression and meaning there'd be a guy there with water truck and a and a fire hose to you know opening the nozzle up so you get a spray and maybe and especially on a pile that size you'd think you'd have several keeping dust down. I didn't see any dust suppression. I saw guys on excavators with the door open. Even the the excavator has a filter in the for the cab. Not that it's that fine, you know what I mean. But you you would normally see guys. And that situation with protective equipment, uh, possibly double can, you know, rubber mask with double cans to breathe through. If depending on the level of toxicity, that should have all been monitored. And I wasn't seeing any of that. You saw guys even on the pile cutting up steel, you know, guys operating torches. And I didn't see any protective gear. And so the first thing I thought of that, that leads me to believe that what you saw was not like actual footage it was they they're doing kind of like what what they did with biden's speech right they put the president in front of a green screen and they animated the rest like the rest of it like no i i can tell you i eventually met a guy well i understand why you might think that but what happened was actually more recently i met a guy at a i used to sing karaoke when i used to drive and i met a guy out uh with his wife and his wife liked to sing. It was a place in Stratford here called the Station House. And we start talking, and somehow it came up. Don't ask me how. I guess it was meant to come up. I know what it was. I told him I used to operate heavy equipment. He goes, I used to too. What'd you operate? He said, excavator, loader, dozer. And he and for some reason, don't ask me why, and I can't recall why. It was several years ago. 9-11 came up, and I started talking to him about it. Because, of course, maybe it was still on my mind, troubled, like, what was, he goes, I was there. I was on the pile on an excavator. He said, and I wore all the PPE and the guys used to make fun of me. He said, I had on the Tyvek. I had on the respirator. I closed the door. And he goes, my friends were like, you know, a lot of guys in, uh, who operate equipment, 
they I don't know what to call it. The construction guys, you know, they think they're uh, they're bulletproof. You know what I mean? But the thing or, is, and, when, and there's a bunch of adrenaline going around, and there's TV cameras out there, and makes people act different. Well, I think two things. One, I can't get in their head, but he was like, I, I, I wore everything, Bill. I had the door closed. I was like, wow, what the heck? And uh, the other thing, I think, I said, you know what I think was going on here? I said to him, I said. If you can imagine, if there were TV cameras of a lot of people on the pile working in protective gear, like Tyvek and respirators, which you would have on a, on a Haswapper site, what would that say to everybody in the, around the nine uh, around the uh, downtown who you know had breathed in all the dust, uh, or the, there was apparently there was dust for I don't know the radius that the dust uh, was all over the city, and uh, obviously. And uh, also people living immediately around it who did eventually, you know, have a lot of problems. Like uh, if you've watched Fahrenheit 9-11, right? Michael yeah, Moore, and, uh, and it's and John Stewart made a big deal about this a few years ago, but now he's a total moron over the Ukraine war. <laughs> OK, so could be, but I, I don't follow him, but I don't have a TV again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at so, that stage uh, in my life. Basically, basically a late night uh, talk show host, comedian who used to be very politically active. Oh, damn, we lost. Okay. He used to be politically active, um, made a bit, well, testified in front of Congress for health care for 9-11 victims because they weren't even giving health care to firefighters and, and some no, cases. This is our government. I, it's unbelievable. I, these people sacrificed their lives. They, they went in there. They sacrificed their lives. And it, it's shameful the way our government handles this. It's absolutely a disgrace. And the way things are covered up for the victims and the victims' families and the fund and how it's all about not paying out. It's, it's, it's no different for SSDI. They prefer you die first to drag it out so long. Um, but that's even more so because these are heroes, you know, that, that I, 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 that's so upsetting. So, so anyway, of course they're there. The, the first responders, they may have some N95s or respirators on the fire truck or whatever, but you know, and, and oxygen or whatever. And I don't, I'm, I'm not a first responder working for the fire department, so I can't comment really on what they had or didn't have. But at any rate, um, so that was the first thing that struck me, you know? So, I was, so let's, uh, let's get someone, um, let's take a quick break, uh, yeah, and sure. hear from David. Uh, I'm so s sorry. We just missed somebody. I, I forget. Oh, maybe they had a good Use if you could invite, I, may be back. I think uh, you have spoken to her before. If you could invite her to call back in, we'll take some calls right now. Because we, after thoroughly getting through the, the PPE issue and, and a couple of things, let's hear someone else's thoughts for a few minutes and see if we can take it somewhere else. Find some unknowns, right? Yeah, go for it. Do you want me to unmute them or do you want to take the caller? How do you want to do it? It's live. Hello? I want I want William to keep talking, but uh, I just want to say Bush did nine eleven. Go ahead, and <laughs> my brother. Yes, Amen. I mean Halliburton, Bush, Cheney, Rumsfeld, warmongers, unbelievable. I mean, uh, yeah, David, thank you. Um, 
I hear Bush is a closeted genius, and he's just putting on an act. Yeah, right. That's what he says, right? He's supposed to be doing some uh, (laughs) seminars or something now. I don't know what. I heard some insanity where he's, oh, God, I don't know what's happening with that. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so the other thing I'd like to cite for those listening who many may know is 9-11 Architects and Engineers for Truth. There were, as I present, I believe there's like 3,000 who signed the petition. Uh, you know, they do a lot of work um, uh, based on engineering and science. And I'll just say as a layperson, they're pretty much saying the NIST report is implausible. You know what I mean? Just implausible. And, uh, that you know, they cite there was thermite dust uh, in the dust, which obviously is used to cut steel uh, and demo work. And they cite Building seven as a smoking gun. And uh, we have to question too, what in the world happened to building six? I mean, it got hollowed out. And what I understand, all the floors were blown out and, and yet the walls stood. I, what in the world? Like building seven wasn't the only building that wrecked there in, in the twin towers. Um, and surprising how many people aren't even aware. That, I think more people now, but for a long time that there was a, a third tower that dropped that wasn't struck by a plane and a total free for all unilateral collapse. You know what I mean? Shows how strong the propaganda is. Um, and, and then of course you have, um, someone who I learned about recently that really blew me away was Dr. Uh, Dr. Judy Wood. And she does a unbelievable video breakdown of of the collapses. And, uh, you know, again, the scientists, obviously on nine 11 architects and engineer for truth and engineers and some like Dr. Judy Wood, obviously do a much better job of me, uh, explaining what they have to say, but there are some smoking guns. I'd like to mention that she cites one. She talks about, she goes, I had to come up with a new term when I saw the, the collapse of the buildings. Because a demo job, in a demo job, if you've ever seen demolition, you notice the building collapsing, collapsing, and there's no dust cloud until that hits the ground, okay? However, in this matter, you see the towers like as if you drop Alka-Seltzer in water. You just see this, or a volcano of pluming, billowing, you know, dust. And what she shows is... The, the towers were built in three-story sections, the outer walls. For lack of a better word, it looks like, like rice checks. You know what I mean? Like the grid. Of, so they were built in sections and bolted together, apparently, and welded together. And she shows one, as it's dropping, literally disintegrate an air as if it was Alka-Seltzer being dropped in water. And that can't happen from just... Uh, Thermite dust. Thermite dust is, is used to cut the steel. But as far as it, so she came up with a term she called dustification. And you can find her videos again. I believe I found her on Brave, uh, 9-11, Dr. Judy Wood. And there's another uh, physicist she cites called Hutchinson. Um, and he, there's one video I saw with her alone, you know, detailing things. And then one was a podcast with her with Hutchinson. But the other uh, smoking gun she cites is seismic imprint. She said with the tonnage of material that would have struck the ground, the seismic imprint 
would have been recorded and 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 very sizable. Okay, she compares it to like a four-story uh, uh, sports stadium in a demo. She's got like graphs, of course, and stuff. And she said, "Look at this. The, the, this is a the seismic imprint that showed up was minuscule compared to what it should be for the towers, and especially building Sephiroth. And the question is, where did everything go? The seismic imprint is nominal, which but defies physics. And where's there was like maybe two stories max of debris for a hundred and ten story building. Where did everything go? You know, and people who witnessed it said like they saw like no toilets. I guess there was uh, somebody said maybe I forget how many toilets they estimated were in the twin towers. I'm drawing a blank now. There's so many numbers and things to remember, and so many issues. This is just one. Um, Agreed. I, got- and and something something I wonder about demolition theories, right? I don't. Uh, I'm not saying that I disagree with any of them or that they're that none of them are true. But how often in regular society, right, without emergencies happening, when do we as societies like demolish our largest buildings? So nobody's ever seen like a demolition of a hundred and something foot tower. Or am I wrong about that? Like that's not something that happens often, you know? Well, it's 110 stories. Um, I, I, I haven't studied demolition to see. You, someone would better find out more information on that on 9-11 Architects and Engineers for Truth. But, I, you know, the, the, the Quinn Towers were the t- tallest buildings in, in all that, New York. That, that's what I mean. Like, how often do we do normal demolitions of other super tall buildings? Like, it's never, it's not usually done before. So whatever method and technique that they used never been seen before right it would never have been seen before by almost anybody it would just be all theoretical it's not like you can test it how many how many super large skyscrapers can you test demolish you know it's all done theoretically and i think we saw the first i personally believe we saw the first test by somebody i think it should be prosecuted brought into light because a lot of innocent people died and got sick subsequently and then everybody's traumatized from it i would say i'm sorry go ahead Marina. no it's it's worth investigating because there's just so many anomalies about yeah them falling uh getting hit <laughs> and how how getting hit isn't enough to cause the towers to fall because they were specifically designed to withstand that, which is part of the meme that you sent me um, to be the cover of our show. It's like if you think if you think the most tallest, well-engineered building in the his one of the one of the most tallest and well-engineered buildings in the history of mankind was taken down by a couple of airplanes getting into it, then <laughs> I'm reading it here. You seriously lack critical thinking skills and basic common sense. Well, that's a superstructure. And don't forget the, the tallest buildings uh, obviously were built, uh, what, in the last, uh, I, I remember, 40, one that was the towers built in the 70s, I believe. I could be wrong. Someone could correct me. In other words, it's not like we have a lot of old, super tall buildings to be demoed. 
You know what I mean? Um, but I can't really say much about more about that personally. I would say that I, from my recollection, I think the designer said the twin towers each were designed to withstand two 737s impacts, not just one. However, I think the plane that hit the tower was what a 767, I believe, with yeah, the, the tiny, high. the tiny commercial airliner, considered seas flight or anything like that. It was it was like domestic rerouted flight. Consider, well, I think 767s hit the towers, I believe. Yeah, smaller 57s. planes. the The 747s yeah. are for were for international at the time. The big ones with the huge engines, like we're talking 2001. Remember, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. They're, they were smaller planes that hit them, of course. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, um, and the other thing that I'm just talking off the top of my head a little bit here, the other thing that comes to me is that um, I think they only found one engine. Ultimately, somewhere between buildings somewhere or something like that. So where, where are the engines? There should be two engines per plane, best of my recollection, or four engines, and the engines are tight, mostly titanium. And they're not going to melt. Or Titanium is one of the strongest metals. I mean, certain parts of the engine may get distorted and twisted like the turbine, but but I don't know. This whole thing is absolutely bizarre, and that's why we're here today, because, you know, we're exploring it, and uh, there are there's a lot of evidence uh, that uh, this makes no sense, the story we've been told. I think also the thing to remember, obviously, is what it spawned from basically, uh, you know, the project uh, for a new American century, or as Wesley Clark cited, General Wesley Clark, he was told that we were going to invade seven countries in five years. And then we had the Patriot Act. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Facts. Continue. Facts. I'm sorry, David. What did David say? You're, You're spitting facts. Keep going. Oh, okay. It's been fast. And, Keep um, going. Thank you. Thank you for validating that, Dave. And feel free to correct me if I make a mistake. Like I said, I'm just a guy trying to remember and figure things out. And I'm learning all the crap I've learned, uh, you know, all the propaganda. So, um, you know, I'm doing the best I can. So I appreciate that. Um, let's see. So, um, and then, of course, you had um, the um, National Defense Authorization Act. So all these things have been used to take away our freedoms, but also project that to, like, like I said, there's no Iraqi hijackers in this whole mix. So, and there may have been, and I, w- I would go so far as to say, I remember, who was it? it wasn't Tom Brokaw. The guy has a kind of an English accent. I remember listening to one of the major TV channels, you know, when there was commentary for days, of course, and replaying of the impacts. I'm trying to remember the guy, but he's like noting that the plane like cut through the building and like the nose came out the other side. I remember seeing that. Anyone can correct me if I'm mistaken. I remember seeing that. I don't know if that was the second tower, but. That's what happens when you run a plane into a ton of thermite. (laughs) Well, the other thing is. (laughs) Blow out the other end. The nose of a plane is fiberglass because that's where the radar is. So it's completely. If it strikes a big bird, you know, like a goose or something, it, it, you see damage, pictures of damage of planes where the nose, the, the fiberglass is destroyed from even like hail. You know what I mean? So there's no way. The other thing is if a plane that's mostly aluminum tube 
with the exception of the landing gear and and the engines, were to strike that structure, which is concrete and steel, and the steel girders, I'm sorry, yeah, the, the steel girders from the at the base, from what I understand, the I-beams were three inches thick. Now, apparently, they gradually tapered slightly towards the top to allow a little bit of flexibility, but not very much. Otherwise, all the windows would crack. Do you follow me? You can't have a lot of sway in that building. There's, I don't know. I'm not a civil engineer, or, you know what I mean, but or a uh, construction engineer. But it, it, it's like... I, I I think of when I when I did have a TV for TV for a little while. I used to watch Why Planes Crash. I think it was on the History Channel. And when they collide with one another in air, you know, tails break off, fuselage break off, the you know wings. When they strike the ground, there's a debris field that goes on forever, and telephone poles will break off wings. I mean, we're talking concrete and steel, like like the photo you look at it. And I'll give you some imagery on the on the meme. And it's not only the outer wall, there was an inner core, right, everybody? And so it, it's just the, the idea that that aluminum can cut through like butter, uh, even if there was maybe thermite explosions to, from wingtip to wingtip, by the way, right? And so one would expect the wings to be busted off on the land on the ground somewhere, just like when the B-25 struck the Empire State Building. There was a B-25. People may or may not be familiar with this. At one time, struck the Empire State Building, and um, I did not know that. No. Oh yeah, and you know, of course, there's this huge structure, the Empire State Building. I don't recall how tall it is. Not is it a hundred stories? Not much shorter than the Twin Towers. I, I stand corrected. Once you put the radio uh, antenna up there on top, so I'm not really sure exactly how tall. Again, I'm trying to recall the best of my ability. Um, trying to absorb all this stuff over the years. 102 do, stories. 102, okay, I was pretty close. So now you got a B-25, which is, you know, a dump truck compared to a jetliner, but still, it hit, you can find photos, it hits the Empire State Building, and one of the engines ends up in a crumpled mass on the sidewalk, and inside the building, there's a fuselage, but it's all crumpled up, and it's like when a plane crashes, uh, uh, you know, and lands uh, in a, on a tarmac or an accident somewhere, you know, you get all this crumpled up aluminum. Do you follow me? And uh, uh, I don't know where the landing gear ended up on the B-25 in the Empire State Building, but you can't find photos of it. And then, like, from the ground, of course, the building's so massive, I think it affected maybe one or, one or two stories, but not any major structural damage, just you know, certain things broke through the 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 the, the brick or concrete, um, and ended up inside the building. But that was that. I mean, and so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm jumping around as thoughts come to mind. I'm just going to spit it out. Um, if you you see it's a plane good. wreck, when you, when you see a plane wreck, right? Of course, when the FAA investigates, or I think it's the FAA, and they send teams to investigate why did crash. They literally reassemble the plane the best they can to then, you know what I mean? They'll, they're literally, so you have all kinds of scrap, I should say scrap, but demoed aluminum. You know, there's, for God's sakes, there's foam even from the seats. There's luggage, there's body parts. You know what I mean? There's, it's not like this stuff just atomizes. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't work that way. So none of this adds up you know, at all, in my opinion. 
you know, I, mean, I'm not, I, yeah. I have to keep my critical thinking mind on and, you know, I don't necessarily believe what I saw in the news that day. Even, I mean, I, I try to think about how many people actually had their, you know, attention and focus on the building when the first planes hit. Um, maybe after the first one, a couple of people saw it, but you know, who was looking out for that? So, and like you're saying, there's no debris anywhere of any of these planes. Like they didn't save any of it. They didn't find any of it. They didn't, you would think it would be in a memorial somewhere if, if, if they found like the fucking fin of it or something, but Right, right. Where's the engines? Where are the four engines? You know, there should be they're titanium. You know, if there's a demo or collapse, let's let's go with the NIST study for playing devil's advocate, and it's a pancake collapse, which of course doesn't make sense to me. But let's say that's true. Well, then you'd have the pancaked fuselage. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. right, because when planes explode, it's it the the fuel burns off. If you remember the fireball. That's all the fuel that was exploding outside the and burning, if that's real imagery. And I, I know it may sound really out there now, but I, I don't know what happened there. This I have to question, you know. What exactly. Footage, all, yeah. all the majority of Americans saw was something on TV, right? No, who, not everybody was in New York, but everybody got traumatized as if they were. Almost as bad as if they were. And... They all got traumatized off of whatever the news decided to play that morning. Right. And so you yeah. saw a big fireball. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and and I just, I always question what these people show. Like, it's, it's always so ridiculous sometimes, especially knowing how green screen and blue screen photography works. Having done it myself and being a master professional in that craft is always fake, gross, like, edited to misconstrue where they are like it'll make they'll they'll put themselves in front of the white house to and then they'll say that they're live at the white house when you can hear a dog barking in the background (laughs) tells you they're in a studio and they're not actually at the white house oh i see yeah well you're in production yeah yeah so I, as you were talking, I was looking at some of the text messaging coming in. Cosmic Cat says, mm-hmm. check Dr. Judy uh, Wood's book. It covers all these topics. She is the expert. The towers never hit the ground. They were turned to dust. Dustification, yep. So Cosmic Cat knows what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. The book is called Where Did the Towers Go? I'm just looking at some of the other comments here. Um, yeah. So um, let me get back. To, uh, let me focus in on, on the discussion. So um, uh, anyway, let me. I'm looking at a couple notes here because uh, I'm having a, a senior moment. So the two smoking guns, dustification, the seismic footprint. Also, the t- according to Dr. Judy Wood, the uh, the uh, uh, towers were built in what she calls a basin because it would actually be underwater. Otherwise, like a concrete basin, because I guess it was the the it's seventy feet down from from the water level, and she said if those towers hit the ground, all that tonnage hit the ground, it would have cracked the basin, and all that would have been flooded. It would have fr- ruptured it, you know. 
And uh, again, we don't have 110 stories worth of debris in a pile. We have about a, a two-story debris pile. You follow me? So none of this makes any sense. And people who were there, from what I understand, said, where were the, like, imagine, imagine a building collapse. Uh, where's all the office furniture? You know, where all the, where's all the porcelain, the toilets, the whatever? What This doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, a few things I can recall from the video she did, which to me was, was really an eye opener. I, I, up to that point, uh, I was going along with the 9-11 architects and engineers narrative of, of, of a demo job. And, but it doesn't really make sense when she actually shows what she shows. So that's my opinion. Um, obviously, uh, some some of the callers uh, that I've talked to before, like Jenny mentioned, I guess uh, Loose Change is a, a video I haven't seen. Alex Jones produced on this. So, um, you know, I I think I'm going to pass the baton on to anybody else. I think I've given most of my input on it. Uh, anybody else like to comment, please join us. And uh, Shaw, go ahead, jump in. Try to invite Amanda. I, I think she's a follower of yours. So we, if she would have just been a minute patient more longer, then we would have been able oh. to get her call. But okay, I, I see one caller. David's still with. He's muted. That's what I see on my. He's just phone. loving the sound of your voice, brother. <laughs> no, David. out people on Twitter. That's kind of kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, thank you, David. David's always giving me thumbs up and encouraging me, whatever I'm talking about. I appreciate that, David. So how do I, I don't see Amanda calling in. Do we lose her? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, she may have had to leave, but um, just like in the beginning when uh, I was explaining how to send out all the invites, if you just hit that again, they'll all get a notification if they're not already here. Or you want me to go to invites and invite everybody again. Okay. I yeah. She might see that. that. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm learning this app, everybody. I'm not a, Okay. So, uh, invite all. Every, should I just invite her again so I don't bug everybody else or just invite all? What do you think? If you see her right then and there, yeah, that'd be. Okay. I'm going to pass the baton to you. I'm scrolling looking for Amanda and trying to invite her again. Yeah. I'll tell the audience about, uh, Senator Mike Ravel because you had said that was something you had never heard of. It never came across your radar. So I'll read a few things about that congressional record, the Pentagon paper. I'm not going to guess. I'm just going to let you all know from the fact. Sure. Are you looking up something right now? I am, yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if we lost you for a minute there. (laughs) Instead of uh, guessing about what the Pentagon papers were, I'm just going to read about it from Wikipedia directly. So the Pentagon Papers, officially titled Report of the Office of the Secretary of Defense Vietnam Task Force, is a United States DOD history of the United States political and military involvement in Vietnam from 1945 to 1967, released by Daniel Ellsberg, who had worked on the study, and they were first brought to the attention of the public on the front page of the New York Times in 1971. A 1996 article in the New York Times said that the Pentagon Papers had demonstrated, among other things, that the Johnson administration had systematically lied 
not only to the public, but to also to Kong. More recent days, especially after the kickoff of the Iraq war, being a vocal voice against it, uh, and even criticizing both administrations for handling it, as you mentioned, <sighs> slaughtering, invading the wrong country, slaughtering hundreds of thousands, losing thousands of American lives, and for what? <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, this is our country, right? I mean, unbelievable. I don't know what else to say. So, obviously, it's just more of the same, you know. Um, Oh, it's gotten weirder, and it's going to get even weirder, is my opinion. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I wanted to say I I went back in the messaging, and so Amanda was on the waiting list. uh, But, you know, I I often see her call into shows. She may have bopped to another show. Hopefully she'll be back. I don't see her as one of my followers, so I tried. I looked for her. Oh, no worries. But, you know... Usually, when you start a show, there's a period where the hosts do the talking. So she knows, you know, she may just have to <laughs> go do something. But also, uh, want to say hi, uh, throw out a hello to Martin. And he says, let's see, uh, best actor ever. Who says that? Divine Beer? Yep. You might have been talking about Bush when you made the comment. Yeah. And I, I specifically like the work he did in the kindergarten. Yeah, there's Martin, right? Bush in the kindergarten. Yep. Yep. Martin says, yep. And then, uh, of course, there's some fellows saying hello to one another here. Uh, and then there's Cosmic Cat talking about Dr. Jane Woods. I like that. No, uh, for the listeners, if you have, maybe you can let us know how many have heard of Dr. Jane Wood. I just learned about her a couple of weeks ago. Just one day I was bored and then I was like, geez, September 11th is coming up soon. And now that I'm using, uh, Brave as a search engine, that's where I found her. I was totally blown away. Is it is this news to anybody else? Have you heard of Dr. Jane Wood, Shaw? Not specifically, but I am familiar with the count the the engineers that you were mentioning earlier because these are the first people to originally get censored on a mass scale. Yeah, first uh, in the beginning, it's always been the anti-vaccine crowd getting censored like Jenny. She's been getting censored since day one. They've always been going hard against those people. But the first mass um, deplatforming was against those individuals. The data science, not the data sciences, the material scientists, the engineers uh, who were saying things like jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing is, okay, I know what I wanted to add. Okay, the fireball burned off. I don't know exactly how long, but for those those fireballs when planes hit the ground usually burn off between five and ten seconds, right? It's a big poof, and then it's gone. And then you have the building burning, allegedly burning. Well, the fireball doesn't burn long or hot enough because it's it's jet fuel to melt steel. Right. It's, it's gone within whatever, eight, 10 seconds. And I don't remember. We could look back and see exactly how long that fireball burned. You follow me? But it's a nominal amount of time. Number one. No, Bill. The- it was enough to destroy four buildings. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I must be delusional. 
That's what they keep telling me, by the way. I'm delusional and bipolar, everybody's with the state says. Yeah, and, and, after, <laughs> and after 9-11, they started calling me a terrorist, like, in school and stuff like that. Really? So, yeah, so I was homeschooled at the time, but whenever um, my parents decided to transition me back into regular school again, uh, it was originally back to, like, a good, like, a not a good one, but, like, a, a private Christian school elementary school and then after that they decided to move me into public school for sixth grade and that's when all the bullying and harassment started everyone oh at the God. at the public school was cool about it like nobody ever bullied me about anything 9-11 related until i went to public school and then it was actually a teacher that did it so really? yeah oh my god yeah that was uh well I'd like to say people see what happens is people wrap themselves in nationalism. And this is how the psychosis starts. Like all of a sudden, of course they've demonized the Iraqis and, and let's not forget Osama bin Laden was CIA, you know, trained and basically the Moja was helping out Moja, Moja Hadeen. Is that how you pronounce it? The, the, yeah. The, yeah. Right. And the, and, 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 uh, well, so at the was, time they were just called the Taliban. Okay, okay. So yeah. it wasn't Al Qaeda. When the order, this is the other thing: is they change the names, and it's like who's who, and is that <laughs> yeah. intentional to confuse us or what? Because I have no idea what it, it is. Um, I think I think they just a few weeks ago they announced for like the sixth time that they killed the same person. They killed oh. like some leader for the sixth time, like. They're, and and again, they're just that's them mocking the short term memory loss of the American people when they do shit like that. Like right. I'm not saying, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, they announced that they killed some general in. So they just pulled out of um, Afghanistan, right? Yeah. But they were still fighting in the north. So they just claimed a few weeks ago that they killed some high ranking general, and. If you look back across the last 20 years, they've announced that they've killed him like four or five different times, different ways. Wow. <laughs> Same wow. name, well, you, different picture. You know, you know kind of like what I mentioned is going on with your online presence, right? Like they're they're just putting out fake shit about you and, and it's going to stick with some people. But those people who it sticks with are probably getting vaccinated. So nothing to worry right. about. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got all four, four criminal cases dropped fighting the establishment. You know, basically, I went that's after. That's the stuff they. That's the stuff they're not going to write articles about, and the stuff that they're not that they don't want people finding out about. No, no, of course not. You know, but anyway, so that that's Jenny and I did. By the way, Jenny uh, Hatch, thank you. We did uh, two shows, a total of over three hours on how I got four criminal cases dropped and going up against very powerful attorneys uh, and corrupt corruption, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, the probate courts. Um, and I'll tell you what, when I was on Facebook, just quick sidebar, th this was common what I heard, especially probate. What a freaking embezzling, corrupt situation the courts are. I'm talking the... Ex the people involved, the guardian, conservator, executor. That, that we'll have to do a show about that in the future. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the, by the way, the court-appointed CPA ended up in prison. But nobody else, 
not four judges, not the executive. Nope, 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 nope. Got to protect because it's a big club, the American Bar Association, and you and I, and we ain't in it. Well, who so anyway. did anybody go to prison over 9-11? Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Um, exactly. Not the right no. people, that's for sure. Nancy no. Pelosi. <laughs> Wreckage. That fireball does not melt the fuselage. You know what I mean? The, the, it's all broken up. And there's fuselage parts everywhere. Tail, you know, wings, whatever. And they put, try to put it back together. And white planes crash. I've seen that. And try and then forensically figure out what happened, what failed. Do you follow me? That's the process. You know, they've tried so that if there's a, not in this case, but if there's a flaw in the jetliner or something that's causing accidents, of course, they use a black box and any physical evidence to try and figure out what went wrong. You know what I mean? So there was a very interesting show to watch, Why Planes Crash, when I used to have a TV uh, in the, uh, uh, that period of time when I did. So so the fireball burns off, right? And then you have what's left to burn in the Twin Towers. You have fire retardant material. That's asbestos sprayed. You know what I mean? Whether it's gypsum board, I'm, I'm thinking the steel that's, that can't burn. Plus, there's asbestos all over it, actually. You know, it's insulated. It's along with the pipes. And then gypsum board, ladies and gentlemen, it, it acts as a fire retardant, natural fire retardant. And you have fire retardants in the carpet. Anything you buy in America that's sold here uh, legally is going to have fire retardants in it, chemicals, like in the carpet, in the furniture, whether it's the office furniture, the seat cushions, whatever. Okay. And so what even the drapes would have fire retardant in it. The, 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 what's left? The office paper, pencils, I don't know. So in other words Like like Deborah Tavares said, even even the gas station receipts are giving you cancer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because they got fire retardant on them. Right, right. So now think about this. So when everything has fire retardant, it's incomplete combustion. And that's why you had all the black smoke. So if you have fire retardant products in steel and concrete and incomplete combustion, there's no way on God's green earth that's going to reach a temperature to meet to melt steel. And the fireball we've already established burns off fairly quickly. I don't know the exact time, but let's say five, let's give it 10 seconds. When you think back about that explosion, when we were shown that one, two, three, four, five. You see what I'm saying? Maybe ten seconds. We could look back at that. Watch a video. Anyone can. So, so nothing's burning long enough or hot enough to melt steel to even cause it to flex. Because we're talking very thick steel. We're not. You know, we're not talking about your razor blade, which is stainless. But you know what I mean. We're not talking some thin material. You know. The, so none of this adds up, and 9-11 architects and engineers really go into this in great detail. And, um, and then you, you look at the black billowing smoke, incomplete combustion, but yet down the, trickling down the sides of the building on certain sides would look like molten steel. Well, the, the, the theory is from 9-11 architects and engineers, that was the thermite cutting the steel. Or when... The, the when they were removing the debris from the pile, there was still molten steel. Apparently, from what I heard from reports, because of the thermite, you see that they found in the dust. This is the reports we're getting. But Dr. Judy Wood says, as cosmic um, um, 
cosmic uh, is a kitty. I'm trying to remember. Uh, but anyway, I see the picture of a cat, black cat. As, as she cites uh, Dr. Judy Woods, that that wouldn't cause dustification. You know what I mean? Thermite is, is used in demo jobs to cut the steel. And so the building collapses, but it doesn't cause dustification of large sections of steel. Do you see the difference, what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You know, so you're going to have cut up steel beam from the thermite structurally weakened in, in a progressive fashion with explosions and 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 then, then, a, then a collapse. And I'm no demo expert, uh, but you wouldn't have dustification like a, this huge, massive three story thing. It's really something to watch. So for the listeners, I would encourage um, them if they really want to see something blow your mind to see the videos and Dr. Uh, Judy Wood um, uh, describing this because not you know seeing is believing. I mean you know it's fascinating. Like and, for there uh, for there to only be a three story pile of rubble from a hundred and like a, what what was the World Trade Center? Let's just get this right. Hundred and ten stories and it fell right in its footprint, right? Uh, supposedly, uh, maybe I don't know how much outside like, the footprint, but yeah, it had to be like a fifty foot crater, you know, like that it had to have fallen into. So like, well, did they detonate something in the bottom to like create that space, you know? Like that those are the logical questions, right? It has a foundation, it's not going to disappear. The foundation won't disappear. It's going to be buried underneath the rubble if it, if there is one. So there'd be a pile. That's why when she shows a topographical map of it, you know what I mean? She's like, "Where's the buildings?" And another thing that I found really weird was there were firefighters who testified that they fell six flights and survived. Like, you, you fall six flights, and then there were, like, 15, supposedly 15 firefighters who were in some staircase or stairwell or some kind, and one saying he fell six flights, and then when they looked up after everything dropped, there was nothing, if I'm not mistaken, they could see, you know, the sun's rays partly, and I'm trying to remember the testimony, but, like, they would have been buried under like tons and tons and 110 stories worth of, or wherever they were in the building, say they're on floor six. So what? So 104 stories worth of debris. I mean, where did the, where, where's the building debris? That's the thing. Right. And of course we know it was all trucked off before a true forensics was done, supposedly to China for recycling or something. That's what we're told. Do you remember hearing that? It's like, huh? Since when do you have a terrorist, alleged terrorist attack that's dropped two buildings called the death of what some, I'm trying to remember, over 3,000 people we heard of reports? And there's not going to be a full forensics, like nothing leaves the site until we figure out what the hell went on here. What, so perplexes, we- what perplexes me about the story, the aftermath, is how, yeah, first of all, how there was no proper investigation, but... Also, there wasn't a lot of coverage that reached me. I was a young adult. Whenever they replaced it, it it's almost as if like the thing just kind of popped up, you know? The free what is it called? The Freedom Tower or something? What what they put oh, on top of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. I I think I have sort of a block to this now because I I can't reconcile the story and and you know what they did to the firefighters and, uh, you know, and Michael Moore's movie where I just, 
I, I can't even go there, even thinking about the new structure and how that all developed. I, I don't know. I think I got a block. That's just me. Yeah, I it's mean, it, no, and like there's so many photos of you know building the original two World Trade Center towers and then like this thing that's supposed to like you know be kind of a monument and replacement was just like rushed and built in a couple of years. Honestly, like that was still kind of blows my mind. I don't have too much knowledge on it, but also nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Right. Well, okay. So cosmic cat is saying in the Oliver stone movie, WTC, they all say the same question when they get out. I think she's talking about the firefighters of 15. Where did the towers go? Bingo. These are firefighters. Where did the towers go? And in fact, if you recall, there was um, some footage of, help me out now. I got to go to, okay, you know what I'll do? I'll go to my um, gallery because I got a meme. Who's the fellow, Larry, what's his name, who got all the insurance, bought the building, and there's video of him saying, pull it. Do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? Yeah, I'm going to look up his name because it's not something to get wrong, you know? Here we go. I got a meme in my uh, what's his name? Silverstein? Is that right? Let me see here. Uh, why can't I find his name in this meme? I'm having. Yeah. So, did a according to Snopes, did a World Trade Center leaseholder buy terrorism insurance just before nine eleven? Leaseholder Larry Silverstein bought terrorism insurance two months before nine eleven, then collected yeah. double its value on the claim. Because it was two buildings. Is that why he got dealt or because of two planes? Why did he get maybe because of two planes? So they he claimed two terrorist attacks? Is yeah, that that there were two attacks. Collected double its value on the grounds that there were two attacks. You know, I'll tell you what, none of this happens by accident. The insurance companies went along with this. This is all as as uh War College professor Alan Sobrowski says, uh, you know, Mossad and traitors within our government. This this is this, this, that's, that's nonsense. All silver steam. That doesn't happen by accident. I'm sorry. I just can't imagine that. So I got a meme here of Alan Sobrowski that quotes him. And again, you can find the videos of him on Brave, certainly on Yandex. Let's see. Israel did a 9 11 attack. Oh, okay. I, you know what? This is weird. Sobrowski is a Jewish guy, but I really don't like the way he goes. I don't know because like I'm Italian. Do I blink, believe the mob is corrupt? Heck yeah. Or I'm American. You know what I mean? Do I believe our government's corrupt and I'm ashamed of it? Yeah. But it ain't me. You know, so I would never say Israel or the Jews because that's, I, you can't paint a broad brush, right? So I'm just, but anyway, Sobrowski says this quote, Israel did 9-11 attacks and American Jews' allegiance is to Israel. I don't know why he said, whatever. This is what he says on the video. They're just taking quotes off it. And I remember him, he was very, especially with the USS Liberty, he says, when the American people find out that Israel was involved in all this, we're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. Of course, that's ridiculous. You would never do that to a bunch of innocent civilians unless they were Japanese and it was Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? You know what I mean? Or, or unless it was the Middle East, and we're going to make them all the terrorists, right? While we are, and what did we drop? So I read for t- over a twenty-year period through the Obama administration, the U.S. dropped over a twenty-year period through the Obama 
end of a bomb, like 330 bombs in the Middle East or some absolute insanity. I mean, and since some 30, uh, they drop about, they drop between 15 to 25,000 bombs every year. Oh my God. Yeah. So I have, I have some graphics on my Instagram page because I've been a little rebel piece of shit for a while. So, (laughs) yeah. You're a truther. (laughs) <laughs> a trooper, yeah. So I, I did the, I ran the numbers around 2017, what the 2016 numbers were for the Obama administration, uh, because people were just trying to say that, oh, Trump is so bad. It's like, oh, is he so bad when your, uh, when your boy bombs just as much? American imperialism. It doesn't matter who the president is. This is a deep state. Okay, so, uh, yeah, a little more from Alan Sobrowski on the Israeli. Is is they Israel did it? Did it? They Israel did it. Nine eleven. It is one hundred percent certain that nine eleven was a Mossad operation. Nine eleven has led directly to sixty thousand Americans dead and wounded. Of course, I think he's talking about the Middle East wars. How about all the victims? How about all the millions killed? I mean, how about all those displaced? Uh, you know, hello. God knows how many hundreds of thousands of people in other countries, here we go, that we've killed or wounded. A large majority of American, well, large majority, I'll leave that last part out. It's just a repeat of the first part. This is Dr. Alan Sobrowski, war college professor, Marine, now retired, uh, dating 3-15-2010. Okay, so you can find the video of him actually talking about that and the USS Liberty. Um, then the other meme I have here, which cites former Italian president Francesco, it's, I think it's pronounced Casiga. Casiga, I don't know if it's silent, the G. I would say he's Italian. Revealed that 9 11 terrorist attack was run by the CIA and the Israeli Mossad. And don't forget, there was that story of those guys with the moving van or something. Do you remember that bizarre story? Where some woman saw them um, on off some rooftop, they were in a parking area. There was, and they they were Israeli, and you know what I'm talking about, bro. There was like, um, or maybe someone in the audience can help us out with that. I didn't, I didn't witness that. Um, I've heard, I've heard the implications of the government, but that specifically that some lady saw agents pull up in a van. Not surprised though, um, but. I wouldn't. I don't know if they would be so easily identified as that if they were doing those kind of operations. Well, they were actually, I think, stopped and detained for a period of time. Um, and um, no, like um, if if like let's just say they were there was a group of Israeli agents traveling around in a van, right? Do you think they have, like, Israel written on the side of the van? So how does this lady from her balcony know that they're Israeli? Well, she didn't, but she called <laughs> it in because supposedly they looked like they were celebrating or something of that, and she was suspicious. And then apparently they were pulled over and stopped and apparently interrogated. Um, I remember hearing about that, but my, my cobwebs, you know what I mean? It's just something yeah. in the back of my does anybody and, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of um intentional misinfo put out there they like they want 
they're not they're not exactly sitting idle and letting us decide for ourselves what we think. There's influence going on all the oh, time. Yes. So they would definitely put out um even if Israel was involved, like they'll say they're involved in a different way. That's that'll be the official narrative. That one of their one of their narratives will be like yeah, they were involved, but they only sent out a van of people and it got interrogated. That's what the official narrative will be. When in reality, it's much deeper, as you're saying, and the generals are revealing. That's why they put out a story like that. Right, right. Now, here's another one to think about. I was just reading Cosmic Cat says the dancing Israelis were real. She knows what I'm talking about. Thank you, Cosmic Cat. You're filling in where my cobwebs are. I appreciate that and clarifying for me. Uh, uh, never Duopoly Dave, just like Pearl Harbor and the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. Is it Tonkin or Tonkin? Tonkin. Tonkin. Okay. Yeah. It's Tonkin. T-O-N-K-I-N. Okay. And we got another comment. It looks like that uh, Never Duopoly Dave, they put out that story to make it a racist right-wing dog whistle. It was called the Dancing Jews, not the Dancing Israelis. Okay, I don't know about that. That could be. Obviously, there's lots of dog whistles and things involved here. I yeah, don't have the answers. You know, when it's it's not uncommon for like in in times of like grief and tragedy to like take take Native American funerals and things like that. It's a bunch of humming and singing and like obviously in a lower tone. It's not joyous, but it can easily be misconstrued and spun into a dog whistle as you're saying it's and that's personally why i think it's important to keep our eyes up on power and keep criticizing them instead of getting divided over the dancing jews in the street <laughs> i know um, it's just oh oh i know what i wanted to say guys and gals think about this here's something that always blew me away i've been a passenger on the cessna uh, twice one two different people who i knew had cessnas over the years who gave me rides on i didn't try and fly anything but i was in the cessna now these guys who were supposedly trained trained on a cessna am i not mis i think that's right when they train they train on a cessna and then they might get on a flight simulator and try to do something but but this these are jet liners they had even the people who trained them from what I understand was like there's no way these guys could with the training they had can get behind the controls of a of a jetliner you know what i mean and then there was a guy I heard earlier today on uh blackbeer uh one of kevin's uh, collins who was an engineer and knew a whole lot more about this and about the the something about the wings and lift and that when you're coming into like let's say the pentagon i'm shifting to the pentagon for the plane it would have lost lift because it would have been too close to the ground to hit a one story at the height of one story and he said it's physically impossible this guy knew a lot about physics and airplanes he said it'd be physically impossible for a plane to do that and uh he also made some comment about the g-forces at the at the speed of and 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 the height uh in other words the height of the twin towers or the height of the pentagon for the planes to be going 
allegedly at over 500 miles an hour that it was virtually impossible, you know, versus when they're up and higher up in the atmosphere. You see what I'm saying? And the air's resistance is less. This is what he was describing. Now, I was trying to absorb it all, but he was, he. in fact, I'd have to go back to, if anyone's interested in that too, Kevin with Blackbeard, uh, he ships from YouTube over to uh, uh, Rockfin. And when he goes to Rockfin, he'll discuss things like the vaccine issue and like 9-11 that he would never discuss on YouTube, of course. And he had a couple of really good callers, you know, that I learned from on his today's show. So, you know, hey, we're all in this together, truthers. So, you know, kudos to him for doing that. You know, he did a good job with that. And I learned from that. Um, so uh, do we have any callers? I know Jenny left, but uh, she was on, uh, she called into Kev's show, Blackbeard. David wants to come back in and congratulate you again. So, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll always take praise. Hey, David. Hey, guys. Yo. I like everything that's being said here. Uh I heard you guys talking a little bit about the COVID thing. And I just wanted to say that I think it's really fucking weird that, that the, uh, what is it? Bilderberg group or council on foreign relations or whatever the fuck it was. Davos. They're all like, yeah, we need depopulation. And I took two, I took two COVID jabs, but. Oh man. Are you okay? I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Well, I'm fine. But, but I'm just like, the same people who are pushing this thing are like, yeah, we need to depopulate. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound good to me. It sounds really bad. Yeah. But I know that's off topic. I, I don't want to get you guys off topic. I just thought it, it's a similar kind of thing, really, because no. authoritarianism and imperialism go hand in hand with all of this shit. My personal opinion is that the Cold War never ended. So... They they started it with Russia. They started a fake war with Russia. Now they're now they're changing history as to when the Cold War actually began. Now too, uh, they're trying to say it began closer to the end of World War Two versus like much later in the middle of some other conflicts we were in. But the Cold War was a fake war. It was it's a war without ever firing a shot. They called it an economic war. They called it a cold war. So I think um, they used, they decided to on an event that would ramp up that strategy and modernize it and basically take it global. So fake war turns into a false flag event, fake, well, a real tragedy, but an engineered one, which can then be defined as fake. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's do a future show, uh, Shaw, on COVID. I really want to do that so we can get in deeper into that. And um, I think I, really I think wanna... every show on Colin is about COVID. Honestly, everyone I listen into has some. It ends up uh, spending fifteen to twenty minutes about it, but it's not by accident. Um, it's because a hundred million people took the jabs the first round, and then more. There's still people taking their first rounds. It's 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 bad. But on this and 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 I could talk for quite a while about it. I don't want to open that can of worms because I know you have some time limits and I don't I mean I'm I 
I mean, I could dovetail into that if you want to hang out, but um, I'd, I'd rather do, I got, there's just so much here. People have heard me talk about it before. I, I, I can't even open that up right now because there's no way to do a little bit of it. Exactly. It starts with the, starts with the fraud and the PCR test of Dr. Kerry Mullis. Let's, I mean, you know, to begin with, and, and then it just goes from there. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. So um, the inventor of the PCR test, Nobel Prize winning scientist, you know what I mean? Well, for me, for me, it starts way before that. It starts when they decided to schedule drugs and determine what is and is not medically feasible based on profit margin years ago. Yeah, we can go back to the Flexner report, actually, where they use that to ruin the uh, naturopathic college's, uh, you know, the Rockefeller Flexner mm-hmm. report, really. Um, so, yeah. And plus... You guys know my father sold for J.B. Serrell before he opened the spoken wheel for 20 years. And what he said to me, I mean, th- th- I got a lot because it's partly personal on all that. You know what I mean? And I'm happy to share it. And most of the folks, you know, on calling probably heard me. But I do want to go back to Cosmic Cat because she's doesn't want to argue. But she says, you may have heard it called that. I think she's, you know, addressing uh, Never Duopoly Dave. She, you may have heard her curl called that, but the incident I'm thinking of was definitely called the Dancing Israelis. By everyone I heard discuss it, Israeli nationals were arrested for celebrating the destruction like what you want. But I do recall that what, what you know, boy, I'll tell you what. One thing that happened for me was with the four legal police reports, reporting crimes, it's illegal to say I'm harassing people period. And so without going down that rabbit hole too much, when I saw those police reports, eventually after several years of investigation, indicted and then imprisoned Joe Castellano, I was right in these things. And then when I'm reporting the crimes of the Catholic Church, and real quick, I eventually gets vetted by Letitia James in New York after I made a report several years before to DA Johanna Hernandez, and they get corroborating evidence. And the priest I reported in the in the attorney general's investigation, who's the only attorney general in this whole country who's suing the Catholic Church for failure to protect children and financial improprieties. Guess what? I was right about that. I wasn't harassing anybody talking about it here. You see what I mean? I got arrested three times for harassment and prosecuted reporting crimes. I got arrested for trespassing, breach of peace, completely false report, and a corrupt attorney's office whose relatives, I think, I actually think it's his brother or cousin who's a state's attorney. So what I'm trying to say is my own personal experience of disinformation and then the state clamping down and doubling down and using what they call Department of Mental Health Addictive Services, psych evals, the claim I'm delusional and bipolar, it's all blown up in their face because they're corroborating evidence now took time and investigations to come from the DOJ and Attorney Deidre Daly's uh, investigation. So I have outside forces bigger than and outside of what I call corrupt. That's why I call Connecticut the unconstitutional state of corrupticut. You see what I'm saying? How does that happen even? So what that did was for me, in a way, it's been a gift because it opened me up to to what people might call conspiracy theories. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like that's an overlay from the from the FBI, the CIA, 
conspiracy theory. You know, conspiracy is two or more people acting together in a way that violates, you know, the law, your rights, natural law, case law, common law, et cetera, your civil rights. The You know, it's immoral. It's unethical. That's conspiracy. So it all takes is two or more people to do it. So they use it in going after the mob under the Racketeering Act, the RICO Act, for example. So here we have lots of people in on this conspiracy. But yet when you hear the word conspiracy theory, what's what is the government trying to associate or do with that is you're crazy because you're a conspiracy theorist. You see what I mean? They've 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 redefined it. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying, Sean? I do. And just because the media and the public narrative says that they're redefining it does not make it true at all. Just like they're trying to redefine recession and socialism, capitalism, they'll they'll redefine it any way they can to get us to start fighting each other. Exactly. Exactly. And Cosmic Cat says it's good to concentrate on the evidence. Opinions are not so important. Uh, how you doing there, Cosmic Cat? And then there's uh, yes, uh, please come on if if you would like to um, say more about what you witnessed, by all means. Um, part of my whole point about everybody witnessing it on TV is about how they can use that to divide and distract us by showing different groups of people different narratives about what happened. So something very similar happened to me recently with a friend of mine um, where because of where I live, I live in North Texas um, about 25 miles North of where Kennedy got shot. So anytime somebody's visiting from overseas or whatever, um, there's always a stop down there. But the point is the fact is that Kennedy got shot in Texas in Dallas, Texas I had a friend visit um, from Arizona who swore up, down, left, and right that Kennedy got shot in Fort Worth, which is an hour west of Dallas. So false belief and not having a true recollection of what is an object reality is a form of hypnosis and hypnotizing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, well, that's, well, oh boy. I'll tell you what, that reminds me of something. Let me go to gallery. Cause I got, I got some more things there. I want to read off. Hold on a minute. Oh, I like this, this one. Here's from William, William Colby, former CIA director. The CIA owns everyone of any significance in the major media. Got it. Two more. William Casey, former CA director, will know our definition. I'm sorry, I got to move. I got a rubber band holding my phone to this uh, phone jacket, and I couldn't read it. Okay, we'll know our definition. Uh, def- de- wow, disinformation program. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. That's William Casey, CIA director, uh, in 1981. And then James Angleton, head of CAA counterintelligence from 1954 to 1974, says deception is a state of mind and the mind of the state. Wow. Wow. You know, and there you have it, mm-hmm. right? We, 
then you could look back at, oh my goodness, like, you know, uh, I don't know, just name a flu. You got a few MK Ultra, Operation Northwoods, which was, of course, thank God Kennedy said no because the CIA wanted to kill Cubans in Florida and claim it was Castro, right? Isn't that Northwoods, best of my recollection? MK Ultra. I get, I get- Personally, I get the code words mixed up all the time. That's why I, I simply try to speak the facts of the operation and let what people let those let that be what is imprinted in the audience's mind. So when they look up the facts, they'll find the code word versus trying to find the facts from the code word. Okay, but because we all... could be getting the code word wrong. Like there's so many of them. There's yeah, hundreds of them. Like I'm... and. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not anything bad to not have it memorized down to the T because they're messing with us in so many ways. They're, right, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no. So the phenomenon that of basically showing false information to people in order to divide and control is something that they call mind holding, and yep. mind holding is. Uh, popularly misconstrued as the Mandela effect. There is no such thing as the Mandela effect. It's the CIA, like, literally trying to get you hypnotized and thinking that your own reality and your own memory is false. Because once you start questioning your belief, you start becoming susceptible to propaganda, mind control, frequency attacks. Like, your belief is the most powerful thing you can have and what you believe literally shapes the world around you from the very beginning before you even get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're working on distorting for us. And that's the, well, that's the point of everybody being glued to the TV the day of and why I'm so like amazed from you're probably the only person that I've ever met that I can remember up to this point who did not catch it on TV live. Yeah, I was uh, on a rural property two miles up a dirt road, uh, Escondido, um, uh, uh, up Lake Wolford Road, and then up a dirt road on a property. And, and, and I, you know, there's always been a part of me that wanted to check out from the mainstream. And so that was the opportunity to do it. And I really didn't, it, it was, I, I spent probably, six years during that period without, you know, where we didn't, we could have brought in a TV and a dish, but I was like, eh, nah, I'd rather be out here and, you know, two miles up a dirt road hearing like silence. It was beautiful. You know, there was no background noise. There was very little, you could see the stars, you can hear the birds, you know, hear the coyotes too, boy. And it was just, why would I want to spoil it with a TV? That was my thinking, you know. You were you you had like you preserved like because it the whole world changed on nine eleven. Yeah. You know, like and you you preserved paradise for twenty four hours after the fact. And um that's amazing. Like you got to you know what I mean? Everybody everybody got mass traumatized that morning and um all the true Americans who were off grid like got to keep sanity like just for a couple extra hours until they got exposed you know you know i didn't think of it that way having gone through it like you did i i never i never really thought of it that way that makes sense yeah let's hear from or let's hear from our next caller oh Um, we got a caller oh great 
Yes, sir. And yeah. Okay, Carthage, brother. Hello. What's up, uh, William and Shaw? Um, so you guys were mentioning JFK uh, a little bit, and um, uh, I know that like uh, a George H. W. Bush, he wasn't the CIA director then. Um, in '63, he was. Just, he became the CIA director in the '70s. Um, but I do know that like once, like, like I think it was when he was running for president or something, it was like later, like, uh, many years after JFK was shot, um, somebody asked him, uh, somebody asked HW uh, Bush, uh, where he was, you know, um, on that day that, uh, JFK died and, uh, HW Bush said he didn't know he was unsure where he was. Wow. And he, and he was in CIA at that time. Yeah, you're right. Hey, I had a thought about that too. Um, what a coincidence, but, right? Yeah. That, think about this one, Karthik. Also, speaking of the JK, the Zabruder tapes, let's say, where was the press corps? Why do we only have one view of that assassination to some guy who was standing there supposedly with a home movie projector? Well, you think that guy was like CIA or like some other op? I, it, something seems bizarre. Why don't we have all kinds of angles? Because, of course, he's, he's in public driving down the road in an open-air convertible. I mean, th- wouldn't there be wouldn't there be press corps with video with cameras and as as a me- as a media producer i can yeah. say they 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 did it perfectly they saved the perfect angle for everybody and then they saved all the other angles for b-roll and all that kind of other stuff for anybody that decides to act up they can show them a brand new angle oh so you're saying like it was like done like um Perfectly, like, to not, like, have any more questions? Or, like, what do you you mean? Uh, So there's, like, a running joke that uh, I think think Jimmy Dore actually made it, where he said that the reason why Bernie started calling Joe Biden his friend and started sheep herding for the Democratic Party after his first run is because after his first run, they took him into a closet and showed him a brand new angle of the assassination and said, this will be you if you don't like uh, Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I don't think, like, I, I, I know Jimmy was, like, kind of joking when he said that, but I don't think they even needed to do that because, like, because Bernie Sanders, like, seems like like the biggest cuck ever. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I, I don't even think that, like, Tom Perez or uh, Donna Brazil or, you know, Chuck Schumer or whoever, whatever, Pelosi like even needed to do that because like because uh, people don't know this but like even like a lot of hardcore well I probably say especially the hardcore Bernie supporters like I used to be like they, he he doesn't have a uh, acrimonious relationship he has a um uh, symbiotic relationship with the Democratic Party that's why like even like Obama and Schumer endorsed his uh, Senate runs a while back and like that's why like they've never uh, ran a primary candidate against him in like thirty years or whatever yeah it's so he's not a threat it's, in the way that, like, some people, like, like how I used to think he was a threat to the Democrats. Yeah, all great points, 100%. I'm not, I'm not a Bernie fan anymore, but um, I'm you still can. on his Facebook page uh, yelling at him every day. I, I, I guess one reason why, like, Bernie is better than, like, AOC or, you know, Ilhan Omar or whoever, you know, like, the Justice Democrats is, like, well, for one, like, he's not, like, pushing censorship, which is good. Like, he's actually... Like thing like when Trump was censored, like oh that's bad. We shouldn't censor people, you know, for many reasons. And and like like he doesn't do all these like dumb stunts that like AOC and Ilhan Omar do, you know. 
Well, I'd, I'd say all the reasons you just said are what makes him such a huge cuck, right? He says he's not for censorship, but who's the candidate he ultimately pushes? Yeah. Fucking fair. Emperor Joe. <laughs> I know. Isn't that disappointing? God, that, that talk about a gut punch. Holy yeah, shit. Joe Biden probably forgot how to spell his name. Yeah, that's that's what I try to tell people um, who are so emotional about that speech. Um, just try to remember that Joe probably doesn't even remember what he said the next day. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure like they probably had to give him like, well, what drugs do you think they gave him? Like some really powerful speed? You know, I know two neurologists and they don't even know what they are. Oh, like okay. I asked, I asked two family friends that are neurologists, like very for, they've been practicing for as long as I can remember. Um, you, you know, us like Indian people, we know a lot of doc, a lot of doctors in the family circles and stuff. <laughs> so, so are you Indian? Yeah. Well, I'm born in Texas. Uh, my parents are from India. Yeah. But, that's what I meant. Yeah. I'm in California. Yeah. So parents know a bunch of doctors i was recently at a family gathering a couple weeks ago and i tried asking them and they didn't know what the hell i was talking about (laughs) are they like pro joe biden supporters they yeah they're taking they're taking vaccines that's that's something i think we should talk about a lot of well maybe for a future episode but if they're still practicing healthcare and stuff like that they're they've probably taken like four boosters yeah, uh, I definitely get what you're practicing saying. and seeing patients. Yeah, but speaking about like the Joe Biden thing again, um, I love how like the top three Democrats right now are Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and like Nancy Pelosi. Until so you got Joe Biden, throw up for a second. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so you got Joe Biden who clearly has dementia. You got Kamala Harris. You know, who's like doing like like, a a great uh, imitation of dementia? It's like she's trying to like compete to see who has more dementia, her or her boss. (laughs) And and then you got Nancy Pelosi, who's just like constantly drunk. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, like, there's something wrong with her, too. Like, maybe like she just has a drinking problem. That's it. She's got war criminal syndrome. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's like. I meant like besides that, like like, no, like some spend, like you spend uh, too long being a war criminal. You just yeah yeah. But I meant like like some like uh, f- physiological problem or like biological something. You know, there's something wrong with her, man. Ice cream addiction. Uh, oh Ice yeah, maybe, maybe she has a brain freeze. <laughs> and then like like she's there's no way that like she like eats ice cream that much because like she's like super skinny like for a woman her age. Came out about her. They they tried to remediate her image, right, from her getting a haircut during COVID. Oh, yeah, but I remember it was, like, really early in the lockdown. Yeah, by doing that interview where she's, like, look at my freezer full of ice cream. And at the same time, they were pushing the American people to spend $2 billion on freezers for COVID vaccines. Oh, I don't know if anyone remembers that. I didn't put that. No. Well, that. Uh, speaking about that ice cream thing, like she, she showed all her ice cream shit in an interview with James Corden, like, like the least funniest. Well, and that's not true. That's probably James Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, whatever, but you know, they're up there, you know, James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert now. Jimmy no, I'm Kimmel. with you. Jimmy Fallon annoys yeah. me the most. I, I guess Trevor Noah is like slightly more funny, but like he, that guy doesn't know anything about anything. Jimmy Fallon's laugh is fake. It looks fake. Like everything just about. Yeah, there's something like fake. like, like, like I, I, I like how we have all these like foreign comedians like Corden, uh, Trevor Noah, and um, Jay, Oliver and whatever. 
And then, like, I, I love how, like, they're going to tell us what to think. And, like, and they, they, they didn't grow up here. Like, they, they just moved. They pretty much just got a, uh, like, a lottery ticket. It's like, here, you can come here, be on TV. You'll, you'll be loved, you know, get, get lots of girls or whatever, and we'll pay you, I don't know, whatever, five, ten, twenty, thirty million dollars a year. It'll be great. And, and you'll be treated like Jesus. Yeah. Um, like, like, if, if an American, like, went to South Africa or the UK or whatever, and told people what to think it would, uh, you know, I'm not sure how well it would be taken. I think the uh, I think the voting populations of all like Western countries developed that are suck, sucking resources and whatnot. The voting populations are actively attacked in a lot of ways that we've talked about. Um, you know, mass trauma, hypnotizing, poisoning, and brainwashing happening on a mass scale for all the people that have a say in how the rest of the world goes, like us 1% of, you know, the global population, we are being attacked because what our votes are what enable them to enforce global slavery. Pelosi is just trying to eat and drink. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, I'm sure like she just, like, yeah, she's like constantly wasted. No, she's, like, really, calm down, little people. Calm down. Pelosi is just trying to eat and drink her memories of her husband driving around with young girls and getting a deal. Did he have a passenger? I did not know that. Oh, was her was uh, her husband like with some uh, girl? I, I'm just reading comments. Yeah, uh, I guess. So, like, I, I know he had like I think like one or two DUIs. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I I know she has a daughter that's like also like well connected in like some uh, a Democratic think tank. I don't know somewhere. No, her son is the is basically the Hunter Biden of Taiwan. Oh yeah, yeah, I I, I know. Like her, she has also has a daughter. I think her name is Christine Pelosi. She's like all like so it's all nepotism shit. Yeah, she's but no, that's Chelsea wants to Chelsea Clinton wants to. Oh, run. you think that Chelsea Clinton's gonna run? Uh, I mean, she's spending her whole career in the political spotlight with all these pseudo political organizations. She's she's walking the revolving door. If you know that there is. Yeah, one. I don't know, man. Like they're just gonna like keep shoving down these like people that nobody like. Uh, well, I guess like Chelsea Clinton has like a slightly better chance than Hillary because everybody hates Hillary. <laughs> like I'd say, a lot of people are more like more like ambivalent about Chelsea right now. I I really think that if they run Trump again or a Trump light, then Hillary Clinton could win. And I don't, I'm not with her or anything like that. She smells like sulfur in my opinion, but, uh, yeah, just there's, there's too much, uh, mass mental illness going on and too much just people not giving a shit, you know, like getting emotional, getting lost in the crowd. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Wow, what yeah. part of California are you from? Uh, San Diego. You're in you're in the district, right? Oakland. That's that's Pelosi's district. No, no, San Diego is south. Oh, I'm thinking San Francisco. Sorry, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm definitely not in Pelosi's district. district. Let's make that clear. Who is who's your district? What who's, who's uh, the his deep name? Is Scott Peters. Like he's just like very standard, you know, uh, politician. You know, just horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he's worth a hundred million dollars, so oh. around the same as Pelosi. 
Yeah, or maybe less. I don't know. A, a, no, she, so she's she's worth a hundred and eighty five million dollars. Oh, okay, yeah, so less. Like before, like my congressman, COVID, like though. uh, he he married up. He married some rich girl. Hey, he's walking different revolving door, I guess. Not the corporate one. Yeah, and like I think like like either he or his wife like started like some like pharmaceutical company or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, yeah, pharma. Pharma's you know, doing well, man. Haven't you heard? Yeah, very working class. <laughs> yeah. Probably went to like some uh, uh, inner city public school, you know. So where were you um, during nine eleven? If you don't mind, uh, I was in kindergarten, so I don't remember shit. Yeah, no worries. Do they do they wheel a TV in and show y'all? I don't remember, but like I was really young. Like I said, I was in kindergarten, so I really don't remember. Yeah, I just like I have some friends who were like, yeah, we we're in third grade, and then they pulled out the Bill Nye TV and showed us planes blowing up on it. Yeah, like I'm guessing <laughs> like, like, they probably else. said like something. I don't know, but um, so yeah, like you, you don't remember much when you're that young. Yeah, uh, when I was, whenever I was in, I believe it was fifth grade when George Bush got reelected, they stopped like everything for the whole day, the whole school, and they brought us all into the auditorium and said, we need to pray a prayer for the country. What? (laughs) Yeah. It was a, it was a pub private Christian school. So they were, they were pretty happy about it. Oh yeah, I went to Catholic school for a little bit where I got beat by the nuns, I guess. Oh shit, man. I'm sorry. No, this yeah. was this was Christian, so they they put the they put the evidence of the beating on the cross, you know. Like, yeah, no, I remember like uh, Yeah, cuz back when I was in Catholic, it felt like we went we went to like we cuz of the you know, there's a church obviously on the on the grounds on the school. But it felt like we went to church like every day for like two hours, Monday through Friday. It was horrible. Oh shit! Like, I'm pretty hours. sure it was like once a week, probably maybe for like half an hour or maybe an hour. But it really felt like two hours every day. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I guess the statute of limitations for napping in church have passed. But I would fucking nap all the time during that shit. Like yeah. sing songs? Hell no! Yeah, I got <laughs> like the it's uh, Monday, it's uh, morning. Yeah, I I got the religion beat out of me by God's helpers. Oh, <laughs> did you get? Likewise, did you get, yes. Likewise, did you get groped like Jimmy Dore and I did? <laughs> did you ever talk about that on Joe Rogan? Uh, did you get groped? Grammar school? Is that what you were saying? God's helpers? I mean, no, I it was like Catholic school, right? Right. Well, Jimmy Duran, Joe Rogan talks about he went to Catholic school and what happened, how we and the boys got check out that episode sometime. How the what the priest was groping the boys when they he used to take them swimming or something. The priest. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I said this to somebody yesterday on Colin, but uh, I I grew up uh, so religious that uh, I I I became a uh, a billionaire and I raped them. That's how religious I am. That's how Catholic <laughs> I am. <laughs> That happens. All you got to do is put on a priest robe and you get away with it. I, I, mean? I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that because, like, obviously, like, YouTube and Twitter have, like, a, like a censorship policy now. But I don't know what the policy is on Colin. Karthik, are you a billionaire? No, no, I'm kidding. Man. Like, oh. that, that was just, like, some joke about being Catholic or, like, being, like, oh, okay. you know, religious I mean, or whatever. No, I'm definitely not. So... Let, let, let's make one thing clear. I, I, I don't have any money. Let, let's make that clear. No, I, I don't mean, want hey, people to this... think that I'm some sort of an infiltrator. 
in this in this day and age, man, I've I've met like sixteen year olds with tens of millions of dollars, and they were just messing around with crypto that money from their parents. Like, it's a strange world out there now. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised of... if they started with decent money. What's up? I wouldn't be surprised if they started. <laughs> so these there's news stories going around about a ten about two ten year olds in Frisco who make like thirty thousand dollars a month mining crypto. But what they haven't said in the story is that forty thousand dollars of equipment loaned from their parents. Yeah, they started out rich. <laughs> it's like uh, George Bush. You know, he was born on third base and thought he had a triple. Last thing I want to say, yeah. So I just verified, and Christine Pelosi is a uh, a democratic strategist. Yeah, which means way. she knows nothing and does nothing, and she's on her way up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she's going to, you know, she'll be CEO of something or she'll be head of this think tank or she'll get a a, a, a no-show job as, like, some consultant for Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and she'll be able to afford the new iPhone every year like a good like a good American slave. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they're all, she was, like, a very strong Hillary supporter. You know, she got all the uh, boxes checked. Yep. Well, hey, thank you so much for the info and for contributing. For sure. um, you're welcome. Well, Bill's taking it from here. Okay, brother. Good. Uh, What's up, William? Uh, what do you want to say? Yeah. Oh, well, first, uh, just say good night to um, to sh- the King of Kings. That's what Shaw uh, uh, stands for. A king. He yeah, I, to- I, I, I'm Indian. I'm aware of what Shaw means. Okay, um, that was new to me. Shaw and Shaw, King of Kings. That's my co-host our first show together um what would i like to say um well i think you know we're going back if we're bringing it back to 9-11 we're going back uh 21 years and there's been so much disinformation and then information coming out and here we are tonight you know trying to share more information and cosmic cat uh obviously do i have the name right i hope i do because <laughs> um is cosmic cat uh, is that a caller here one of the callers is cosmic hold on a second. oh yeah i i see them or her yeah on, and she's citing uh, dr judy woods i just learned about dr judy woods and um a lot of people haven't uh some have and then um major general stubblebine i'm just going back if there's any new uh, people in the group to just rehash some of the experts that we've talked about. Um, so you have Dr. Judy, you have um, Major General Stubblebine, who's uh, was uh, surveillance, and and then uh, Alan Sobrowski, former War College professor, Marine. All these people coming out now that they're retired. Um, and um, so anyway, it, uh, there we go. Yeah, that's it. Cosmic Cat. Okay, thank you. That's your name. Yeah, appreciate your feedback. And uh, and uh, never do I believe Dave. Free Assange. Yeah, I mean, we can go anywhere with the show now. Is is there anybody who who's recently joined the listeners that I, I feel obligated to, to, to go back to the theme if they've just recently joined if not we can move on to any subject I hey 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 well come on man we, we can't free assange he, he's a trump right here oh, 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 is that right I have he's no a idea. no good trump <laughs> yeah that's what uh some people will uh have you believe on youtube okay 
Okay. Well, I, I'd like to chime in about that a little bit. As far as I'm concerned, it's all psyops and double psyops and who the hell knows. I mean, who runs the world? I, I, I don't get into uh, party politics because I think I thought all it was girls that run the world. Well, you can make that argument. You know what I mean? You could make that argument. <laughs> You could make that. You know, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, Nancy Pelosi, you know. Yeah. That uh, uh, Facebook CEO, Sheryl Sandberg, you know, just the the cream of the crop. And who was it? Who was, oh, when it came to the Ukraine and flipping the government there, help me out. Who's the lady who it leaked out? Who, where we pretty much assigned that government back in 2014. What was her name? Oh, the uh, I think it was like some German lady, like uh, Ursula von. I don't know. It's like some like thick European name. I forget. Well, actually, there was she was the U.S. government though. Um, oh, the, the Obama uh, lady. Um, talked with the V, Victoria Newland. Victoria. Yeah, Newland. I think That's so. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it? You know, it's trippy, isn't it, man? We, yeah, like, I, we wasn't there like some t- a recording leaked of her saying yeah, something yeah. like, like, oh, we want yeah. this. I don't know. It was like some really like super like shady shit. Yeah, and then of course let's not forget the bio lads and Bisma and Barisma and bearing all that. The no, 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 that's just a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden tells you it's a conspiracy. Of course, of course. What do you say is Senator Biden back in 97 about NATO expansion, though? Do yeah, I think it was on C-SPAN. It was like, hey, if we keep expanding NATO, then eventually there'll be, like, some war with Russia. Imagine that. 97, the they knew. Holy shit. And look what they're doing to it. See what I'm trying to say, bro? This yeah. has all been planned for decades. And if, if, Right? Yeah, no definitely. Question. You know? And then you had... Um, William Burns, who was at the time ambassador of Russia, who's now CAA, head of the CIA, uh, when he was ambassador of Russia, pretty much echoing the same sentiments, according to Scott Ritter, who was a a weapons inspector, UN weapons inspector, no weapons of mass destruction, right? So Scott Ritter's all over um, YouTube and Telegram now. Do you know what I'm talking about, Scott Ritter? Yeah, what's Uh, Telegram? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Well, Telegram, I don't know. I just got booted off Telegram. I've been booted off Facebook. Twitter won't accept oh, my post, sucks. and I just got booted off Telegram. Telegram is a messaging, uh, what do we call it? A platform, right? Where Social um, media, that thing. Yeah, but um, supposedly it's supposed to be uncensored. But when I started putting up the recent stuff about Dr. Judy Woods, 9-11, some other topics, they don't ban you for discussing COVID on Telegram. You know? That's good. Yeah, but when it comes to uh, something, the next thing I know, I was I put up the stuff on Dr. Judy Woods, my recent 9-11 posts, and uh, next thing I know, I'm blocked from Telegram. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, oh, as Nancy know, Pelosi would say, just calm down. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, do good imita- You and uh, Steph, what's Steph's, uh, Jimmy Dore's wife's name? Steph. Uh, oh, uh, you- Steph uh, uh, Z- Zamorano. You and her, that was a great imitation. It sounded like you were imitating Steph, I thought, for a minute. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. And, but yeah, she does do a very good imitation. Like, she's actually, like, because, so, uh, uh, she and Jimmy filmed a special down in San Diego, you know, where I live, like, last month, and it was hilarious. Like, I, I've never seen them both be funnier. Um, so, I'm going to go, because yeah, I'm sure David wants to talk. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, great. Oh, and, like, I, I found a, a video of her, like, doing stand-up, like, 20 years ago. 
Oh yeah. And she looked amazing, man. I was like, holy shit. Like Jimmy has a very attractive wife. Yeah. Yeah. And she's funny too, to boot. She got a great laugh. Yeah, I love watching them. Talk to you later. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good night, brother. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'm new to this whole app process. So I got to invite David to speak. So how do I do that? Hold on a minute. Bear with me, brother. I'm trying. Oh, somehow I went to the main page, back to the show. So waiting for caller. I just hit that, right? How come Dave's not? Dave, are you not unmuting or what's going on here, man? I don't know what's going on here. Uh, trying to invite you to speak, Dave, for some reason. As I tap waiting for caller, I'm not getting a response. When I tap you, ah, nothing. Well, you know, Shaw um, started this and entered it into the show, and I'm a co-host. I don't know if there's a problem. Is it right? Isn't that right, all you guys? Do I have that right? Let me check the show notes for you guys who are experienced. I think that's what we have to show. And we'll, Shaw and I, this is our first show together. We hope to do more together. I, I'm, I'm, thank you for uh, coming on and speaking and listening. Hope you enjoyed it and um, put up some suggestions for us. I, I want to do a COVID show. Um, anything else um, anyone would suggest? Oh, looks like I got a, a couple messages here. Let me see what people are saying. Oh, great work, William. Hey, thank you, Martin. Really appreciate it. Really enjoy speaking with you, too. You're one of the, for you and the Derek were the first folks I spoke to on call. I don't know. What does, what does Dare Beer say? The Bush family and Pelosi took away your moderator status. That's right. They watched it. <laughs> Enough. This big, this big meatheads talk too much. We got to shut it down. We're talking too many tooth bombs, right? Everybody, right? Hey, Bill. <laughs> I was able to figure it out. I think you should be able to bring people in here. Also, I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, kind of like what the description says. Uh, this is a value for value production. Uh, um, everyone here so far is very familiar with. Um, Bill's situation. So I've, as he said, I've come in to help him out, develop this um, production for him. So his voice can um, eventually make it out. Um, he's having a lot of technical difficulties with um, how long he wants to speak and how much he has to say. So basically uh, I'm helping him out by letting him use my the bandwidth of my devices um, routed through this room. So I can't always be here, but uh, with this change, hopefully he'll be able to control the room now. Um, and please use the links to find uh, some of the support structures I've made so we can start generating a fund and uh, getting remedying some of these situations because uh, with with support, we can get Bill's message out to a lot more Americans who are struggling under similar conditions and don't understand any which way that they can stand up for themselves or how that they or that it's even possible. Um, personally, I went through some very dramatic legal troubles about five or six years ago. And when you're going through it, you're just at the mercy of whatever you can find on Google and 
the lawyers that send you mail that are trying to intimidate you. So it's a very hard space to be in. And most people have much more intense situations than that, where they also have health complications going on and they still have the ability to stand up and fight for themselves. And that's the message that I want to help bill spread. Let me, let me thank you, Sean. Uh, just for those that don't know, um, the, the best way to catch up, we'll probably do a show together, Shaw and I. We did do with Skywatch, um, but also Jenny Hatch uh, did two shows with me, um, how I got arrested as a civil advocate, fighting for my own rights, reporting crimes, and how I, what I learned in the process and was able to do to fight back. That's what, um, and so Jenny Hatch did a couple of shows, and we'll probably do some. Um there's a lot of tools that, uh, you know, again, there was three hours worth of show with Jenny. So it's, I, you know, wouldn't want to open that book up right now, but um, so I'm not a lawyer, but I can tell you what I did. If you look me up online, you'll see, I have multiple arrests, like three. And then if you check Connecticut judicial on the criminal record, you'll see zero. I've never taken a plea bargain. I have no convictions. And I was actually acting as an advocate and reporting crimes and, but the corruption is deep, you know, and then I, we'll probably do a show on SSDI. Uh, I had to represent myself because of the history. No lawyer wanted to. So I did represent myself and what I got went through. And boy, I got to tell you, that system is corrupt as the day is long. And as USA reports, USA Today reports, 10,000 people a year die just trying to get their SSDI. It's really shameful. Um they report 110,000 in the last 11 years as upon the print of that article. And um, just despicable. There's so much our government's doing that is harmful to us as citizens. And so thus I thought of um, doing, uh, uh, you know, doing what I do here on the, you know, the people's corner that we fight together. Because we got it's not going to. We know it's not going to come to the top ground. Just what we're talking about today shows us how evil and deleterious and and just has the you know the boot to our necks, both parties. And so, what can we do to fight back? You know, I don't have all the answers, but I can discuss what I've been through and how far I've gotten. And uh, and it's substantial because the agenda was to put me away for quite a while. You know, 1,400 days of illegal prosecution, four arrests, consecutive arrests year over year. And um, so anyway, so I could talk a lot about that. But um, OK, so I don't know if anyone wants to come in and speak or let me check the uh, the messages, see if there's any topic in particular. Thanks for the room. You're welcome. Duopoly Dave, never Duopoly Dave. I just want to say, guys, if, if you watch the uh, Jimmy Dore special. Look for a guy in the middle with a fuck Joe Biden shirt. That's me. Laughing uncontrollably. Wonderful oh, show. You, oh, what, did he televise something that we would see that? Uh, never Duopoly did? Unfortunately, he's only putting it on his uh, members only. I don't know why. It's fucking ridiculous. But, yeah, if you well, have a you, subscription to him. This is when you saw him live this last week. Is that what you're describing? No, when I was he he came to San Diego, where where I'm from. Oh, well, how long ago was that? Oh, like a month. I think. No kidding. Who were his guests with him? Who was who was with him besides Steph? 
Uh, <laughs> shit, I don't even remember. I was kind of hammered. Okay. Okay. Well, I'd be at some point. I'd love to hear that. What it's like to see him live. I only watch him, you know, on YouTube. But, oh, I um, remember it was Graham Elwood and Ron Blacone. Just joking. Now with uh, Graham, hasn't he over the COVID thing? I think isn't that right? Yeah. That that was really an eye opener, wasn't it? To to see who was really with it. Yeah, I'm a little surprised about Graham, but you know, I I try and see that you know everybody wants to protect the elderly and their relatives, and so the intent is, in other words, the motive is good. It's just there's so many other ways to do it. You know, the natural. One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, and um, you guys know have heard me before. I'm big on naturopathics and eating uh, clean food and water and stuff to build our immune system so we can battle these things and using, um, you know, things that we know work, uh, herbal and uh, things of that nature. So, yeah, there's and vitamin D3. There's so many things that didn't ever have to come to this. And I say that everybody died. All that uh, is for horses, man. It's only for horses. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, bullshit. We know it's on the World Health Organization uh, list of essential medicines, along with hydroxy and how safe they both are. That's all propaganda. You know, of course they use. Well, hey, think about this. Every drug that's been approved went through animal trials. Does that make them all veterinary drugs? I mean, come on. You know, of course, if they work on animals, they're going to be approved for veterinarians, too. But they're going through the animal trials to be approved for us. You know, it's just the twist of the everything's so freaking convoluted. Not to mention remdesivir, one-third renal failure rate, according to what's on PubMed, and that's their approved drug. Meanwhile, ivermectin has the safest protocol of any drug ever produced, according to Chris Martinson with Peak Prosperity, when he covered the toxicity studies on that. Guys, a Duke pathology, you know, we got his degree in Duke for pathology. Are you familiar with Peak Prosperity, Chris Martinson? Because he's been, he's been on top of this from the beginning. You know what I mean? Um, you're Along a wealth with, of information, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you guys know me. I can talk forever. <laughs> I just don't know if people uh, want to hear me right now. We've been out for a while and uh, appreciate the listeners. I think we, need, well, some, we need some Rudy, Derek, and Martin up in here. Get them up and speak well, yeah. I'd be happy to. Okay, so Derek, no, Shaw's gone, but don't they have to? They have to. Put a request in. I don't see they any requests. They have to want it. From. They have to want it. Okay, here's Derek, baby. Here we go. Well, Derek's been a speaker. We'll just make him a speaker right off the bat. And Martin, hold on. So let's see. I'm inviting Derek to speak. Okay. And then I'm going to invite Martin to speak. Hold on. Tap, tap. Let's get to Martin. Invite to speak. So right. uh, uh, penicillin, I just want to put some people in their fucking place right now. All right. Uh, penicillin is used on horses. Uh, so penicillin is horse medicine. Yeah, exactly. Don't you people get it? Don't you fucking understand? Damn. Well, I, 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 I hear you, Derek, and I think, you know, <laughs> what can we say other than, you know, Norm Chomsky, you know, <laughs> manufacturing consent or mass psychosis? What, what do they call it? Mass formation Ooh. psychosis. No, it's a stoplight. No, every every possible vaccine is a stoplight, according yeah. to Noam Chomsky. 
Chomsky just had a fancy way of saying stupid motherfuckers that don't get it. Ah, well, you guys, I, I, you know me, I'm, I'm totally anti-vax. I'm totally, you know, the opposite. And, and for some of you have heard me before, my father planted a seed when I was very young before he opened his bike shop. He had sold for JB Serrell for a couple decades. And uh, it's kind of a funny story because I became his drinking partner as a little kid. You know, we'd sit at the table, Italian, with a gallon of wine sitting to the right on the floor, topping off the glass. When mom would leave the kitchen, go to the bathroom or go do the laundry, he'd slip me the glass, you know. So there I am his drinking partner at a very young age. I'm talking like seven, eight. Not to get me loaded, but just to have some sips, you know. And he, at one point he says to me, um, Keep in mind, he used to sell with J.B. Serrell. He says, don't let every doctor ever tell you that herbs don't work. I'm like, okay. He goes, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher. He says, most most medicines are derived from herbs, like aspirin comes from white willow bark. And I said, okay. You know, and he says, and by the way, most doctors I know use herbs. They 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 they, they, they smoke weed and they uh, and they take opiates. <laughs> so that, obviously, can you imagine coming from my dad at a young age that imprinted on me you know and so then that that way even when i was facing a pituitary adenoma that was secretory it's a long story for a pituitary tumor that did kill my uncle years past i went the natural route and i'm in it's in remission um so i have a lot of to draw on and faith you know i, I how did you do that bill well i with something called alkalinizing the body Anyone who in the audience who's familiar with what I'm talking about, please join us. Alkalinizing the body, um, eating certain, you know, green fruits and uh, vegetables, low glycemic vegetables, because sugar and carbs are what the belief is that cancer thrives on. You know, you've probably heard that. And uh, apple cider dilute, apple cider vinegar, and then added turmeric. And I actually had University of Bridgeport here has a naturopathic. Um, well, uh, um, what do we call it? A uh, curriculum, and um, actually, a, a like a pharmacy and and uh, staff professors that work with Yale New Haven for what they call integrative uh, medicine. And Dr. Ather Ali, when I was going to Yale getting brain MRIs, was my integrative doctor, and he was a professor. That's what I meant to say. He was a professor at uh, University of Bridgeport. So he's the one who told me about turmeric and uh, certain fatty acids. And, you know, we were on par. You know, he didn't have to convince me of anything. You know what I mean? But integrative doctors, that's a practice. I forget who started that. Oh, anyway, it's about, you know, using um, ancient, really, uh, herbal protocols that work that often the drugs are derived from. And for people who haven't had that, uh, exposure, I understand, because um, of course Rockefeller Medicine with the Flexner Report um, disparaged all the osteopaths and naturopathic doctors and defunded a lot of the universities. So that, you know, I mean, that's all there was before. You know, was was herbal protocols. The only other thing I can recall my dad telling me about was um, what's his name. Uh, not Rudolph, uh, not Alan. There was a Cyril, Dr. Cyril, who printed a book in 1920 on colloid. Alfred Cyril, I'm going to say. Alfred B. Cyril. 
And he wrote a book on colloids and colloidal silver, for example, in health, colloids in health. Of course, they had no antibiotics back then. You know, the past year hadn't come along yet. And so even to this day, you can buy an ointment with colloidal silver in it to be used as a topical antibiotic. Colloidal nanosilver kills everything, viruses, fungi, bacteria. And um, so that's what was being used to dress wounds. And also, you know, like I have um, a lot of people have um, what's it called? Um, I'm having a senior moment right now. Um, I have um, titanium screws and plates in my left foot and ankle uh, to reconstruct it. And it's non toxic titanium, you know. And so nano silver in the body is the same way, not like graphene oxide, you know. And uh, so a lot of people were actually drinking nano silver and you can and uh, the only thing negative side effect i think can happen if i'm not mistaken from what i understand is if you drink like way a ton of it it could turn your skin sort of a grayish hue but i don't think it's toxic you know don't quote me on that do your research if you're interested in it but what but it's certainly still being used today in hospitals topically um of course they're going to go with the antibiotics with big pharma can't patent Nano, anything that occurs naturally in nature, big pharma can't patent. So that's hey, the, the well, yes, bro. It's uh, a couple drops is good for purifying water too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, yes, sir. That's right. So you know what I'm talking about, you know. So, um, in fact, I had an incident when I I passed out twice with this pituitary adenoma. It, it, it caused me to gain 180 pounds in 20 months. It's called Cushing's disease. And my vitals are still excellent because, you know, the way I eat. And, and so I don't have issues with blood pressure, sugar, or cholesterol, which is, uh, uh, you know, an anomaly. What's that called? An anomaly. I'm tongue-tied. An anomaly. The doctors are like, what? You know, I've been up to 430 pounds and 400 pounds now. You can see the photo, but that's not my normal weight. I'm normally like 250. Anyway, point I'm trying to make is that um, that uh, I, 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 I passed out once uh, boiling water at the stove. And when I did, I awoke to the boiling water. I was in my boxer shorts landing on my hip. I had a severe burn bigger than the size of my hand and I have double XL size hands and it bubbled up and everything. And I didn't want to go to the doctor. So I ordered this, uh, quarter silver burn cream online ointment. And then there were some other bandages that I forget what they were infused with right now. Cause it was quite a while ago, but I kept watching it and seeing if it would get, you know, signs of infection. And it never did. And so I never did go to the doctor on that. And I think it, I'm not suggesting people don't go to the doctor. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot that people had to do back in the day. Um, and, you know, and I'm kind of have that mindset. I'll do what I can and, I, and, and avoid the, uh, uh, what we might call Western medicine. I do have a naturopath who, uh, Jenny Holdorf, who was a professor at UB and she moved recently, I think to Utah. Probably wanted to get out of Connecticut. How do you practice here? I mean, Connecticut, New England states, very conservative. We have a supermajority of Democrats and the House, Senate, and the governor, and they're pushing the, they've always been pushing the COVID narrative. You know what I mean? 
But I'm a frontline COVID critical care guy and American frontline doctors. Why? Because I did my research. I've had my experience. I did my research, as you all know, who've heard me going on Connecticut. I'm sorry, on um, the NIH open access medical journal called PubMed and doing my research using alternative search engines because Google buries what I'm looking for, even on PubMed, you know, in the algorithm. and learning what would work, what could work, and I could talk extensively about that, I have. And 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 then that's basically what FLCCC doctors were doing, early intervention with um, therapeutics and, um, uh, and American frontline doctors. Um, and what they both came to the conclusion, along with a Dr. Shankara Chetty out of, um, oh, we have someone who wants to be a speaker. Martin, you want to come in? someone out of South Africa, Dr. Sankara Chetty, that around day seven or eight is when some people have the cytokine storm. Not most, but some. And what they determined was that did not progress like a viral pneumonia. So what was going on here? Like people felt sick at first, and come the midweek, they felt they were going to be okay, and then they had a, they got worse. And so what both these doctors theorized is they were having an allergic-type reaction to the spike protein, and that corticosteroids and antihistamines was what they needed. And they actually kept people who were having cytokine storms measured by uh, a telltale was uh, blood, very low blood uh, oxygen saturation rates. You know, normals in the 90s, and people were dropping down in the 80s to the 70s. And so they used this protocol of the corticosteroids and uh, antihistamines, and people recovered. There was no need for remdesivir or ventilators, and they were doing this in, 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 in the beginning of this whole thing. And yet their voice was squashed because it didn't fit the Fauci, you know, only option vaccine and mask narrative. And um, they're still being oppressed, repressed. I think California just passed a law, the legislators, something, I'm trying to remember the verbiage, a couple of days ago, that the American Medical Association uh, passed where they can disbarred doctors now uh, who don't fit the contemporary narrative. What's going on? You know, I mean, I'm not, since when is there one science and one healing modality? It's never been that way. And so, you know, what they're doing now is obviously tyrannical and crazy for you know, I I don't know what else to say. Does anybody have any comments on that? Would you like to talk about that more? Should we change the subject? I think everything we can on 9-11, unless somebody has any questions or like to bring anything into that. Um, Martin, do you have anything yeah, William. to add? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Hi, Bill. Uh, thank you for inviting me in. Uh, I just wanted to say that, <clears throat> yeah, the, they tried to do that to a Norwegian doctor here <clears throat> as well. When they tried to take away his license for not recommending boosters. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. And however, it backfired. Uh, there was a great upheaval, uh, and they weren't. Uh, they had to uh, retract that uh, completely. And it just they they just tried to avoid talking about it at all. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about medicine, I was uh, dating a pharmacy technician uh, who was completely unaware that most uh, drugs are actually made out of, uh, out of oil. 
and was completely unaware that all drugs actually come from some some type of type of plant based uh, <laughs> uh, origin, and that was just amazing to me uh, that a pharmacy technician had no idea that that was the fact. Wow, Martin, they're braiding, they're, 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 they're brainwashing the students so that that's all they know. That's freaking, doesn't that freak you out? Like, what the? I was amazed that fuck? I had to inform her about those things that, that most, wow. <laughs> most drugs are actually made out of oil because oil is organic and yeah, all drugs come from organic material. <laughs> Yeah, ultimately, and then they find out what they think is the active ingredient, don't they? And then they synthesize it in the lab often, and they eliminate all the natural buffers. And I was talking to Hakeem about all this. He's he's really good to talk about this. He's got uh, – that's not my expertise. That's not my degree or anything. But, but yeah, talking to you guys, I appreciate the affirmations and the, uh, you know, confirmations because it's real. You know, and what's trippy is a lot of people, I don't smoke weed, but I'm not against it. I use CBD oil, you know, and there's a lot of evidence. Well, first of all, CBD and epilepsy is way more effective from what I understand than any drug protocol, right? Certain varieties of CBD, right? Hemp oil. And then we have um, all kinds of evidence about helping calm nerves, therapeutic uh, uh, marijuana, uh, increased natural killer cells from what I've read. And it's so got anti, uh, cancer. Vlad likes to talk about all the anti-cancer properties of, of, you know, certain CBD oils. And there you go. There you go. The oils, it's, it, it, and, and yet somehow there's a, well, how is it there's a disconnect even for those people who would think of smoking weed or taking medical marijuana? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not asking for just I'm, it, it's confusing to me. You know what I mean? I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that. would like to add any thoughts on that. But um, in the meantime, um, something I can add, something I learned about uh, January, February, March, around April 2020 was a YouTube uh, a channel called MedCram. And this is a Dr. Sahalt, Roger Sahalt, who uh, is a practicing doctor in a hospital, and he makes these videos for students. It's actually a course, you know. And so in uh, April 2020, for 2020, he did a video on COVID and vitamins. And he he breaks down, like, how it actually works for the medical student. You know what I mean? On the cellular level. Above my, I mean, I could probably watch it a gazillion times and kind of get like the details. But for me, when I'm watching something like that, I just get the bigger picture. You know, basically, you know, the summary is that vitamin C, D3, zinc, all the things we're hearing now, quercetin, which is a zinc ionophore, and NAC, then acetyl cis ER. That's what he used. And he talks all about it, how he recommended his, his you know, anyone uh, who was involved with MedCram or paying for the course, use it. And so I went, okay, I'll do it. You know what I mean? I'm not a doctor. This is what the man says. I have multiple comorbidities. I'll do it. And so that's how I got through. You know, then I watched a Dr. Mo Bean, who's on YouTube too, that's Bean with two E's, B-E-E-N. And he did a 
breakdown of a study done in Pakistan where they used, uh, you know, monoclonal antibodies, uh, remdesivir, hydroxychloroquine, and different combinations. It was actually two forms of monoclonal for severe COVID patients in the hospital. And the best the drug protocol combinations could do was between 25 and 18% death, people dying. And then the black seed and honey dropped the death rate to 4% for those people who they gave that to. Black seed and honey, which is black cumin, which Dr. Mobin, just like Medcram, does a breakdown like as if you're talking to a medical student. Do you follow me? Which, by the way, Marco, your friend might really like. You know what I mean? She may find it interesting. So let me see here. I got two callers. Martin's there. I don't know how to add Jenny. I always have trouble adding you. And uh, let me see if I can do it because Shaw. Oh, hang on. This may work because Shaw. What does Shaw do? He 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 actually this is like Shaw developed this show or call in. So maybe it'll work. Hold on, Jenny. Let's see if we can get you on the speaker. I'm pressing the plus. Are you invited? You get, yes, yeah, looks like hey. it works. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> what do you want to say? Thank show. you. Um, oh, well, thank you. I I don't just have a couple of the comorbidities. I have all of the comorbidities for COVID. Wow. And um, when we got it, I was really scared because I'm on oxygen. I struggle with hypoxia anyway. I knew that was a symptom to kind of watch out for. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I can't get vaccinated because I have anaphylactic allergies, and so it's wow. too de- it's too deadly to to take that sort of a substance into my body that can cause a cytokine storm. I've spent my whole life trying to prevent and deal with cytokine storms, which I've had numerous times whenever I ate a tree nut or got stung by a bee or ate some shellfish. I had to use my EpiPen and then scoot over to the hospital and make sure I was okay because of this anaphylactic shock I'd go into. So this has been my my life, you know? And um, so I did all sorts of research and I had things in my home because I'm totally into alternative healing as well. And when we got sick, I started with oregano oil three yeah. times three times a day. It's a natural antioxidant. I would put it on my feet and cover it with olive oil. And that really helped with the infections. But on day five, for me, on day five, it's when a lot of people start to have the really serious lung, lung issues. I felt yeah. the infection, I felt the infection moving into my lungs with a mm. crackly, you have this crackly feeling that you know that it's moving there. And I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't want to go on a ventilator. I knew what would happen if I put myself in their hands. And so here's, here's my miracle. I prayed. I said, Father, know my body. I know my body. I do not want to go to the hospital. I don't want to be one of those patients who dies after the remdesivir. I don't want to go on a ventilator. I want you to heal me right now. So that was my prayer. I exercised my faith in Jesus Christ that I simply be healed right now in this moment in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That was my prayer. And within seconds of me finishing the prayer, I felt the infection leave my lungs, quietly seep out of my body, and then I recovered fully from COVID after like three more. Oh, the power of prayer. Amen, sister. Amen. Well, he's the master physician. Yeah. He, know, he knows us. And when we have enough faith in his healing power, it is real healing. And I had had an incident of pneumonia a couple of years ago before this that 
I was so bad. It felt like my lungs were full of jelly. And you get to this wow. moment where you're just, you're taking sips of air. Just can't, can't even get any oxygen in there. And I was on my oxygen tubes and it wasn't helping. And I'd done all my oils. And so I'd had this kind of preliminary healing of this pneumonia. And mm. have you ever been so sick, William, where it's like, you know, there's no point in even calling 911 because they're not going to get there in time. <laughs> Thank God. No. Thank God. No. I can't imagine. But wow. That's this was, scary. This was one of those moments. I was like, I don't even have time to get out of the hospital. All of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. And I had a similar prayer. I said, Father, I know that I can be healed in a moment. I exercised my faith in Christ that I just be healed. And he, he did the exact same thing. So I had had this preliminary feeling of, you know, completely on the verge of death with pneumonia. And then my lungs just opening magically. It was gone. Wow. And so because I'd had that experience before and then it, it hit me again with COVID, I wasn't so afraid. You know, it was like, right. I know this happened. It's worked once and I don't feel like it's my time to go. You know, because I'm not afraid of death. If it's my time to go, great. Let's go. Happy, yeah. happy to be on the other side. But I just want to be here for my grandchildren and enjoy life with them. And so I, I expected a miracle and I received one. And so I would just encourage others that with God being the master physician, you can tap into these natural things. They're wonderful. I think mostly they do work and help. But he is the master healer. And he, he has the power. And because we have so many great stories in the scriptures of him just healing people, raising them from the dead, these are real things that he can do. And he's just a prayer away. And that's such a comfort. Yeah, amen to that. Well, I will say, um, you know, we've talked a lot, and you know my relationship to the Lord and how it's he saved me and brought me back from suicidal ideology and medications they had me on 2012 so amen sister i i hear you and um i i really you know how it is having severe disabilities uh where you can't function like you used to uh and then ask every day lord what do you what's my purpose for being here now i don't have kids i'm not like you i don't have a family i don't have grandkids uh divorced and so every time i pray and ask something comes along for a while it was facebook and all the groups I was involved in, but they booted me not for citing everything in the videos I made regarding being an advocate for civil rights, but they booted me on this COVID thing, you know, and you know, I, was, I do. And then it was uh, Twitter wouldn't post anything I had right from the very beginning. Now don't forget, I've been to the FBI office trying to get me, them to deal with me directly. I've been to the DOJ um, I've written the DOJ in Washington with a letter supportive from Disability Rights Connecticut, which is federally funded. Um, you know, so I'm no stranger to them and they know who I am locally. Do you follow me? The district offices. I reported to Deidre Daly, who's the task force on corruption, who indicted Joe Castellano, the CPA and the probate matter. So I'm no stranger to them. You know, they're no stranger to me. What I'm getting at is, um, that, uh, boy, I, I don't fear them. Like this whole, uh, what do you call it, uh, Ministry of Truth thing. They're just well, trying to scare us, to suppress our voice. They do deplatform us, though, and here we are. Thank God for 
for calling because I, you know, I'm sure there's other platforms I could explore, but go uh, ahead. That, I didn't that, mean to, that fear is the key word and it does tie into nine 11. Yeah, it does. They know that we are so much easier to control when we're walking in fear and whether yep. it's a, a pandemic or a terrorist attack or what have you, um, that fear can just spread. It can metastasize like cancer. And, and what my faith walk has taught me, you know, just really trusting in the Lord is I am not afraid of anything. I'm not yep. afraid of anyone. You know, I do have deep concerns here and there, but it's not like it controls me. And it, mm. you, it allows you to just kind of rise above the noise. And so um, that's just been my posture for a long time. And it will be probably till the day I die. You know, I just... I'm just not afraid of anything. Really? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, is it possible to make David or Jenny a speaker? Because David has some questions for Jenny. Yeah, sure. Let me make Jenny a speaker. Hold on. Yep, sure, Martin. Thanks for recommending that. Oh, Jenny, when I tap you, it goes right back to your, your yeah. you know how this happened? It's still doing the same thing. It goes, I'll I have did, to make David a speaker. I did a 9-11 show myself earlier today. It bumped me out of my own show seven times. So they got their eyes on you. They yeah, got your. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, All right. let me hang up, and you can take David up as a speaker, and I'll come back as a caller. Right, and David yeah, has actually questions for you, Jenny. <laughs> okay, let's do that. So let's see. So now I gotta. First thing I do is tap the blue thing to make get David as a. Uh, then I go to invite speaker. Okay, I invited Dave. I invited you to be a speaker, brother, so that way we can get Jenny back. Yay! Okay. Then we'll so, Jenny back. so Jenny, um, <clears throat> I'm kind of like an independent, but I'm very amenable uh, to commies. And it was my understanding that uh, I heard you're a Trumper. Uh, the Trumpers think Joe Biden is a communist. And there's this guy named Jackson Hinkle. I know this is way off topic. This guy named Jackson Hinkle, he calls himself a patriotic socialist. And he wants to do uh, a unity between MAGA and Marxists. Does does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I'm. That's where I'm at. I'm willing to build a bridge to anybody who wants to stand up to the corruption of the Biden administration, help expose it. Um, I don't think we should even identify ourselves by our political affiliations. I think we should just all call each other Americans and say we want to live by the constitution and those who are trampling it under their feet, you know, we should hold them accountable for that. That's, that's our right as the people. We're the people. Do you, okay. Uh, do you think Biden alone, do you think just Democrats are, are the issue here with? No, I think like, there's, a, I think there's establishment and then there's the people and the establishment or the people doesn't matter what party they're, but they're, they're the ones who want to control everything and keep us poor and afraid and, swamp monster there's no question i don't know that he's a communist i just think he's a grifter who's made a lot of money doing deals with international uh brokers and countries i mean literal deals with ukraine and china and yeah i agree with all that pay for play for sure. lobbyists in washington dc or from other countries they're they're just coming to make deals cut deals with the politicians and I, I think all of that, you know, Trump was trying to expose some of that stuff and deal with it. But th that 
that sort of thing. You, you realize, though, he, he is also, like, one of the people who would be paying to play, right? Um, I, you know, I, I understand his past. And it's the same thing when people would point out to me, oh, he's, he's immoral, you know. How can you vote for an immoral person? I knew he was a womanizer when I voted for him. I know he has ties to the mob. I know his casinos were probably laundering mother money. I, I acknowledge that side of this man. I don't expect the American president to be perfect. You know, I know there's issues, but he came in wanting to do the people's business and he is not controlled by big money the way that all those other people are. Um, I want to add in something here, Jenny, with all respect, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I appreciate your perspective. I don't want to upset you, you know, you, you won't upset me. My gosh, I've been yeah. debating it with my husband and my kids for six years. Okay. Well, from my experience, what happened with the DOJ, remember I mentioned Deidre Daly, who I was reporting to, then indicted Castellano. After filing my lawsuits and writing motions to recuse a lot of judges, and I told you how I learned to do that, you know, in, in your show. So I recommend people, if they're interested, they can do that. And getting judges recused and all, you know, civil, criminal, uh, uh, probate, um, Judge Emons was the first judge not reinstated to the bench. Now, when people are corrupt and not just a corrupt with Bill, I was just one of many. That's why we had a DOJ task force on corruption. And what happened was when Trump got elected, he fired Deidre Daly. And so it went from I was going to be meeting with her, according to staff attorneys. They used to put me right into her voicemail. And she was split between two offices, Bridgeport DOJ and the Haven. Trump fired her, and then uh, FBI was in the task force for corruption, too, that I was reporting to for a couple years. And so Trump got elected, and here's what I got. Stop calling. Stop calling the DOJ. Stop calling the FBI from them. And then they blocked my calls at the DOJ in the Haven, 157 Church Street. So I had a motion to recuse Judge Emons, and she did recuse herself. And remember, I sent you the link. She's one of the first judges in 260 years, the first in Connecticut not to be reinstated to the bench. Again, she had a lot of people complaining. Every eight years, the judges get reviewed here and in, in, in congressional hearings. They're appointed by the governor, and then every eight years, they have to be reinstated, sort of. So, of course, it wasn't just me. Meaning Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee was heading that for judicial uh, accountability, who I reported to, too. Well, it went from you're going to be meeting with Deidre to stop calling. And me, you know me, and I'm sure you'd be the same way. It's like, the hell with that? I drove right up there when I used to drive. You know what I mean? This was when Trump got elected. And I drove up to 157 Church Street. I had my motion to recuse Judge Emons that was stamped, that had been filed. And she had recused herself because a judge cannot sit their own recusal hearing. I had some judges who did it, but she was under review. So she knew she was being watched by Mini Gonzalez, and I was reporting to Mini through her assistant, Saros. And so I drove up there, and you know what? I had the motion in my hand. I said, you got to have a file on me that's, I don't know how thick, five inches? I said, what's going on? Why are you blocking my calls? They're like, you have to make an appointment. I said, it's pretty hard to make an appointment when you're blocking my calls. So I've driven here, and I got the motion to recuse Judge Eman. She recused herself. She was a former assistant U.S. attorney. The Milford Courthouse was, Judge Giannotti was a former U.S. attorney. 
Judge Stevens, former U.S. attorney, a lot of these, and now Robert Devlin, who's heading the task force on accountability and transparency as a former U.S. attorney who I'm reporting to now. They're just, they get my emails, they acknowledge they get them, and that's it. Gets buried. So Trump fired her, and they told, I drove up, they went and scheduled an appointment. FBI told me to stop calling, so I showed up at the FBI office in Bridgeport with my files. I had two, like, you know, those canvas shopper bags are easier to carry than my file boxes. You know what I mean? They're soft-sided. And I had two two bags, one in each hand with my cane. At the time, I could get away with one cane then. And I'm pressing on the door jam speaker. I'm like, it's 1 o'clock on a Friday. I want to meet with somebody at the FBI office, 1000 Lafayette Boulevard. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bonatati. There's no one here to take your documents. It was a female voice. I said, well, I've been calling in. I just want someone to make copies. Can you make copies? No, there's no one here to take your documents. So, you know, I'm looking around for a camera. I'm like, is this the Wizard of Oz? Who are you? (laughs) Are you recording? No, sir. There's no one here to take you. I said, come on, let me in. I'll sit down. It's one o'clock. Where are they at? McDonald's or Burger King? You know what I mean? I mean, come on. Let me in. I'll sit down. They wouldn't let me in. I had to leave. It was 20 minutes away from where I lived. I, I had gotten parking and paid for it. I went back to where I lived. Monday rolled around. I called. They said they wouldn't schedule an appointment and they wouldn't send a car to me, a disabled person. And so then um, I called back on Tuesday morning. I was persistent. They said, well, Mr. Bonatati, if we need your documents, we'll get a hold of you. I never heard from them. So we had Castellano put in prison, and I was reporting, as you know, on the abuse of the church and what I experienced and everything and the sexual assault. And I I got thanked by Letitia James in New York for assisting her investigation. And until she got corroborating evidence, they were prosecuting me here for harassment for making the exact same reports. So all I'm trying to say is my personal experience and then the Trump, it was the Trump administration that opened the investigation, DOJ investigation, 2018 into the Catholic Church and shut it down in uh, December 2020. Citing statute. Yeah, I'm sorry for your sake that all that went down. I truly am. And it just sounds like they gave you the runaround and, you know, no yeah. justice. So I, yeah, I this is common. Yeah, they got that wrong. And I, I don't I don't think that was good. I think that was bad. So. You know, do I think Trump's perfect and he did everything right? No, of course not. But, um, you know, this thing we've got going on right now with President Biden, this this is the mess that never stops. And whether it's, you know, inflation or just uh, the ram, what that case you just talked about in California, where they're, you know, taking away the credentials of our doctors. What's that all about? You know, so the, this kind of steamrolling that we're seeing from so many different people on so many different levels. And I just, where does it end? Where does it end? Are we just, you know, in a total top-down control tyranny? I mean, that's what I, I, I would argue that we've always been that, like, since day one. And I would argue that Obama, Biden, Trump, pick your pick, they're not in control of shit. Accelerating. Okay. Well, I don't know about that. Um, I think it's always been accelerating. Bush started this, let's get, take out seven countries in five years, and Obama did it. So like, I, I just feel like it doesn't really matter who's in charge except the capitalists. That's who's in charge. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree, brother. I don't. I see that as an oligarchy, like Jimmy Dore sees it, and it. I, 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 I Bilderberg and Trump is really. I mean, he's brought there. This is all divide and conquer of the populace, I think, and this whole in, alleged insurrection, and then this and Biden's speech. What they're trying to do is divide us, and 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 by that they can conquer, as opposed to saying, wait a minute. This is all a psyop, in my opinion, and the real criminals are way above these people, the international banksters, you know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, I can expand more on that. I saw in the notes, somebody thought this was nonsense, circular logic. We're well past 9-11 right now. We've been on for hours. So this is just open. We're freestyling it. If you want to join in, you can. And we're, we're talking about corruption in general and politics now, from COVID to electoral. Yeah, let Alex, the venture capitalist, help you to uh, to explain his point of view. Sure. Okay. Let me invite him just, in. I'll be just happy one to more do that. thing, David. I'm going to drop down and just listen um, to your question of of partnering with different groups. I honestly think that's the only thing we can do going forward, and it's why I show up every day and talk to the left and the progressives and the Marxists here on Colin because I want to meet them. I want to get to know them. I find that, that they're incredibly informed, especially about the, the corporations. And so, you know, I just, um, I'm in solidarity with that and with, with anything we can do to expose. I'm frustrated by my own deplatforming around COVID especially, but they've honestly messed with my work and my, my life for a long time. And I think it's because they don't like my message, which is parental rights. So um, the state wants to grab our kids. They want to have control over their education and their food and their health care. And uh, I'm teaching families how to live a sovereign life. So thanks, William, as always. It's been so fun. Yeah, amen. Uh, let me add a couple quick things. I'll add people as speakers. That way we can get Alex in. So, Rudy, I'm going to make you a speaker. So let's see. So let me do that now. And, uh, whoa. Uh, well, I made you a call, or why didn't it go to speaker? It didn't give me that the drop-down menu to make. Oh, here it is. Hang on, Rudy. I'm going to make you a speaker. Then Marco, I'm going to make a speaker. Whoops. Oh, that went back. Hold on a second. I goofed that one up with my fat finger. Let me try that again. So now I'm going to, okay, invite the speaker. Marco, you're invited to be a speaker. Did you get that invite? Thank you. And then we can get Alex on. I don't know you, Alex. How you doing, man? Let me get you in here as a caller. Uh, if you'd like to. There you go, yeah. Alex. Can you hear me now? I can. Go ahead, brother. Excellent. So I apologize if I seemed a little rude in the chat there about the circular thinking. I did realize that I was so late to the call. Um, no I was trying to I was trying to see where you were going to get around to the 9-11 truth or stuff. But as far as capitalism goes, I mean, do you really think that there's a better system on earth? Because when you, let me just give you a little pretext. Capitalism, I studied psychology and evolutionary psychology especially, and capitalism really focuses on, you know, what drives humans. And when it comes to innovation, when it comes to the desire to acquire resources, the desire to protect, etc., it seems like capitalism is the best system. There is no perfect system, but it seems to me that capitalism is the best system. So, but I, but I welcome any criticism, and I'd love to debate the topic. Well, I, I can give you my opinion. I don't – personally, I think we have a corrupt oligarchy 
masquerading as a rapaciously corrupt duopoly, masquerading as a democracy. In other words, I look at it, I try and look up, what's going on here? You know, the, these plans, what we have going on, seem to have been set and talked about years ago in the in the Bilderberg groups, World Economic Forum, Kissinger. And I'm no expert, guys. You know, like I say, I'm a retired construction guy trying to unlearn all the crap I learned in front of the boot tube and the programming and yada, yada. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm just trying to open my mind up, trying to understand what's going on. I, I think that the markets are rigged. You know, the quantitative easing, one, two, three, four, five, ad nauseum. They banksters bail out one another all the time. They, for God's sakes, they bail out the Catholic Church, 1.2 billion, and the Catholic Church doesn't pay taxes. Meanwhile, speaking yes. of capitalism, they for, Mark, let me tell you, my friend, my father had a bicycle shop for 50 years. The last bike shop still open in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Spoken Wheel. Fellow who worked for us for, from his teenage years, took it over. I didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? I did a lot of different things in my life. The point I'm trying to make is Chris bought the building, but the estate was carrying the note. Okay. So what happened here is he got behind on his taxes. There's no other bike shop open in the city of Bridgeport, which is urban decay due to outsourcing. The no other bike shop open in a city of 150,000 people. Well, taxation is theft. I mean, that's separate from capitalism. Taxation is, I mean, that's the government generates enough money to run a reasonable budget without taxing the crap out of us. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, it's a little separate there. Right. But the issue is we got what? We got the Federal Reserve and 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 the the creation of money nonstop. You know, modern monetary fund. I uh, modern monetary. Help me out with that. Modern monetary economics, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and they're they're a part of the the shadow government, if you will, the the yes. cabal. You know, the people yes. that run everything. They're they're all a part of it. But here's the thing: you, yeah, you cannot you cannot beat them, right? You cannot beat them. So you have to play the game. Because these people are, they're, they've been playing it far longer than us, longer than we've been alive, yes. hundreds of years. You know, you cannot yes. beat them. So we have to right. play the game. You know, I mean, it's okay. not that the game is is the proper game that, you know, we should be playing, but we have to play it. There is no beating them. Well, that's Alex. a good point. Okay, does somebody <laughs> want to say something that I cut you off, brother? No, no, no. Uh, you didn't, William. I, I just want to ask Alex a question. I can go into the weeds of why capitalism is just almost deranged since you actually studied psychology sure. but beside the points of that how could you, you how can you see a system that is uh, based on constant growth being sustainable because so so there are two purposes to human life right there's two purposes to all life whether it's plants animals whatever it is and those two purposes are survival and procreation. Procreation is a part of survival. It's, it's survival through the timeline of human history, through the timeline of history itself, right? So capitalism focuses on growth, and growth is what's necessary uh, for us to survive. If we are not growing, we are dying. Based on constant growth, everything else is based on the modern-day society, especially with countries like uh, China, Russia, North Korea, etc. I don't know that with these nation state actors that because I, I don't know if you know this i do cybersecurity as well that's a lot of the venture capital work that i do and you know there's over 200,000 pieces of malware developed and launched every single day so north korea a lot of the money they're generating is purely from hacking uh, the rest of it is from selling their natural resources to china 
So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, immoral things going on, but, you know, you have to take into account the whole geopolitics of everything and understand that the only way that the United States and the Western world can survive is through constant growth because we have to compete. It's all competitive. Mm, I can't agree with that. First of all, because some of the things that you mentioned is actually conditioned based on our behavior in the West. And second of all, having constant growth as a uh, baseline for uh, any type of uh, system is suicidal. And if you don't recognize that, then I don't know where to start talking about can, it. Can you elaborate further on that? I'm not sure what you mean. Are you talking about why North Korea is trying to sustain no, no, no. itself just, uh, to nowhere? Just or? How, how constant growth is suicidal? How, what do you mean by that? Well, what would you... Well, you're a psychologist, so I guess you have some type of medical understanding. What would happen to a, a organism that is based on constant so me, growth in, within so, a yeah, confined so, so system? Let me give you. Let me give you. I, I hate to cut you off. I apologize for that. But let me let me just give you a, a, an anecdote here, um, or essentially a data point. So the largest study ever done on human happiness. They sent buzzers all around the world. And they had it buzzed at random times and people would write in their journals what they were doing and how they were feeling. And they found that people were happiest when they were making measurable progress toward a goal when they were growing. Not when they achieved the goal, not when they were doing drugs, making love, whatever it was. It was only when they were making progress toward their goals. And once they accomplished the goal, they had to set a new one. And once they were making progress toward that, that's when they ranked their happiness the highest as well. So, you know, human happiness is driven by that. It's large. It's largely driven by dopamine, dopamine, and then uh, at a smaller part, you know, serotonin, endorphins, etc. That's more sensation-seeking. But dopamine, and you know, having higher levels of testosterone are also linked to goal-oriented behavior and goal-oriented happiness. And you well, know, that's aren't those culturally based? Uh, they're they're more hormonally based, but there are there is a very large cultural aspect. I will acknowledge that. Uh, yeah, these collect, and these Nepal is cultures, a great example of that, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. That, that's a very uh, collective culture. Um, even China, uh, a lot of places places in Asia, some parts of Africa, they're, they're very collectively cultural based things. But I do need to make one point though, which is that even as a culture, so as a group, right? So not individualists they still strive toward certain goals and striving toward goals, aka growth, you know, the word you mentioned is the thing that they are, you know, uh, striving to achieve. Well, I, that's the part we disagree because I, I agree with you that we strive for goals, but you connect those goals with growth. That's where we disagree. Can you make a neurochemical thing? So, uh, when you're achieving, yeah, but when neurochemicals you're are, as you said, also culturally based. Like we are taught what are good, what is bad, what is our goals, what should be our goals. That's true. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. So the point is there is no universal fit for any of these systems. There is no universal right. There is no objective truth to what we're talking about right now, right? Everything is subjective. But what I'm saying is that my opinion right not i'm not basing this in fact my opinion is that capitalism is the uh, tr truest form of human expression 
Yeah, but that's where we differ in, because as you said, this is your opinion. You don't, you're not an economist and you can't really base this or have an argument to be, uh, like base this on. This is purely your opinion. I uh, think you've Let's not put too much stock into economists, right? Because like most economists are fucking practicing. No, but I studied, I studied business. So even though I'm, I'm not of, in favor of capitalism, I do understand it. Yeah, no, no, sure. I, 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 so I, I majored in economics at one point. I ended up switching, but uh, late uh, into my late junior year of college, I was studying economics. And well, I did I can, actually what, the what opposite. I, I studied is, psychology and changed over to marketing and economy. Okay, yeah. So, so we, we have a similar education. So what I'm saying, though, is that there is no win, right? So when you studied ec- ec- economics, right, these are curves. These are not linear lines, right? There is no win-win. There is no universal solution. Nobody can win in any situation. Or, or Sorry, not all people can win in any situation. But there are situations in which the most people can win. And that's the one that we should, you know, strive for. Well, let's tap into your uh, area of expertise. What is sure. the best situation for a child to grow? What are the basic needs that needs to be covered for it to be a fully functional adult? Sure. So I don't, I don't have any children, but I, but I will say that, or at least that I know. Of. <laughs> but I will say that, um, you know, I believe that, you know, there's, uh, I, I adhere mostly to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're familiar with that concept. So, you know, there's shelter, food, water. And then beyond but that, Maslow you know, was from the 1800s, dude. I expected something newer than that. No, I, I, I think he nailed it. I think he nailed it because it all goes back to the reasons for so human existence. So would you agree with Maslow's method as well, which is from the same era? Sorry, sorry, repeat that one. No, I just said, would you agree with Maslow's theory as well, since it's from the same era? Uh, it's not about eras. It's just about what resonates most with what I believe that drives human psychology. So whether it's, you know, from the 1300s, whether it's from last year, it doesn't really matter to me. It, it, it's all about what I think. And I, I'm telling you, this is all my, these are all my opinions. I'm not trying to state anything as fact. I'm not trying to tell you that anything is true or not true. I'm just telling you what res- resonates with me the most is whatever drives human beings. Well, I'm not here to argue against your opinion, but if you have any arguments, then I can argue against that, but I'm not going to exchange your opinion. I'd oh, like yeah, to I make a, a comment on the room topic, if that's all right. I, uh, yeah, I, go ahead, Marco. I, I would love to argue about capitalism, but I really think it's true that it's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. Uh, but as far as the 9-11 truthers topic, um, I've probably said this to a lot of y'all, so I'm going to try to make it brief, but for the people in the chat or people in the room who haven't heard it, I just want to bring this up, which is that Prescott Bush tried to kill Roosevelt and coup him. That plan was disrupted because they recruited Smetley Butler and Smetley Butler um, uh, blew the whistle. George H.W. Bush was the head of the CIA. He commits sedition with Reagan to steal and coup the government in the 1980s. His hey, Mark, son then steals. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Derek. What's up? Yeah, sorry. No, I'm interrupting. But you didn't say President Bush, did you? Uh, Prescott Bush Prescott. is not President Bush. No, he was uh, he was the father of, Pres- of President Bush. Yeah. Re- well, yeah, I was just listening from a distance. I thought you said President Bush instead of Prescott Bush. Bush. Never mind. If I got it yeah, wrong, yeah, I got totally, it wrong. Yeah, yeah, totes, yeah. 
Yeah, so Prescott Bush tries to kill Roosevelt and coup him. His son is CIA director and coups, commits sedition and coups the government in the 80s. Then his son, who has a fake accent, steals the election in 2000, probably with help from the CIA, with help from um, Roger Stone, who's one of Trump's uh, buddies. So everyone since Reagan has been part of the system and they're either opposition, they're controlled opposition, they're all liars. The the rat, you know, it's evil all the way down to 1776. So like, even without having to have a conspiracy theory around the 9/11, the facts around 9/11 make it where at, it's at least boiler alerts. I think it's really important that we don't even need to go to conspiracy theories because the facts around the Bush family, the oligarchy, just make it all so horrible and evil. That's just my two cents on the top. Um, I'd like to add a couple of things here. First, Alex, if you'd like to talk about the subject on uh, 9-11 and you want to give us some feedback or what you know or would like to share, obviously you, uh, you can go there, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I would love to. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and jump in. When we can get back to economics and, and all that because, you know, I'm cool just keeping the room open as yeah, long we, as people we- want to share. You know? We can talk about anything. I'm, you know, I, I, I love all you guys. I, I'm a free speech absolutist, as Martin is, free speech absolutist. So, you know, whatever your opinions are, I don't care. But as far as 9-11 goes, it was absolutely an inside job. There is no way that those towers fell from – I mean, you watch the videos. It's just not possible. There were bombs in the building. This is just, I mean, you can't prove otherwise. You know, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but it, it's just, it, it's too unfathomable. It, like, it, it, it's, it's not possible. There had to have been bombs in the building. This had to have been an inside job. I think if you fly two airplanes into buildings, they'll probably fall over. They will, they oh, will no, but no, no, not, no. not in the manner in which they did, though, if you watch the videos. Well, you know, um, PBS did a... a a, um, a thing on this, and not that I believe PBS, but I mean, they show that um, the outside of the buildings fell, fell at free fall speed, but then... Well, well, here's, here's the thing with PBS. The smoke I mean, that came up from the falling covered up the fact that some of the internal supports didn't fall first. So the outside fell first because the steel was melting because it was weak. And then the weight of the building itself kind of brought it down. I mean, these were enormous towers. If, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to talk about conspiracy theories, it's way more suspicious the Building 7 fell than the two towers fell. The two towers got two buildings, the two airplanes that flew into that, for fucking, for Christ's sake. Why did Building 7 fall? That's unexplained. Explain if you ask me. I mean, they've done studies. I mean, they've looked at this on YouTube. You, jet Burning jet fuel cannot melt a thick steel beam. But the whole thing is yeah, burning. Okay, let me let me add a, a little bit here. I think we got both sides going. Let me jump in the middle and and just provide what I like to do is quote some ex-military experts. Have Alex, have you heard of Major General Stubblebine? Um, he was. I have not. No. Our, check it out. I use alternative search engines like Brave and Yandex. You'll find videos of him. Pretty much saying he's ex-military surveillance, Major General Stubblebine. And he starts with, he can prove a plane did not hit the Pentagon. What he said was, the 
turbine in the hole looked to him like that of a missile. And then he said 9-11 was a fraud and that it was a demo job. I'm just repeating, Marco. I'm this. See, I'm not the expert. You know what I mean? I research and then I see something like that. Now, to yeah, back him up. Dem- couldn't the demo job be, okay, let's get our buddies in Al-Qaeda who used to be ex-CIA and our buddies in Saudi Arabia who are fucking awful like we are to bomb our buildings? Of course. They don't well, fucking care if 3,000 people die. Let, the amount let, of people me, who die every year of not having health insurance is like six times the amount of people who died in 9-11. They don't fucking right. care. The demo no, job was, well, yeah, let them well, fly how, the buildings in. You won't stop how, how many How many people okay. die of not having health insurance? Because if you go to a hospital, they will not refuse you care. It's, a, it's illegal to refuse care due to lack of health insurance. There are people who die because of lack of health insurance, yes. I'm not, I'm okay, not let, arguing let me just, that. I'm just curious how many. Because you're saying there's more that die every year than six about six times the people who die of 9/11. So like 3,000 people died in line 9/11. So about so you're trying like 18, 20,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how many people die of all kinds of shit that the government does? They don't care. Well, that's another. It's a controlled demolition because they let them fly planes into the buildings without stopping them. Okay. But yeah. uh, let me just finish quoting a couple of people you may not have heard of. You guys could do your research and we can talk some more. I'm not here to say, Marco, you're wrong. Alex, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm right. You know, I'm just trying to share some experts that you can research that not a lot of people have heard of. That's all. There's oh, no, I, mean, I feel like we mostly agree. I'm sorry if I sound angry or annoyed. <laughs> no, that's okay. Look, this is an emotional thing. It's And I look at the bottom line. I Like you said, they don't care. They're corrupt. They, like you said, Alex, this is, you know, that kind of confirms the corruption through the CIA, the Mossad. And who said that was um, uh, Alan Sobrowski, work college, work college professor, Alan Sobrowski, Marine, now retired, of course, who said basically Building 7 is a smoking gun. If they, they did it to Building 7, they did it to the other two. The planes did not bring down the towers. And this report is... Um, doesn't add up. And uh, basically, he blames the Mossad. This is his words, not mine. You can find the video and watch him. He's very angry and adamant, too. He says the Mossad, and of course, he also cites a USS Liberty strike by the Israeli planes that LBJ covered up. So you might want to seek him out. And then I'd also suggest Probably most people have heard of 9-11 architects and engineers for truth, but there's a new person, new to me, which blew me away, which um, one of the other people in the chat was confirming they'd heard of, which is Dr. Judy Woods. And again, if you use Brave, I think you'll find it. I don't think I found it on Yandex. Dr. Judy Woods, 9-11, and the Hutchison effect. He cite, she cites a physicist, and she goes over the – she's got some real smoking guns here, Marco. And let's let's talk about this some more, you know. Have it if you care to have the look at those. I think you know we only know what we've been taught and what we know and what we've absorbed. I just try and stay way wide open myself because I'm no expert. You know what I mean? I'm just a meathead. That's construction I, I, worker. I, I agree 100 percent, 100 percent. Got to stay open to all opinions, all thoughts, all ideas. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, because I mean. Look at the false flag operations that we know, the Gulf of Tonkin now, come, right? We, we hear these things, the Pentagon Papers. It's, it's no far stretch to believe our government could continue to pull this off and for, you know, nefarious 
reasons. Um, you know, so, but what we can look at is what came out of that, which was very deleterious for everybody. You know what I mean? The, the, um, warp, what, what am I thinking of here? I'm, I've been talking a long time. Hold on. I got someone at my door. Take it, take it for a minute. Come on in, Ed. My neighbors. So hey, it, thank you, brother. It's insane that we have yeah. these quote unquote leaders that we have going on right now. We have Biden who, as Trump said, doesn't even know he's alive, right? The guy's like so old, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't remember what he said. And then we have Trump, who, you know, is quite a narcissist. Um, he did lower my taxes. Thanks for that. But it's it's just insanity that we have the leaders that we do and that these are the people that are running for presidential elections. You know, I mean, if we go back 50, 60, 70 years, we had people who were, you know, very cordial in their debates um, we had Republicans and Democrats that were, you know, hanging out with each other after certain votes on big bills and stuff like that. So it's just insanity to me that we have this incredible device, divisiveness. And I do not believe that it's entirely the working of our own government. I do believe that China, Russia, these other governments are interfering with social media, which billions of people are on, uh, in order to, you know, sway our opinions, sway our votes. Well, I'll say. Do you agree that the West is doing the same thing? The entire world is doing it. I think that the U.S. has done it as well. I think that you know, maybe everyone but Canada, <laughs> probably Canada too. I think we've all done it. Yes, I think we're all interfering with each other's elections, and it's uh, pretty sickening. Um, we read what they say you need to know about the Belt and Road Initiative 2018, and then we read the change in narrative, what they say about 2022. This has been started a long time ago with the North American Free Trade Agreement, the Bayesian Free Trade Agreement, the Asian Free Trade Agreement, the Trans-Pacific Pact, and we remember Ross Perot. I don't know how old you are, Alex. Do you remember Ross Perot? NAFTA, NAFTA. You don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. Our jobs are going to go to Mexico, I, I, then to Asia. <laughs> I do remember Ross Perot. Yeah, he was, he was quite a funny character, actually. Yeah, and he just spoke the truth, and here we are. My, what I was finished saying is Bridgeport's a sacrifice zone. This was the manufacturing capital of, of New England for wartime. There's still the standing uh, Stratford tank engine factory. That's a super fun site that hasn't been done, dealt with, and many of them. And um, my father, when he had his bike shop, we had six employees open in 1970. And it went belly up uh, uh, recently foreclosed on during the CARES Act. Because behind the taxes two years. Well, Jesus, the market forces drove it into near bankruptcy. And then the final nails in the coffin were reduced supply chain and reduced demand during the pandemic. How the hell was anybody supposed to get come out from being dug out from being under? Yeah. So, and, you know what I mean? This, this pandemic is, is a 99.9% survival rate. Exactly. So, so this is pretty crazy that they shut down nearly every state. To yep. insane levels of being shut down where you, you can't even leave your house without a mask. I remember in California, they were arresting people who weren't wearing masks. It was, it was insane. And, you know, this is unconstitutional. It never held up in court. Um, everyone got let free for, you know, no bail, no bond, no charges. But it's just absolutely insane the extent that the government is willing to go to to try to control us. You think, you think it's bad in California? Check out fucking Australia. They really yeah. yeah, well they're they're all tied in with the CIA and the American government. I'll show you there's there's no separation there, is there, from what I understand. You know what I mean? The international banking system. Let's can we talk a little bit about see I, I always want to try and bring it 
to understanding for me from the standpoint of the Bilderberg Group, the World Economic Forum, which would basically their puppet faces for them, right? The public face for Bilderberg, I think. And then beyond that, you like some of you guys are really good about history going back all the way to the Byzantine Empire, the, you know, the uh, Tower of Babylon, uh, Nimrod. I don't know how back we want to go, but the night, the uh, uh, Freemasons in the Encyclopedia of Freemasonry citing Nimrod as being the first grand Freemason. You know what I mean? The Tower of Babylon and the, the generational, you touched on that, Alex, hundreds of years. We can probably go back thousands, if I'm not mistaken, the bloodlines. Well, I mean, that, uh, so that that is uh, absolutely correct. But also, if you look at uh, the World Economic Forum specifically, I don't know if any of you have seen the TV show Mr. Robot, but it's essentially the Deus Group. I don't know if you're familiar with the Deus Group, but Good. Tell, I tell mean, us. The, the, so the World Economic Forum is essentially a front for the, I guess, what some people would call the Illuminati. You know, yes. I don't call them, I don't, I don't necessarily call them the Illuminati or whatever, but. You know, it, it, they're the shadow government, right? So they have those people as their their front, and then they have the people working behind them, and the people working behind them telling them what to do. These are all puppets on strings. These people are running the world. And and that's why way before when I was talking about capitalism, you cannot beat these people. These people are undefeatable. These people have ultimate power. The only way to, you know, live a decent life is just to play by their rules, which are the capitalistic rules. And I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but it's the only way to do it. What about all of us, Alex, who can't live a decent for everybody? Yeah, but I was, what, like, I, mean, why, like, why, I was I was put in the hospital and I was dying of asthma when I was five years old because some capitalist put an oil refinery in a black and brown neighborhood. I can't okay, I, well, that's, your your that's, your that's your, that's your advice time. does not work for me. The only thing that's going to work for me is to fucking fight my enemy, okay? Like, don't tell me to be complacent with my enemy. I'm not going to oh, do no, it. I'm not telling you to be complacent. I'm yes, telling you, you to... No, 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 no. I'm telling you to fight against it, but do not make yourself known to the enemy. Sun Tzu, oh, the art of war. Alex. Alex. You're lucky and privileged enough to, like, live a decent life. Go be a capitalist, exploit people, live a decent life. What are you going to do? It doesn't work for everybody. Well, I mean, okay, so so first off, you're right. It probably doesn't work for everybody. But second, I'm not exploiting anyone. I provide money to people that are running startups, and, you know, I help their businesses grow. So I'm not exploiting anybody. But you are correct that certain groups are targeted far more than the group I belong you're, to. You're contributing and, to a system. You know, Maybe even, I don't know if you're not exploiting anybody, but even if you're not, those people that you're helping start those businesses are exploiting people. You're contributing to a vampiric evil system. You're selling out to the enemy. Well, I mean, I specifically fund businesses in cybersecurity as well as software as a service. So, I mean, I'm really just supplying capital to businesses that are creating software for other businesses. So I don't, you know, necessarily. And I'm a member of a communist IT worker cooperative that is seizing the means of production. You can do that, too. You're selling out. I mean, I'm trying to. Well, rude, I, I, like, so tell me, no, 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 Marco, tell me this. So I'm a very, I'm, I am a very talented hacker, right? Incredibly, I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Anonymous. I am not a member, but I've had many friends. I've been trained by them. I've been trained by ex NSA agents. So if you're telling me there's something I can do to help, then please do tell me what that is, because I care a lot more about helping humanity than I do about just making a few bots. Yeah, you need to participate in an economic system that's anti-capitalist. 
you can be an anti-capitalist lender. You can be an anti-capitalist entre- uh, uh, business. Groups of individuals, the collectives, rather than the organizations, the companies. Is that yes, because every worker that leaves the capitalist system joins the system that's anti-capitalist. This is what Lenin called dual power. But as the dual power grows, it will eat the capitalist power and eventually destroy it. But instead and whatever, of whatever instead of organization you're work, part of, you don't, and, and please don't name your organization just for privacy concerns, but how much money would your organization need to be more effective? Any amount of money makes the organizations more effective. And I don't have a problem sharing those organizations. They're public organizations. Well, it's it's you never know who's listening. But if you could, you know, direct message me, we can, you know, talk talk more about this as well. Can can I add a few things here? I think Alex, I appreciate your yeah, please you know, do. Input. Okay, so um, my father started working for JB JB Cyril, right? For twenty years, then he opened the Spoken Wheel Bike Shop, nineteen seventy in Bridgeport. I told you the history of that. Now gone belly up. Um, for example, let me just—I'm emblematic, right? I how can I say this. I got bankrupted fighting the system, and then the spoken wheel was foreclosed on. What I mean that I sued attorneys, I, three law firms, pro se. I, I'm, I sued the hotel credit card banking industry. I was in there because when I came back into Connecticut after, I didn't want the bike shop, so I traveled. I was England, California, 23 years, whatever. What I'm saying is getting brain MRIs at Sloan, Yell Smilo, and I'm not doing this to, you know, stroke the violin. I'm just telling you how it went down. So the hotel industry extended to a deal with the American Cancer Society that I didn't know about. They withheld for three and a half years. When I learned about it, I ended up in court with them. You wouldn't believe this crap. The courts are so corrupt here. What I'm saying is the systemic corruption that you seem to acknowledge through the political system. Let me for a moment put a pin in the Princeton uh, Northwestern report by Professor Gillens and Page, respectively. Basically, the thumbnail version is that once people get elected, Congress doesn't care what you think unless you're in the top 10 percent and it, it, they vote according to their lobbyists. Do you know what I mean? That's the thumbnail top 1%, version. Not yeah, even 10. Yeah, more like it. Right. True. True. But it's the top 10 percent that even have stock market assets. The bottom 90 percent statistically have nil. Do you follow me? And so what I'm trying to say is, as you point out, you seem to acknowledge our government's predatory. Um, uh, the capitalism is not functional, clearly. Um, uh, I, I uh, Citing crimes, but against people in power, I got arrested four times in four years, 1,400 straight days of illegal prosecution. And if you want to know more about this, I'd be happy to tell you, Jenny Hatch did a two- uh, covered me for three hours in two episodes the last couple of days. Um, I've never done anything illegal. Guess what, my friend? It's kind of like Dozinger. 1,400 straight days of illegal prosecution, four illegal arrests. Guess what? No convictions. They never got anything to stick. They never could. The punishment was the process, just like Dozinger fighting, you know, for the Ecuadorian rainforest victims of Chevron in Texaco, winning in Ecuador, even in the appellates, and getting arrested here because for contempt because he wouldn't turn over his laptop and cell phone. They're going on a fishing expedition. And guess what? He gets convicted without a jury 
by the judge. I'm, you may be familiar with this. He gets railroaded into prison. They appeal it. It gets dismissed. So for nearly a thousand days, that man got screwed just trying to, as a civil rights attorney, they never proves of doing anything illegal. This is, there's nowhere to turn from my perspective. I tried the legal route. I gave you a thumbnail version of what happened to me. We can see it in Dozinger. There's movies made like Civil Action on what happened in Woburg, Mass. Um, uh, John Travolta and Robert Duvall. There's no functional capitalism, right? So I'm not saying any other government is good. That's not what I mean. I mean, it appears to me like none of them are. And we have those that, that's, people. That's my exact point, William, which is that none okay. of them are functional. Capitalism is the most functional of them. Well, truly functional. There are plenty of anti-capitalist governments that are functional and have Okay, work. talk, talk to me, Marco. Teach me. A lot of indigenous people had anti-capitalists and were fine until another group of capitalists came in, an imperialist came and fucking murdered them all. Yeah, that that's true. Obviously, yep. There were, hey, there I, were hundreds I, of millions of people living in the continental United States who were living anti-capitalists and were fucking fine until they got all murdered. There are other systems that work. Like like China is a system that works better. I, I agree with your point entirely, but uh, the host has something to say here. Um, oh, I'm. I just wanted to reiterate and say that I'm on Marco's side. That you know, U.S. sanctions are the number one enemy to any anti-capitalist country. So to think that it doesn't have an effect. And also I have to chime in because I have to do my um, disgusting job as a producer and announce every once in a while that I have set up um, fundraising ways to support this production for William. Uh, so I wanted to save this to the end, but it seems like you are going to go all night. So I'll just announce now that if uh, if we get one monthly subscriber, I will post um, an ID card that I have from the World Trade Center when my family visited uh, one month before the tragedy, actually. So uh, we still have those in our possession. And if Bill's subscriber, if Bill's show gets one subscriber through the links, value for value, um, just assign a number to it, send it over. If it's monthly, then I'll post a picture as a reward. But thank you all so much. Really loving the talk. Keep it going. Uh, thanks for saying that, brother. Um, uh, Shaw, got, I got to know Shaw through his uh, Sky Watch report. He heard my story. He knows I'm disabled. They foreclosed on the bike shop, cut my income in half. I'm only getting 803 a month from SSDI due to statute of limitations issues and date of application. It's a long story. I appealed it, got nowhere. Um, I need both hits replaced. Football. Should have listened to my grandma and played piano, but I didn't. Uh, went, got to the NFL and CFL, got a college scholarship, but this is how it's left me. And I need a back surgery. So uh, so hearing my story, um, Shaw offered to try and help. But that's you know, look, I've been doing this. You guys know I've been doing calling. I got kicked off Facebook for a report on the COVID situation and making videos. And I've been, you know, activists for a while. And um, uh, 
the main thing is getting the message out, obviously. And I really appreciate the call in and the participants and us having this lively discussion because that's what we need. We need forums like this that, that are uncensored. And uh, so anyway, that's not the motive. I, I was doing this before. And then Sean learned about me and he said, well, let's see if we can help you out. So that's what that's about. You don't, don't, don't feel obviously uh, uh, that's not, that's not the modus operandi here. You know what I mean? I'm not doing this. Yeah, we're we're here out of love for the future generation and seeing all this garbage being spread around and wanting to make sure that there's at least one voice that's spreading the truth out there for the next generation that, like you're saying, Marco, has no choice but to fight for their lives because community is getting wrecked and ruined. And definitely want to hear what you have, like what y'all were talking about for that. But I just had to interject. I just had to interject before I the rest of the night. Well, back to Marco with the coup regimes, the economic sanctions, the all the fucked up shit America does to all these communist countries that are just trying to fucking sustain themselves. Go ahead, Marco. Um. I think we have to validate. Uh, I think we lost Alex. I invited him in again. I don't know if the call dropped for him or what happened. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, yeah, I don't know why I keep dropping. I don't know if you can still hear me. But um, so as far as the economic sanctions go, so Europe relies on Russia for forty percent of their natural gas, and you know Russia shut down the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, when winter comes, this is going to be. An absolute disaster. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, as a lot of you know, when the temperature reaches 56 degrees below or above, people typically start turning on their heat or turning on their air conditioning. So this is going to be an absolute disaster. And uh, we really need to do our best to support them. As a European, I can tell you that's a self-inflicted disaster. It's it's self-inflicted in the sense that Germany chose to no longer be energy independent. Trump warned them and told them, stay energy independent. They followed Greta Thornberg's And you're dependent on 60% of your products, everyday products on China. Is that something that you should have done something about and been against globalism that you guys have been pushing since the 80s? So globalism is not is not necessarily a good thing, but it it, it does help to uh, deliver quality products to people in other countries. So international trade is not inherently evil, but China does go about it in a way that is not exactly uh, helpful for the entire United States. Or China the is the one that's the problem that. here. Uh, oh my god okay go ahead sorry martin go ahead (laughs) no but are you also aware that europe has been dependent on soviet gas far before the existence of modern day russia why wasn't that a problem during the cold war which was the height of animosity between west and east Yes, and this was 80s, 90s. I mean, this has been going on for decades. And with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which everyone saw coming, um, you know, 
Putin told Trump he was going to wait until Trump was out of office to attack. Yeah. And you know, that's exactly what he did. Government should have been prepared if they if they really cared about the Ukrainian people. They would have been prepared. Yeah, but the thing is, all the things you're saying is just uh, being completely oblivious of all the actions that the West has been doing forever. Like being ignorant of colonialism that lasted until the 70s, being ignorant of all the uh, autocratic uh, despots that the West are still supporting, like Saudi Arabia, and making Ukraine a big issue when the U.S. has been, as several people have been pointing out when we have been talking about 9-11, seven countries that they have put in ruins since the, uh, 9-11. And yes. ignoring all of the that US and making Ukraine this really great war. sounds kind of a proxy war against Russia. They're, they're using Ukraine um, to fight back against Putin in, in an attempt to weaken him, but the ruble is at, what, a 50-year high or something insane, so it has backfired tremendously. Russia is doing great. They're selling their gas to everyone except for the U.S. and certain other countries. Uh, So Russia has really thrived throughout this entire war. They may not have, you know, steamrolled Ukraine in a matter of days, as some people predicted, but they've really essentially gotten what they wanted. Well, can I... Okay. Sorry, go on, Billy. Well, I'd like to take a 30,000-foot view and say, if you study the World Economic Forum 2030 agenda, you know, you'll own nothing, have no privacy, and be happy. This appears to me, Putin was a young global leader, right, originally, now a world influencer. He's attended the WF forums along with Xi Jinping, and who was a keynote speaker 2017, 2021, 2022, you know, we got the World Health Organization. All these Kabbalists are working together. I say they, this was for certainly Bush. I'm sorry. It wasn't Bush. I'm a little upset. It was Biden as Senator Biden in 97 talked about expanding NATO. It was going to create a, a conflict with Russia. And I, and I believe NATO's expanded 14, call it states or countries. What's the right word? Since then, uh, uh, east of Germany, right? We hear this. And then we know about the Minsk Accords. We know about Victoria Newland. We know, and I know you're smart enough to know all this, Alex. So we yes. prodded Putin into this conflict. As uh, William yes. Burns said, right, as ambassador to Russia, then as CIA director, when he wrote the paper, Nix, was it Nix, 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 like, no, no, when Putin said no. So, but on the other hand, does it, can we consider that they're all actors on the stage and they're all working they're all to in it together they're all yes. in it together william thank this you it's all a big thing they're all in it together they may appear as separate global leaders whatever you want to right. call them they're all in it together this is all that. one big play one big fucking yep. musical this is insanity they're all in it together and right. you know we have to we have to just do our best to you know survive i mean the, the, these people are all in it together. Look at Xi Jinping and Putin, for example. They even publicly announced that there will be no limit. These are their words. This was Xi Jinping's words. There is no limit to our cooperation with Russia. So they'll do. I mean, th- this is just everybody is against everybody. They're trying to divide us based on race and stuff like that. Race does yeah. not exist. We're the human race. You know, black, white, Latino. None of this is real. It's it's all just made up to divide us. And, you know, they're all trying to attack us on every front that they can. 
and they're trying to wage information warfare. This is all this is. It's all just tremendously complex and sophisticated, and, and I'll give it to them, intelligent information warfare. Right, and the agenda being you'll own nothing, you'll have no privacy, and you'll be happy, i.e. middle class on down, and maybe, like you said, the 1% on down, as they snap up everything that gets foreclosed on. Do you follow me? And you know what you you know the agenda, right? I'm not I'm singing to the choir, it sounds like. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. So we have the BRICS nations, right? Uh that are supposedly forming this uh the break of the the Hamina you know what I'm trying to the homogeny help me the <laughs> you know of the West, right? But that's all that's all on the world stage. I don't buy it for a minute. Like you said, I think they're all working together they they meet in Bilderberg, World Economic Forum. You got the alphabet soup full of bank and international settlements, council foreign relations. You all know what I'm talking about. You know, transnational corporations that are ruled by the oligarchs. So what do we do? I tried the legal system. I tried the court system. I, I actually garnered votes for, uh, uh, we talk about, um, uh, you know, um, Ross Perot. I was in Santa Barbara. I, uh, they have, um, Gabriel Boulevard every weekend. They have an art show. I talked to the manager. They allowed me to put up a booth. Uh, I would say 70% of the people signed the petition for Ross Perot at that time when I was, you know, assisting uh, his organization in Santa Barbara. Um, cause he was speaking the truth. And, um, you know, we saw what happened there. I don't know why exactly he pulled out, but whatever force is causing to do that, maybe someone has some comment on that. And then, you know, since trickle-down economics, who cited this? It's 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 been a, a total collusion, but it's not just in the West. I, I I how do we? I don't think our electoral politics are going to do it. Unions have been freaking totally, you know, gutted with NAFTA, you know, all the way through the TPP. So, what do we have left? Is what I'm asking, Alex. What do you suggest we do? In America, as citizens or citizens around the world, like Marco, and 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 everybody who's still in in, in in the calling, what what can we do? Did we lose you? Do I need to enter you back in? Yeah, it looks like you bumped off. I don't. Did you hear any of what I just said? Yes, yes. Sorry, I hear everything. It's just I I keep dropping off for some reason. It's my phone. It's a uh, low battery, but I, I hear everything. So the really the only solution I can see is we rise up. There's more of us than there are of them. I mean, there's only a couple hundred, maybe, of these people running the world, and we have billions of others. I mean, we need to get everyone united, and, you know, their leaders, their country leaders and stuff like that are trying to divide us and saying, oh, you're China, you're Chinese, oh, you're American, oh, you're Japanese, whatever. They're trying to keep us separated so that we don't rise up against them. But if we rose up as one people, we could easily overthrow these people. But it's so difficult to do because of all this dis- disinformation warfare. Finally, yes, now something what we-, we can agree on, Alex, uh, because yes. I agree we have to rise up. Unfortunately, the places we disagree is that I feel that you are pushing part of the narrative that's going to work against us. Because in Czechoslovakia, Czechia and in Austria and in Germany, they are rising up. There are thousands of people in the streets just in. in well, they, they, they are definitely the- going to be rising up in Germany because Germany is relying on a tremendous amount of Russian gas. With they, which yeah, they but that's besides the off. point. The point is that they're saying that we're Putinists. Those who are rising up are Putinists, and you're pushing part of that narrative. 
and that's part of the problem I have with your. Uh, well, see, it's, it's not this, necessarily the narrative. narrative. I, I don't mean to argue so ideologically. It's more so that just I need to provide for my family, my siblings, etc. That's why I'm in the industry that I'm in. It's not that you know I'm I'm out here to uh, you know further the globalist agenda, further the cabalist agenda. It's just that you know this is the game they've created, and I'm yeah, just playing it. Don't you know? give into it. That's what Marco is saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't give into it. Fight it. And and how how would you advocate for someone to do that though? Well, not perpetuating the the narrative that you have been saying that oh no Putin is doing this and Xi Jinping is doing that North Korea is doing that yeah people be shit we all agree people be shit and people be always been shit so us who are not part of that group let's work together and not buy into that narrative and because if we buy into that narrative, that narrative is going to be used against us, as they are trying to do in Czechia, as they are trying to do in Germany, as they are trying to do in uh, Austria. See, that, that that all sounds great, but how do we do that practically? Well, I'm saying they are actually rising up. They're hitting the streets. That's what we all have to do. So you're saying uh, in-person protests? Yeah. In-person protest is the only thing that works. But if you look at what works. happened in Hong Kong, all this I mean, that was, stuff doesn't Hong work. Kong I was, was part of the largest. Kong. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but Hong Kong was one of the largest in-person protests of all time, and they they failed because it had a narrative that we were driving in the West. That's why it didn't work. All these color revolutions don't work properly because it's all going to fall apart because there's somebody else trying to drive the narrative behind it. But if you have a proper people's revolution, you don't even need more than 1.5% of a uh, population to actually create a revolution. That's all you need, 1.5% of a population to actually react. Then you have a revolution. Well, well, where, are are you getting, where are you getting the statistics uh, journal articles? Um, can can I ask somebody a question? If, uh, uh, Marco, Alice, can we meet some common ground? It sounds like we all agree we need a revolution. How? What form that takes? Whether it's people protest, as Alex said, whether it's a combination of things, I can tell you the courts. We go nowhere. I, I thought of trying to promote the idea that we flood the courts as pro se litigants. We file lawsuits. We friggin' jam it right up their ass through the courts and tie them up. That's one way to backlog that, to stop evictions even. Do you see what I'm saying? Maybe because, that's the, because the capitalists attack us on multiple fronts, our counterattack has to also be on multiple fronts. Protests, yes. yes. Seizing the means yes. of production, yes. Taking over the courts, flooding the courts, yes. Protests in the streets against the cops. Yes, we we have to do all of it. We so so, so I'm, I'm I'm not advocating that anybody commit any crimes, but there's something there's something known as we have, SCADA. A, we have a right to protest. <laughs> SCADA hacking, right? So SCADA essentially is hacking the industrial systems, and I'm not advocating that anybody does this, but you know that would certainly cause an effect. But again, like I said, not advocating anybody committing crimes, but if you look into SCADA, S-C-A-D-A, uh, hacking, it, it, it could have a tremendous effect. Again, not advocating for any crimes. See, here's, here's, here's the way I see it. So it's like, truth is stranger than fiction. We have never been in a situation like this where 
we are up against an enemy like this. There has never been an enemy like the United States Empire. So the way that we have to defeat that enemy has yet to be discovered, has yet to be created. And and if you've got a place where you know, if you know there's a chink in the armor, you you go fight it, go fight it right there. But the point is, we need to have enough people building the counter power to defeat the capitalist power. And what I'm criticizing, and if, I, if I'm critical of you, Alex, is that you're telling us, go along to get along, and that's not fighting the power. And fight the power at the same time. It is possible to fly under the... No, because if you're actively organizing capitalist companies, you are not fighting... Well, it depends on the company, of course, right? No. Any capitalist comp- company is evil, like the capitalist system itself. And, and how, how do you define uh, evil? Alex, evil, do you a remember good, the last form, scene in the last A good definition of secular... Oh, sorry, sorry. Mar- Martin, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just saying, do you remember the last scene in last season of season one when the girl, the friend, was actually suggested to come into the company and, and make change from within? Do yes. you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're talking about Angela? Works? Yeah. You think actually that works? Don't you think? The, I, the, I do think it can work. Like I don't think it universally works. Psychology but... because of peer pressure? I think it can work. I, I don't believe that anybody should be working for an organization that they don't believe is doing good. Uh, that's why I work for myself. Um, you know, I believe we should possibly all work for ourselves. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the psychological effect. Don't you think peer pressure will give may be so big that you will give in and start to actually rationalize your actions? I, I think it's certainly possible. I think it's certainly possible. It just depends on how strong your motivation, how strong your will is to accomplish the goal of overthrowing the cabal. If if it if if your motivation is weak, you will give in and you'll take the you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar paycheck, whatever it is. And so you have uh, to be immune to all social pressures. Um, I wouldn't say immune to all, but I mean, you know, I guess that's. A decent way of putting it, you know, immune to most. Major. I do. I do think it's possible if you have the right people that you're speaking to. So you are. It's it's a simple fact that the the physical structure of your brain is influenced by the people you speak the most to. So if you're surrounding yourself with people that have similar ideals, similar goals, etc., um, you will not cave to that social pressure. It will not happen. Yeah, but people spend more time with their co- uh, co-workers than they do with their families. Uh, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. You're not wrong. A good definition of evil, a good secular definition of evil is profoundly moral and wicked. So for instance, uh, I cheat on my partner. I regret it. I tell her it goes bad. I did something immoral. If I did it, compulsively, constantly, constantly lying, then it's evil. So I think I think it's evil either way. So I, I have to disclose, I'm not secular. I'm a Christian. I'm not Catholic or anything like that. I am non-denominational. But I do believe in the Ten Commandments. I do believe in the Word of God, etc. And I do believe that there is incredible evil being done on this earth. And I do believe that it's, it, it, it's being done to test us. It is being done to show that we truly are the people that 
you know, God created in his image. And I do believe that we will overcome it. I don't see the exact manner in which we will, but I do believe that it will happen. Well, okay, well then under your definition of evil, then, you know, any kind of immoral activity is evil. So, so I mean, how can you not see capitalism as evil? I, I just, you, I, I, I don't... As a Christian participate in an evil system? I don't see it as an evil system. That's why. Well, well, it's immoral and wicked, so you, it really is. So, so you might be right. You might be right that it's immoral and wicked, but I just don't see it that way, and that's why I'm able to participate well, in it. I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, well, I'm just I, saying I, that I, because of my perception. To you how it's immoral and evil. As a capitalist, you exploit your workers. You, you, your workers create profits that you control yourself, and you don't allow them to have control over their own work. You're extracting No, I, I, I allow them to be fully autonomous. I give, I give them the money and I allow them to be fully autonomous. I, I provide them with oversight. People who do that. You give money to people who exploit workers. You're, you're, you're part of the evil system. But Marco, Marco, how do you know that? How do you know that these people I'm giving money to are exploiting people because 99 percent of businesses in this country are capitalists and all capitalists exploit workers and exploit consumers you really believe it's 99 percent? because so to believe it's 99 percent, you must you must believe that 99 percent of people are evil then i don't think that the people are evil i think that the system is evil and then people sell out to the evil and like i said i think that if you're engrossed in an evil like we have a different definition of evil. If you're participating in a capitalist system, you don't know any better, you've never heard any of these ideas, you're not necessarily an evil person. Some people in the capitalist system are really evil, yeah. But I think the majority of people in the capitalist system are occup- are captured by the evil system. We are all... Most people are great people. I think that most people want to do good. I think that most people want the best for humanity. I do not believe that even business leaders that I provide money to. I do not believe that they want any sort of evil action taken. I think they just want to provide for their workers, provide for their families. You can't provide to a worker when you're exploiting. of exploitation, then, because I think we disagree on that. Oh, well, that's not going on at all. I mean, I, 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 mean, I take a small equity proportion of it. This is a, like I said earlier. You can't make somebody believe something when their paycheck depends on them not understanding. It's not necessarily a paycheck. It's more so an ownership interest. But I get what you're saying. Um, your, your, your point is not lost on me. I think you're correct because, you know, if, especially for people who need to pay the bills, right? They need to pay the rent, need to pay for their food. Um, they're not going to subscribe to any of these ideals because they need to survive. So I totally understand what you're saying. And, you know, I, I, th- I think we agree on more than you think. I, I don't think that we do disagree on as many things as you might think. Alex, I want to recommend you to watch the documentary that I actually uh, saw, uh, tagged on the chat here. It actually can, can, you send it, like, can you send it in a direct message? It'd be easier for me. Sure, I will do that to you. Thank you. Uh, but but the thing is, like in that documentary, it, it's actually a psychology uh, psychology uh, uh, and an economist who uh, who professor in Vancouver, I believe it was, who actually wrote the book, and this has been uh, made into a documentary where he analyzes 
corporations through a psychoanalysis. Okay, so it so gives you the idea of why. I, I do have to give you a, a disclaimer here. I, I do not fund large corporations. I only fund very small startups um, that are you know just trying to do their best. But I understand yeah, but that all corporations your, your, your point is, is startup at some point. It's the end point of the evolution of capitalism. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I typically sell my portion long before that ever occurs, but I, I definitely understand your point, and it's well taken. So please, please send that to me uh, via DM. I'd, I'd love to watch it. It's the system sure, of no organization that matters. It, like people say, I remember being in junior high, and they taught us how pyramid schemes were unethical, and I'm like, how is this not all of capitalism? And it is. Capitalism is a pyramid scheme. The few at the top control the many. That yeah. is evil, whether it's feudalism, chattel slavery, or capitalism. It's all different. But, like, but it's, so it's evil just because people are not compensated equally? Is that what you're not saying? Not necessarily equally, the control of the profits. So everybody gets paid, even the CEO gets paid a salary. Some people work more than others. Some people work 20 hours a week, some people pay 40 hours a week, somebody who works 40 hours a week shouldn't be, should be paid more than somebody who makes 20, sure. But after all that is said and done, after the production has ceased, there are surplus. Who controls that surplus? When the few at the company control the surplus of the many, it's exploitation, whether you're a lord and serfs, whether you're a capitalist and employees. When the well, few why, why is it exploitation? The many, because some, is someone, there has to be someone controlling it. It can't they just can be collectively paid. control it. Worker cooperatives, communist production is about the many controlling it, collectively controlling it. So, so you believe in equal distribution of profits? Is that what you're saying? No, I believe in one person, one vote on what happens to the profits. Maybe, maybe the okay. people at the company are so happy with the CEO they want to give him a bonus. But that's okay. their choice. Okay. So, so that's not the CEO's just... choice. When you put the power, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Okay. Okay. So you, you just believe that the people should have a decision in where that excess money goes, those properties. There's an ancient Chinese proverb that says, freedom is participation in power. When people talk about freedom in this country, they talk about personal freedoms. We have no civic freedom, no economic freedom, no freedom in the work. Okay. Okay, that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, William, uh, you know, I'm wondering if you could chime in here. I'm wondering what yeah, I'd like about. to. Uh, you know, you guys, I appreciate the conversation, and the, and I want to say that in a theoretical level and trying to bring it into practical. Let me just give an example here in Connecticut where um, the, the Connecticut Business Industry Association, the CBIA, and the Chamber of Commerce crushed a bill that I lobbied for, and a lot of other people did, HB House Bill 7222. You can look it up. And this bill was where the Attorney General Tong could represent the disabled and indigent because we can't get lawyers. We don't have the money, right? To represent the, the indigent disabled against predatory business practices, in other words, uphold their civil rights, okay? And if you go on CBIA site, you will see they claim they blocked a quote-unquote negative bill. 
They don't say it was there to help Attorney General Tong was going to represent us, the disabled and the indigent. No, they they call a negative bill. This is business. And this is what I think Marco's leading. to. I'm not suggesting you operate your business that way, but this is a lobbying power of the Chamber of Commerce here and the CBIA. So the bill was written. Attorney General Tong actually assigned an uh, assistant attorney general that I dealt with that was going to be sort of managing this process. And then in a supermajority Democratic uh, uh, House, Senate, and governor, it got crushed. How does that happen? Obviously, it's money, grease in the wheels. Uh, uh, and, and this is – did we lose you, Alex? Did you bump out again? Uh, I can't tell. No, I'm still uh, here. I'm still here. Okay. So – so this, so I can speak about my, like I said, the spoken wheel got foreclosed on during the pandemic. The poor kid, let me tell you real quick. The, again, I can talk about nuts and bolts. You guys are better at theory than me. You know what I mean? But Thanks real life listening. example. I, I love listening to you speak. So take all the time you need. Okay. So real world example, Chris Mandel, who bought the business, we were carrying the note. My father sold it to him for a hundred grand. The building was appraised at two and a quarter. So my brother, my father rewarded Chris, worked for us for years. After he was, he paid him real well. I mean, it was, it's funny. Chris's parents used to call my dad bike shop dad. You know what I mean? Chris, Chris slept with bicycles when he was a kid, according to his parents. That wasn't me. This is Chris's passion. So he took it over. I went and did a lot of the things. Point I'm trying to make is he gets behind, as I described, he doesn't get the CARES Act fund because he's behind in taxes. Every other bike shop had already closed long before. Okay, and and, and Bridgeport, one hundred fifty thousand people. Trumbull, Monroe, uh, Derby, all those shops closed. Okay, so we're talking about two hundred twenty thousand people should be able to support at one time many many bike shops. Okay, so you might say, well, the bike shop is a dying industry. Well, partly because of all the gadgets and whizmos, you know that I we didn't grow up with. You know, I'm sixty two. You know that the kids are using today. Yeah, that could be true, but they need to get out. They need to exercise. It's good for them, obviously. Anyway, uh, and the mass marketing, of course, uh, started with the box stores, then went to mail order, etc. So they only it went from a, a, a bike shop with six employees where we were selling a lot of new product to eventually a bike shop that was mainly a service industry because people buying the product elsewhere and bringing it in. Do you follow me? Buying it cheaper. And this happened to a lot of mom and pops. Okay. So anyway, so I, I, to kind of bring it back to the present, Chris ended up having a heart attack and stroke after a second shot. He had no comorbidities. The only reason he got the second shot and both of them, because he was caring for his parents who were in a nursing care facility, but in a separate unit in Wesley Heights and Nichols. So he was afraid to give him COVID, which was a total scam. And vitamin D3, I was saying, Chris, don't do it. You know, zinc, zinc ionophores. You know, yeah, I, I, I know that. two people actually who died from the vaccine. So, you know, my you know what I'm talking is, about. You know, yeah. And we know, here's the other thing that really burns my ass, Alex. If you see, my father was in the pharmaceutical industry, so he planned to see, you know, to, to go the herbal route. So in this process, I learned about PubMed, the Open Access Medical Journal, for the NIH. Okay, so yeah, you can it's, go to it's actually a fairly excellent journal. Uh, there's some you have to look at who it's funded by each individual right. study, but it's actually a pretty excellent journal uh, to right. read we, a bunch of studies. Yeah. Thank you. We can go back to 2010, for example, talking about how predatory oligarchs freaking screwed everybody in this pandemic is 2010 article uh, on PubMed 
zinc and zinc ionophores, there's more to the title, but if you just use the keyword, zinc and zinc ionophores uh, effective for coronavirus and arterivirus, including polio, by the way. And so it's not just the zinc, it's a zinc ionophore that helps the zinc. It's a zinc in the cell plasma that thwarts the replication of virus, not in the blood. So you got to get it positively charged get it through the receptor into the cell. That's the zinc ionophore. There are natural zinc ionophores, which you may have heard of, like quercetin, black seed. Um, uh, uh, let me think. There, there's several other ones. I'm having a little senior moment here. But the other ones that are known to work, that early uh, frontline COVID critical care doctors emphasize and American frontline doctors are hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. There's a meta-analysis on ivermectin, the American Journal of Therapeutics, together showed it's affected in all stages of COVID. It's also very effective anti-cancer. We talked about some of these guys on other call-ins about how effective uh, CBD oil is, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory, anti-viral. You know, we can go on and on about the natural products. This, this, this virus, if it was created in the lab and what there was gain of function, attacks Certain people who the spike protein apparently causes a cytokine storm, as we've all heard, around day eight. That is turns out to be an allergic reaction treated with corticosteroids and, and antihistamines, knocks it right back. And the frontline COVID critical care doctors f- figured it out within a couple months. Dr. Pierre Corey, I think it was March of 2020, and he testified in Ron Johnson Senate hearings. And then uh, there's another doctor, Shankar Chetty out of South Africa, who did the same thing without, I don't know if he had prior knowledge of Pierre Corey, but he theorized, he started seeing patients who got sick, he gave them some early therapeutics, they went home, they, they said they felt better, and then they down day eight, the, there's blood saturation, oxygen levels plummeted, and he's like, look, this is not progressing as a viral pneumonia, something, so he theorized it was allergic reaction, buttoned it up, he used the corticosteroids, and antihistamines, and he never lost a patient, he claims, 10,000 patients treated in his clinic. He didn't even use oxygen because within four to eight hours, they had resolution of blood saturation rates rising into the 90s. So what I'm saying is, by contrast, you had remdesivir, which in the Ebola studies showed was so deadly they had to take people off the remdesivir because it was killing people higher than Ebola alone or any other drug they were using. That's remdesivir, which on PubMed, if you were to go PubMed keywords, remdesivir, renal failure, you'll see one third of the patients had renal failure. They're whining and bitching about ivermectin, which has, according to Peak Prosperity, Chris Martinson, toxicity studies. I know if you're Chris Martinson, Peak Prosperity, he's a, a, a Duke pathologist is what he graduated as. You know what I mean? I don't think he's, he's, he's not working as a pathologist, but that's his schooling, his training. And he didn't develop this toxicity study. He just covered it. Ivermectin, as it turns out, billions and billions and billions of prescription written worldwide uh, uh, as an parasitic, you know, river blindness, uh, even for dogs, for heartworm, you know, it's, it's got anti-cancer properties, et cetera. Safer than aspirin. You can overdo aspirin and, and thin your blood so much and get an intestinal bleed if you're not eating and drinking with it and overdoing it. And it's happened to people. Ivermectin, no. So yet they push remdesivir, 
which has this high renal failure rate and the propaganda, the mass psychosis pushed by big pharma, predatory pharma, is to portray remdesivir, I'm sorry, ivermectin as a horse or, or animal product. Every drug that gets approved went through animal trials, right or wrong, right? And they proved they worked. it worked for mice, then eventually maybe dogs, I don't know, primates. So, of course, it worked on animals, and that's how it got approved be, for humans. So, of course, the veterinarians are going to uh, uh, write the script. That doesn't make it like it, it, uh, 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 a horse drug. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you buy the paste in the vet store, sure. But, I mean, no, they disparaged these early interventions. I say most people who died, if any, which we, you said 99.9% .9 don't die. You know that. And Bill Gates acknowledged this in the World Economic Forum, did he not, when he finally said in this last World Economic Forum, what he said, he said, well, we didn't really understand it, coronavirus, as it turns out, and I think I have this pretty accurate, you can check, as it turns out, you know, very low, low death rate, not much different than the flu, little different, i.e. the kids have a higher survival rate, actually, than the flu, right, we know that, a little different than the flu, not much different, Mostly affects people who are elderly with comorbidities. Mm. Therefore, you know, mask mandates and vaccine passports really don't make any sense. I don't know if you heard about him saying this at the WEF. Yet you still have universities pushing vaccine mandates uh, and, and, and masks. So uh, this crushes the economy. It ruins small business. We know this. Uh, there was no UBI. We're the only democracy in the world that didn't give a UBI during COVID, from my, what I read. Um, uh, clearly, the CARES Act money, the first, I don't know, 600 participants were millionaires. Tom Brady got bailed out for a supplement company, $950,000, while he got a $50 million signing bonus to play football. I mean, Jesus Christ, bought a yacht. What's wrong with people? I, I, I don't know what else to say other than, it's hard to imagine defining capitalism as working when, frankly, the wealth transfer since trickle-down has been, what, $50 trillion, the last reports, upward. And who knows, during the pandemic, the oligarchs increased their wealth. Uh, Jeff Bezos, we hear, and and uh, 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 I'm thinking of uh, Bill Gates, some 30 or, or more percent. So I know that's a long-winded response but i don't see this working at all i i didn't see believing in hope and change with obama or bernie that turned out to be a big gut punches right both of them um trump of course ran on a populist message but that was all bullshit and i, I don't mean to offend jenny but the fact of the matter is 80 percent of his tax rate went to the wealthy and um well, uh, he, well we, we have to be fair so the 80 percent only went to the wealthy because they made 80% more, essentially. So his, his tax break yeah. is quite fair. I mean, but if you're making $50 million and you get a 10% tax break and you get 50, $5 million off, obviously that's going to be less than someone who's making 50 grand and only gets $5,000 off, right? So we, we have to be fair there. But, you know, Trump, I, I you know, he's not a perfect person. He's far from it. But he was the only president we've had in modern history who's attempted to, um, you know, show the swamp, as he calls it, and, you know, show these unelected bureaucrats, expose some of the cabal. I mean, he, he you know, he did 
what he could. I mean, being a narcissist and everything, he did what he could. Um, all those who, who opposed him that were a part of the cabal, he certainly tried to expose, like James Comey, etc. So, you know, but I have to ask you, William, what is your... We, we've heard from Martin and Marco, and I think their opinions are incredible, but I want to hear your opinion, William. What is it that we can do to stop this? What is it that we can do? What action can we take to, you know, create a better world? I, that's why we're here. I don't have answers. I only have effort. What I tried to do, what I've explained to you to date, what Jenny covered graciously on her show and to, to I guess you call them call-ins. Is that how you refer to her show? So you can check out, you know, three hours worth of what I went through, what I tried to do through the courts, how I was treated. I was criminalized, you know, for yeah, basically. And, and, and I, feel, yeah. I feel terrible for what happened to you. I mean, this is, this is unspeakable injustice, what you've gone through. And, you know, I, I just want to extend my condolences and my thoughts and prayers. And as I spoke earlier, I am a Christian man. So, you know, I, 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 I will pray for you, and I'm I'm very sorry that you went through that. That's that's unspeakable. Yeah, and it's, there's ongoing crimes that should be complaints, written, and warrants, but it would involve the hotel credit card banking industry that I sued, and they won't. The state attorneys won't do it. Um, the cops won't over step on the toes of the judges um, and the state's attorneys. Um, uh, in fact, to show you how far out it got, uh, Ruben Rothman, the collection agency for B of A, a, a senior attorney, Kimberly Peterson, after I sent her all documents, which I showed in court, she agreed with me and sent the attempt to collect, fraudulent attempt to collect the debt. Don't forget during the CARES Act, the way it was written, then the bankers could go after the CARES Act money you got. Not that you got a UBI, but what you got. You know what I mean? That's the way it was written. So that's what B of A tried to do. During, on top of everything, they tried to jam it up my butt with the take my cares act money, whatever was left. And so, and, and this was the money you received via the bicycle. To be clear, what happened was I was getting brain MRIs at Sloan and then you'll smile. The tumor killed my uncle mine's in remission caused a pituitary endocrine disorder called Cushing's. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. For disabled. Okay. So during that period, I came back to Connecticut. I was living out of state. The, 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 I became disabled with this. And I couldn't get a room anywhere. Like I was on Craigslist, needed to rent a room, whatever. My parents mm -hmm. had died, sold the house, whatever. And uh, there was no relatives around that would take me in um, for various reasons. Uh, that's a long story to get into that. Most of them are dead or left the area, uh, went to the West Coast. But um, so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, so I ended up in long-term hostel stay. You heard extended stay. And I put my charges on. B of A, my credit card, I had excellent credit, uh, never behind in a payment. And so what happened was after three and a half years, I learned there were violent, there was, um, felony credit card fraud due to, uh, contract fraud, bad faith breach of contract, which turned out to be, if you know, federal and state violations of federal trade commission violations, what's called the Connecticut unfair trade practices act violations. And I say this because I reported this all to the attorney general's office. Uh, Sandy Arenas and Consumer Constituent Affairs directly. And mm -hmm. then there was HUD violations, Fair Housing so you have federal and state HUD, Fair Housing Act. Um, there was full tenant right violations. Turns out they had a cancer program with the American Cancer Society. They lied to me about that. They started in 2013, okay? And th when I found out about it, it was three and a half years later, 
in the mid late 2016. Okay. And so I was like, screw you people. I'm not paying another dollar. You lied to me. I, they knew I was going to Sloan. I was, I always chat, you know, me, I talk, I was always talking to the front desk, the, the hotel manager. I was living there full time. That was my home right. talking to people. Right. Okay. So do you believe this? The court is so goddamn corrupt. They got me evicted because the judge said I should have paid it into escrow. Pay, continue to pay them while I took it up in civil. I mean, what? you must be. Yes. Yes. And the regional manager, you know what they credited me? Eight hundred and whatever it was, forty nine dollars. I'm like, you people are fucking nuts. Right. That doesn't even, that doesn't even make logical sense. That's no, this is what I'm saying. This is the corruption in the courts that even the housing courts. Then I sued these. Uh, I want to use profanity. I sued them and I was prevailing in civil court pro se. They couldn't stop me from filing lawsuits because I was I had no income at that time. I still hadn't got my SSDI. We could talk about, if not tonight, another time, how 10,000 people a year die trying to get their SSDI, how they string it out. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. I think it's more than that, actually. I think that's an underreported it, statistic. I think it's I'm sure it is. Yeah. And it took several years just to get a hearing when it's a paper shuffle. All the medical effort, records, including the fact Thanks to football, should listen to grandma and play piano, brother. I'm bone on bone on my <laughs> hips, right? End stage DJD, degenerative joint disease, prominent subarticular bone cyst. My physician's assistant, St. Vincent's Ortho, for Dr. Campbell's like, how the hell did you even walk in here? When did you have these surgeries years ago? What, what's the matter with you? Well, we had a problem here in Bridgeport with C. diff and MRSA in the hospitals, right? Big uh, problem for a while. Yeah. So I was like, well, shit, I can get along. I'm going to. And then what happened was COVID right on the heels of that. Right. So yeah. I haven't had the surgeries. Uh, I need to lose over 130 pounds due to the, 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 the endocrine disorder, put on 180 pounds in 20 months. All this is happening. I'm fighting and scrapping pro se because I couldn't get it. No attorney would represent you. Trust me, because you have no money for him up front. I don't care. There's, no one's doing pro bono work, not in this state. Even the Access to Justice Commission, which should have signed me attorneys. Well, I'm, we're busy. Yeah, we don't have I, any attorneys. I know, I know in New Jersey and New York, they have a lot of uh, pro bono attorneys. I'm not sure Connecticut, but um, I know in New Jersey and New York, they have a lot of pro bono attorneys. I'm not sure if any of them can possibly practice in another state. Uh, no, no, you know, no. Perhaps, perhaps you can reach out to them. I'm not sure. Well, here's what ha what happens. The, it's a big club, and we're not in it, the American Bar Association. The politicians, a lot of them are attorneys. And the CBIA protects the hotel credit card banking industry. As I said, Attorney General Tong wrote the bill, not specifically for me, but that he could possibly repre to represent people. Like, you can check the bill out online, see what I'm talking about. They shot that down. So everywhere I turned, I was getting knocked back. So I filed lawsuits. I was litigating. I was complaining to people in authority about this and other matters that Jenny are aware of. It would take, again, I spent three hours explaining her show. I'm trying to give you the thumbnail version, talk fast. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so you get it. And everybody gets it. They don't get bored and go to sleep. And so what, what, what happened yeah. here is, right, because it's a personal story, but it's emblematic, yeah. right? I filed lawsuits. I prevailed in every arguable motion. See, when you file lawsuits, opposing counsel will file various m motions to dismiss it. The first one, motion to strike, sure. then later non-suit, 
then later summary judgment. I prevailed in four hearings versus multiple law firms, um, never lost an arguable motion. And you know what happened? You can't believe this shit. The cops come to my door because I was outing a judge on a motion to open judgment in a matter with the hotel industry, with Hilton Hampton. After I left Extendus, I got legally evicted. I had nowhere to go. Made an agreement with Hilton Hampton on a reduced rate. Was there a total of a year and a half when they broke contract, when they had a, they, they had a multiplier going into the winter here in New England, which would have accounted for a three times multiplier on my Diamond Elite uh, Rewards card and a, a two times multiplier on my, my membership. Would have been a five times. I had people testify from Hilton Hampton management. I would have had two million rewards points within a couple of months if they hadn't screwed me. I already had over 730,000 and that would have amounted for the two million for three and a half months of free state. They didn't want to honor the contract. They broke it. They violated my full tenant rights. Doesn't matter, brother. You get into court and it's you. There's no jury in housing. There's a problem with our courts. You fight in housing. You fight in family. You fight in probate. No jury. The judge is everything. He's a fact finder. He's a referee. You know, you're up. You're forget about justice. Doesn't happen. Then when you sue in civil pretrial, there's no jury. When you are fighting and they criminalized me, arrested me repeatedly for harassment, which was bullshit, because no judge ever cited me for contempt like they did Dozinger. No judge ever cited me for a perjury. No judge ever claimed my civil lawsuits were frivolous or vexatious. In fact, they approved of them to be served with fee waivers. So then they arrested me repeatedly. A lawyer's firm arrested me, part of the cabal allegedly for trespassing and breach of peace when I was trying to collect the debt and all that was all a fraud. And then, uh, uh, later it was, uh, well, gosh, I fought the Catholic church. That's all another matter. Jenny knows about, uh, I've been sexually assaulted by a priest. So I sued the Catholic church, uh, trying to get some justice reforms and I got arrested for harassment by the Shelton police. But uh, no, yeah, they they're, they're, they're impenetrable. My friend, I, I have, yeah. Uh, several family members who have, you know, been victims of the Catholic Church as well, and it's a uh, it's a very emotional subject for me. So I don't want to get into it too deeply, but you know, I'm I'm very sorry for what you went through. And but those people, they they will they're, they're just impenetrable. I mean, every single one of my family members have filed, and it's yep. been separate separate churches, separate yep. states even, and. Just nothing happens. All they do is move the money, and then they're like, "Oh, we have no money. We can't pay you anything. Sorry." You know, it, they, it's, they it's incredible. And you know, they got bailed out one point two billion dollars during the CARES Act. They paid no federal. Well, well tax. they're also they're also so so the the um uh where where does the Pope live? What is it called again? Uh, the uh, the Vatican. Um, Vatican, Vatican. So I've been to the Vatican, and you know they are the largest money launderer. Yes. On Earth, on Earth, there is no other organization, group of people, building, whatever you want to call it, anything that launders more money than the Vatican. And I remember when I was there, and everything was like all gold and everything like yep. that. I was just like, this place is pure evil, man. Yep, yep. And don't forget, here's another thing you probably noticed: you got the Egyptian obelisk in the center of St. Peter's Square, right? Then you go to London City, you got an Egyptian obelisk, all brought from Egypt. The financial capital of the world, Rothschild Bank and Co., right? 
Spain. Then you go to Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, another tri-city state. You got an Egyptian obelisk. Like we said, it goes all the way back to, you know, the Freemasons and the Tower of Babylon in Egypt and some of the guys educating me a little bit about yeah, the, the Sumerians. These, ob- and, these obelisks are quite interesting. Can you explain more about yeah. them? I'm not, yeah, well, I'm they're symbolic. Symbol, super, symbols mean something. You know, and they, they, they represent the evil the, the the combination of uh, over the generations, the the interbreeding of the families, uh, you know, even Rothschild admitted when I saw it, something I, where he acknowledged interbreeding and he kind of laughed about it. He said, you couldn't tell that today. This was an old uh, video. But the point I'm trying to make is that that the the system is so broken that politically the so you got the executive branch, the judicial branch, the legislative branch, the the Catholic US Catholic Conference of Bishops has spent ten point six million dollars. This is in the public domain, there's an article printed by ABC ABC News, ten point six million dollars thwarting statutory reform in New England states well, well, alone. If it, if it's by ABC News, you know it's a lot more than that that they're actually spending. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that, that's that's a low statistic, my friend. You know, the obelisk is like a pyramid scheme on steroids. It's a pyramid scheme where the base is so big, it's nearly vertical. Amway is a pyramid scheme. The U.S. empire, the Egyptian empire. I concur. And so this is what we have. We have this this situation. The U.S. Catholic Conference of Bishops, right, they thwarted statutory reform her here. I'm sorry, civil and I was trying to work the Sexual Violence Alliance to get change, but they can't get any change. Like you said, they're impenetrable. And Letitia James, by the way, sent me a thank you letter because of, I reported the sexual assault. She got validation on it from other victims, along with a lot of priests at Fordham, the Jesuit order. It was like a nest there, of, along with Cardinal McCarrick, the first Cardinal defract in 500 years, Fordham alumni. It's Fordham, Fordham. I'll tell you what, I'm tired of getting FU'd, you know, Fordham University, you know what I mean? And so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, know a guy, I know a guy who went to Fordham. He turned 100 grand yeah, into 100 talk- million, and now he won't speak to me, and he's probably joined the cabal by now. So, yes, I, there you I'm go. Very, very familiar with Fordham, sadly. Yeah, and you have the whistleblower, Archbishop Carlos Vigano, who's the whistleblower, who basically said every bishop on the bishops' committee, cardinals' committee, could resign and out of, out of Pope Francis for covering up for McCarrick. What do they do? They write the McCarrick report. They blame Vigano for not uh, being diligent. Bullshit. He's the one honest guy they got there. And by the way, if you search Archbishop Carlos Vigano, uh, he outs the, the New World Order. He's totally against it. He, he basically calls it out every way that we're aware of so he should be pope if anybody but forget about it you know well, well do, do you mind if i ask you a random question William? sure what are your thoughts on alex jones that i can really uh, well i think he is people i'll say this i i've seen him video of him and david ike giving the freemason handshake shake you know it's a particular handshake they use in the encyclopedia of freemasonry and so the thing is, what's going on there? Like, are they controlled resistance or what? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. You know what I mean? He, Alex Jones certainly seems to be authentic in outing, you know, the New World Order. He's been doing it for decades, right, along with David Icke. Yeah, I, I, he, I believe that Alex Jones is, you know, authentic. 
Yeah, I'm not going to argue one way or another. I think well, well, what I will tell you about, which may make some people upset, but it needs to be said as an observation, okay? A couple things that may upset some people. Again, if we think about the Gulf of Tonkin, we think about, you know, Operation uh, Northwoods, that thank God JFAK stopped. We think about no weapons of mass destruction. And I'm just giving some examples, you know, um, Tuskegee experiments. And by the way, if you believe in the hijacker story, none, none were Iraqi. Fifteen were Saudis, two were United Emirates, and then you had, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one was Turkish and one Lebanese. That could be corrected, but I know there were no Iraqis. What the hell we invade Iraq for? Pipeline, oil, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't, you know, Osama bin Laden was a CIA uh, operative uh, organizing the Mujahideen, is that how you say it? You know, fighting the, in Afghanistan. Hillary Clinton testified to this. You know what I mean? In the Senate. So what I'm getting at is um, all the world's a stage. You know what I mean? My God. So Alex Jones, and please be open, consider this. The statute in Texas for defamation is $750,000. You can look for statutory damages, I believe, was 4.2 mil, I think. The total would add on 45 point, was it 3 million for defamation? You cannot. Yeah, he, he, he won't have to pay whatever they, whatever they came down on him as for compensatory, punitive, etc. There's, there's, it, it, it truly exceeds the uh, Texas state law. Yes, it does. That's my point. My, my point is, you know that, I know that, but that's not what's put out in the mass mainstream media. Why? And how is it, and I'm not, just bear with me a minute, how is it, I'm going to ask a couple open-ended questions to get people to think, okay? Obviously, the judge's job is to inform the jury before they go into deliberations what the statute is, and certainly Alex Jones's lawyer should have made that argument. You follow me? And when the jury came back with something other than the statute, he should have he should have objected. So, well, well also also here's the thing, you know, it's somewhat tangent here, which is why did they deplatform Alex Jones? Why did they take him off all forms of social media? So YouTube, Instagram, whatever else he was on Twitter, whatever it was, why are they so afraid of him? Because when you deplatform someone, it's out of fear. So whether that's Alex Jones, Donald Trump, whoever it might be, this is all out of fear. So what what is it that they fear so much that you know people might learn the truth? Is that what it is? You know, well, I mean, let what, me expand. why are they doing that? Let, let me let me bear, bear with me. Just bear with me a minute. I'll try and get make a couple more points. I'm not. I I. I Please don't construe it as I'm saying one way or another what happened. I don't know. All I'm doing is looking at the red flags and asking questions. Okay, guys? So anyone in the audience, you know, just consider. You, you can verify the statute of limitations on, on, um, on defamation. So to come out publicly otherwise is a fraud and a deception. And you have to ask yourself, why are they doing that? You ask questions, right? Why are they doing that? What's the intimidation factor here? This, you know, what's the message? It can't be upheld. It's, it's a, it's a fraud. They, if they can try and change the statute in the legislature if they want, but then they got to retry the case. And I don't know if there's no double jeopardy or not because it's a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. It could be appealed. 
Do you follow me? Well, you, 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 you bring up a good point because the defamation is singular. It's just Alex Jones saying a few things. They try to argue, oh, he has a large audience, blah, blah, blah. He has all this money or whatever. But not a single member of his audience has acted upon those so-called defamation claims. So, you know, how does that factor into anything? Well, so, that's a, that's, so, wait, wait. What do you mean? What do you mean they haven't acted on it? Wait, let me a finish. A bunch of them Guys. showed up at his door and said, like, your kid's not dead. No, no, let me finish. Let me Just let me finish making a few points and you could debate it all out, okay? The point being, Alex Jones has never been charged with a crime. This is observations. I'm not making a judgment call here. I'm just saying you can't dispute. He's never been charged with harassment. He's never been charged with threatening. There has been, I looked, I searched three search engines. If there's going to be defamation on the claim that these parents were harassed and they were, you know, whatever, there should have been arrests for harassment. Whoever's making the calls, sending the emails or going to those parents' house, they should be Defamation and harassment are two different things. You're not... Well, harassment is a more significant crime. So, so wait, yeah, but that's not that's not what he's getting sued for. Actually, he's not getting sued for. He's not getting sued for harassment. Wait, but he he was sued for. If you have if you have ten different people, if you have ten different people showing up once, you can't you can't charge them with harassment if it's ten different people. If it's one person who shows up once, and that's it. You can't you can't charge that person with harassment. Yes, you for can. Just just showing up, but you not. So if I I've knock tra- on somebody's I've door, I've that's ridiculous. If I showed up in your door and said, "Hey, uh, have you heard the good news of the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" You can't sue or you can't charge me with harassment. Well, that's not harassment. But well, it's the same thing. If I show up at your door, at your door and I say hello, like, and oh, you say, bad, cetera, "Yeah," cetera, that's really not harassment either. That's just showing up at your door. And if the guy says, "Please leave my property," and then you don't leave your property, then that could be well, maybe then harassment. Then, then yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. What happened? I'm saying ten different people showed up once, and you can't charge any of those people with harassment because there isn't a pattern of harassment, but it's being driven from a source, one source who uh, sent out um, a data or piece of information that's been considered as liable. Yes. No, it's not. It's not. Because, no, he's, he said a bunch of times, this is what's happening. He said things like, I saw the guy, uh, off camera, he was laughing, and then when the news cameras turned on, he turned on the waterworks. That never happened. He just made it up. I saw the video. I no, doesn't exist, yes, man. I, did. I saw the video. Okay, look, I'd like. Okay, so in the '90s, I used to listen to this radio show called. Art Send me Talk. the video, please. I'll look I, for so it. There, there's this radio show on like uh, AM radio that's called Art Bell. And it's like, I used to call it conspiracy radio because one night it's aliens, one night it's Bigfoot, one night it's Loch Ness Monster, right? Um, And I used to listen to it because I was interested in the subject. And also, I just am really into sci-fi. So it was very fun to just listen to all these people really go on about these intense theories. And here's the thing is that I listened to it for years and it eventually got turned into coast to coast AM. You may have heard of that. But like, if... It, it can't be, they can't all be true because like one person comes on one night and says, 
Bigfoot's an alien who's traveling here from another planet. And then another person comes, and they have research to show this. And then another person comes on and says, Bigfoot is an ancient hominid from Earth. And they have research to show this, right? So it's sort of like, it's not all true. And Alex Jones is exactly one of these characters. No. And so maybe he's controlled opposition. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But I mean, like, if you use Occam's razor, it's most likely he's just one of these kinds of kooky conspiracy characters no. that have been created in this cottage. So, 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 so would you agree with me, then, that he's allowed to speak? His of course he's allowed to speak his opinion. But here's the difference between the people I'm talking about on on the AM radio show and, and Alex Jones is that Alex Jones is the biggest out of all of these characters. And maybe he just why got should, too why hot. Should, why maybe, should, why maybe should the abuses, audience... Maybe the abuses in court against Alex Jones are merely some hotshot lawyer who wants to fucking get a really good case under his belt, right? Like, it, well, like, of course. Like, I don't see him as any more than that. He's not a revolutionary. He's not doing anything significant. You know, you'll see him go on these amazing tirades and then on a dime be like, oh, I'd like to sell you some... Uh, uh, fucking gold or something. Everything he sells on his show, they sell sure, yeah, on the conspiracy radio shows. It's all the same product. Wait, wait. Industry. Yeah, but we're off topic. Just let me finish making a couple more points and then you guys do your yeah, thing. Please do. Okay? Please do. All right. There, there, there were more than one people saying this. There was a professor out of Florida Atlantic University called James Tracy. And you could look him up. There's evidence that do you have guys ever hear of crisis actors okay yes. that and the, and the boston bombing exercise the year before where they yes. use crisis actors to help train the authorities that's the idea you know so they have this whole crisis that, that that's how they do it so you had james tracy is saying i'm i'm just making an observation he stated that the alleged parents were crisis actors, and he cited the the whatever actors guild they belong to in their photos, and that they were at another crisis, you know, thing, and even another country. Now, so he didn't get charged with a crime. He didn't get sued. He did lose his job because he put it out in a blog, and Florida Atlantic University decided that he should have checked with them first. He's like, look, this is freedom of speech. That's my observation. And I have a right to make the statement. If you want to try and prove yes. it wrong, fine. Right? Yeah, so, I, I am a free speech absolutist. So if someone wants to say opinion or what they believe, uh, even if they present it as fact, you know, if, if, if it's what they believe, I believe that they're allowed to do that. Well, the point is, there are other people. Other, in fact, there was one woman. I only saw one arrest online for a woman who had prior mental illness out of Florida who was arrested for allegedly harassing these parents. Now, she had prior mental illnesses, and she claimed there were multiple sources that she got her information from. She's a gun activist, you know, gun rights person, Second Amendment. And she believed not – she didn't just cite – in fact, she never named Alex Jones. Right. So it's not. See, the thing is, there's a, was also an active shooter drill held this by FEMA the same day as the shooting here in Bridgeport, which is about 10 or 12 miles from Sandy Hook. OK, and you can search that out. That's um, let me think. 
Bridgewater Hospital has two addresses. One's the main hospital, one's their orthopedic clinic that I go to that's walk-in and a walk-in clinic. So I'm just trying to remember, one's 2,800, the other one's 2,300. I'm a little confused. Let me think. You go uptown Main Street. I think the numbers decline. So I think. Yeah, yeah, no worries. They're they're both close. Yeah. Right. So if you you'll find that FEMA scheduled it and it's the same date as the shooting. So what happens here, like if you're trying to build a case or you're trying to make a case, you 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 try and find corroborating evidence and a series of corroborating everything. You also look for exculpatory and inculpatory evidence. And there's a lot of things here that that are very confusing, mixed messaging. And on top of that, at the end of the day, the verdict by the jury cannot be upheld. It is a fraud. Even for here's another. I'm not Alex Jones fan per se. All right. I'm a constitutionalist and I'm a civil rights person. And you can tell that for Alex Jones to go on Steve Bannon's show and to cry about the level of the defamation award. That is a fraud. See, that's your other your other uh, caller. See, I'm not pro or, or against. I'm just observing. For Steve Bannon to make that that case without citing the statute of limitation that only says, and you can't double it. It's that's it. The family brings it. The defamation is seven hundred fifty thousand. That's the max. Yet the public thinks it's four point five. I'm sorry, forty five mil point three. I think I'm trying to remember or two. And yeah, it, it, it's something insane. And and and, and like you said, I. I'm not an Alex Jones supporter, I guess you'd say, but I am a free speech supporter. I support him saying whatever the hell he wants to say. I suppose I, I support Steve Bannon, Roger Stone. I, I support yeah, the leftists. Like brother, Clinton. you're a Christian. You're yeah. a Christian. And if you're not telling the truth, you're lying. It's the truth, the whole, not you. I'm not accusing you. I'm saying it's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Alex Jones right now, whether he lied in court, whether he didn't, the judge did not cite him for perjury on the witness stand. She did not yes. cite him for contempt, okay? Yeah. And he's never been charged with a crime. Now, for him to go on Steve Bannon and bellyache about the amount of the settlement when he knows what the statute is, he's a fraud at that point. Do you see? I'm just well, trying well, to... So that move, that move was, as Marco would agree... Uh, a capitalist move. That was him garnering more attention around. No, he's trying to make more money. Alex, yeah, he's that, opposing that's what I'm to that's his. That's what I'm no, but that's that's that that is a predatory move. If I believe in Alex Jones and I'm trying to support him by buying his supplements, which he recommends, right? That's his his way to raise money or whatever. And I hear about this. This appears to me to be a hand wash job or a handshake job between both parties. Alex Jones is never going to pay forty five point whatever million defamation because it exceeds yeah, no a way. statute. No way. Right. The statute you cannot you can't be forced to pay more than the statute it, at the it, time of the like settlement. It's like what happened with uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard or whatever it was. Yeah, right. The, the, you can't exceed a certain amount. Yeah, in certain states. Yeah, right. That's the statute. So he'll put a pin in that. So Alex Jones knows that, and his lawyers know that, and so he's going to. And Steve Bannon must know that. So he's going to go on TV. Uh, not TV. I'm sorry. He goes on Steve Bannon's uh, war room, and they don't tell us the truth. You know, oh, let's get behind Alex. You know, free speech, forty-five something definition, forty-five million definition. 
They're lying to everybody. Why are they lying to everybody? Why is we're hearing lies from the court, lies from Alex Jones' camp, lies from Steve Bannon's camp on the settlement amount, and it can't exceed it due to statute? No one's talking about the statute. Well, if, if the court hadn't lied, right, if the judge hadn't given that uh, decision, then Jones, Bannon, etc., would not have been able to go on that media tirade. Right. So it's all a part of the same thing. It's all a part of the cabal. That's what I'm saying. This is all a racketeering all act linked. on some level. It's all linked. This is all connected. Yes. Right. So what's going to happen is people are going to rally to Alex Jones' side, maybe buy more supplements, which is his game. Right. And, and, yeah. and I don't believe that Alex Jones is a part of it, but I believe that he's a gullible tool for them to use to – you know, because he's a narcissistic man, you know, just like Donald Trump, et cetera. And, you know, I have nothing against narcissistic men. I know a lot of them. I have some in my family and, you know, some of them can be good people. But, uh, you know, they use him as a tool. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the easiest tool is a narcissistic man. Why? Because a narcissistic man will always look out for and do what's best for him. So if you know what's what he thinks is best for him, you can always use him. He's a tool. Yeah, but... That's not what he. If you listen to him, he quotes the he quotes God, the Gospels, being a Christian. Fight, you know, he uses that. Well, so, that's that's a little blasphemous. Yeah, I don't like. Well, that. well, here's my point, Alex. Is that I don't lie to profiteer. Do you follow me? That is yeah. against. That's against the Ten Commandments. It's 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 it's. it's uh, thou shalt not. Uh, uh, well, what's hang on, what am I thinking? Bear false witness by commission yeah. or omission. That it's you know you know you give you you're telling the truth or you're intentionally lying or not. I, whether it's omission or commission. So Alex Jones knows better, and obviously he's probably talked to Bannon off camera what they're going to do and the stick they're going to play. So I see evil all around here. I don't see any good. Sure, this is looks like a double psyop to me. See, I was trying to get people to let me finish and get to why I'm observing these things. It's a whole enchilada I'm trying to I, I'm point glad, out. I'm glad that you've accurately labeled it. I was waiting for you to get to this. I didn't, I didn't want to do it myself. I wanted you to come to your own conclusion, William, but these are psyops. That's what this is. Yes. Not just this, but everything we spoke about earlier. These yes. are psyops. These are all yes. psyops. Absolutely. And, and, it's and, I'm, all... and I'm glad you agree with me. I'm glad there's another, you know, strong man out there that agrees with me because these people, you know, they don't understand a lot of these people. And I'm not talking about our audience. I think our audience is great. Fellow speakers, Marco, North, uh, Shah, you know, everyone, everyone's great. But I, I think millions, if not billions of people that have no freaking clue, you know, I almost used uh, profanity there, no freaking clue that these are psyops being perpetrated against us on a daily basis this is every day of our lives you cannot go a day unless you like turn off your phone computer everything and just sit there and read books or whatever there's no way to go without these psyops being perpetrated against you every single day and unless you know what's going on you will be susceptible to it you will fall victim to it right and so this is the seven deadly sins incarnate it's not the seven virtues right i use a christian reference because i'm christian but you can Look, I don't personally. I know people oh, oh, may agree with you're me. A, you're 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 a Christian as well. Yeah, yeah. But I, oh, well, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, as far as I, I'm sorry. What'd you say, Alice? Oh, I was saying I appreciate that. You know, 
God yeah. bless you, my friend. Thank you. So hey, I'm, hey, trying I'm, to stick I'm glad to, that we agree. Yeah, I'm trying to t- stick to Christian principle, which is about truth, honor, virtue, the seven deadly sins, patience, yes. to, you know. And so what happens here is sometimes when I'm trying to make my point, people assume before, because it takes time to get the whole message out. Like, look how long it took. Yeah, because I mean, they don't understand that with an, with a highly intelligent individual like yourself, right? I mean, and I've dealt with a lot of people, right? You know, with in venture capital, I've dealt with all these people trying to tell me what their IQ scores were and all this crap. You know, you, my friend, are more intelligent than any founder that I've ever funded, right? So you are an incredibly, incredibly intelligent individual, probably at like maybe 160, I'm not sure, IQ. You know, something like that, you're Einstein or above level. And when it comes to communicating these incredibly complex messages and getting people to understand these incredibly intricate webs in which we're living in, it takes a lot of words. You know, it takes a lot of speaking. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're here to do that because, you know, I'm, you know, somewhat busy most days, but, you know, I'm. I'm glad that you were here to do it, and you know, God, God bless you, my friend. I'm, I'm I'm very happy that you're around. Well, do me a favor. Consider Shaw's my co-host. Um, I think he said hello yeah, at I'll, one point. I'll, I'll, follow, I'll follow both of you guys. Let me follow you. Yeah. Let me do that. Shaw, followed you. Because yeah, there we go. We're trying to create change from the bottom up. You know, I I'm that's it because we can't work from the top down because we're the peons. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? we're, well, so, well, so here's here here's the thing, my friend, which is that you know I know I know a few people that are close to the top, and you know if I can get them on our side, it'd be a lot easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Shaw, if you if you consider it, Alex, I'm you know contact him. I I said to Shaw, look, I yeah, said please, I'm please not an IT me guy because I I want to help you guys. I, I, you know, you you guys. Like you said, William, we're fellow Christians. We want the best for the world. We want the best for mankind. God, we were made in God's image, and you know the fact that we connect on that level. You know, I believe. You know, I, I don't want to say that I just blindly believe everything you say, but I do believe pretty much everything you say. So, you know, let's you, me, Shaw, let, let let's connect, Marco. You know, Martin, everybody, let's connect. Let's try to figure this out. And you know, I know people. I, I'm you know. Uh, I guess I'll name drop one person, Mark Cuban, um, who I'm associates with. And, you know, I got another multi-billionaire that I speak with frequently. And, you know, I want to change the world for the best. Otherwise, I I just don't know what I'm living for. You know, I make money. I do this. I do that. I sleep with beautiful women, whatever. But, But it's like, what's the point if I'm not changing the world, if I'm not doing what is best for people? You know, so let's work together on this because, you know, I I need this purpose in my life, you know. Very good. That's why. Alex, I appreciate it. And William, I appreciate it. Shaw, I haven't talked to you before. Uh, Alex, I'll DM you so we can chat more, but I'm going to drop it now. Please do. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Please DM me. Thank you. Hey, thank Thank you you. so much for your contribution, Marco. Um, We're hoping to do this uh, often and have these recordings published as well. Because uh, William hasn't been able to get any of his talks out before, so now we're hoping to change that and also set up some structure so that we can um, help Will Bill get his message out to more people and also 
direct action with individuals who are struggling and suffering in similar situations because people are out there just alone and getting crushed. And like Bill said a couple of times, uh, the system just leaves people out to die. So um, I want to set up a, a forum and community like that where people can feel a little bit more comfortable and um, with some different types of agreements and whatnot, we can give deeper advice, more specific advice to people that really want it instead of like an open forum like this. But that's down the road in terms of getting Bill's message out to more people. That's kind of like my thoughts and plans right now. Um, I'm only sharing that because um, Alex, you're, you're asking. So that's kind of what yeah, I want. Uh, I, I want to help. I want to contribute. Right I want to help Bill. Um, you know, do, do you go by Bill? Will you? You go by Bill? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm here. What'd you say, Alex? Say that again. Uh, do you go by Bill? Yeah, Bill's fine. Yeah. Bill's fine. Okay. So yeah, I want, I, I want to help Bill. I want to help Bill spread his message. I want to help in the change that Bill wants to see in the world. I want to, you know, help myself or help you guys in any way that I can provide. So, you know, anything I can do for you guys, please let me know. Um, I have many contacts, many resources, etc. And, you know, Bill, Shaw, everybody, you're all excellent people. And, you know, I really appreciate uh, taking part in this conversation tonight. Uh, it's made my night. It's made my weekend. And uh, I really hope to help out, you know, in the future as well. Man, brother. Are you, hey, are you in, are you in DFW? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with what that is. What, what is DFW? Oh, we're Mark Cuban, Dallas, Fort Worth. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm in the, uh, I'm in Chicago. Oh, cool. No worries. No worries. Well, I was just going um, yeah, to I talked to Cuban. So he invented an app called cyber dust. He later oh, changed no, it. No. He, he later changed it to dust, but I worked with him on that app. And no worries, I was, brother, uh, no worries. I was yeah, just so that's, mentioning, that's how I know him. I was just mentioning the location because um, that's where I'm based. I'm in Dallas, and oh, part of okay. my work... Cool. Yeah, part of my work is... Well, part of my new career direction post-COVID is trying to connect with uh, and help other creators and artists and independent individual sovereign people. Yeah. Um, get out, you know, get up and out there. So I'm out here as a media producer. And um, if you follow the links on to my Instagram, my personal, my Shaw Instagram, I have links up to people's NFTs, like from local Dallas artists that are trying to get out of, well, be independent, right? Like they're trying to create independently. So I'm posting as uh what's this what's that guy's name andrew andrew tater as he always says uh escape the matrix <laughs> which, which that guy he, he's a bit of a he's a bit, a bit of a goofball but um i do like his phrase escape the matrix yeah so um i'm i'm teaming up well i'm not like teaming up i'm finding artists that are having trouble um getting their stuff out there to a wider audience like you know artists don't really have sales skills but I've been an right. entrepreneur and whatnot for, I've been running my own photography and media production business for the last um, 10, 11 years. And then COVID hit and all my contracts and stuff dried up because those companies that I was working for essentially went out of business. Like 
the wedding halls and the concert halls that I was shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a friend who is a photographer who experienced some pretty big difficulties. uh, Yeah. It was strange times for sure. Um, so, and after that is like, I have to, you know, kind of look forward at at life and be like, what do I want to do for the next 10 years? Like, do I want to start my photography career over or do I want to, step into the next level the next role because that was available as well so now i'm branding myself as a producer um and master photographer videographer for anybody that wants to do any kind of media projects or get um their products out to a global audience really because Collins global nfts are global um and then also you know just by interacting on various forums and groups you can get connected to global groups and i've already done that so that's what i've been talking to phil i'm I'm curious though real quickly uh just because i know the i know the creator of this app uh he's an he's an acquaintance um how how did you guys find out find out out about it um yeah either either of you guys yeah i was watching jimmy door and he mentioned he was going to do Colin. I'm like, huh, like to talk to the guy about COVID. And so I learned about the app that way. And I've actually, Malcolm and Jimmy, they've had me on twice on Colin, which is hard to do. He gets, he picks who he wants to speak. It doesn't right. go by order. And he gets a ton of people calling in. So I got, I don't know, he said my picture reminded him of one of the comedians he has on almost every day. I forget the big guy's name. But, uh, <laughs> Nice. So, um, <laughs> so that's you know, hey, the Lord works in mysterious ways. We know not. He the certainly way the does. Lord. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes. And that's my answer to that, Shaw. What, what about you, Shaw? How did you find out about uh, the Colin app? Uh, so, part of my media production career, uh, I recorded my first podcast in 2016, and that involved, let's see. Three cameras, two microphones, two laptops, no, three microphones, two laptops, uh, two chairs, a table, and three studio lights. Damn, to so get this that. Was no, uh, no amateur podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and I, I had to charge a lot for that as well to set all that up for someone, right? Yeah. Um, Colin was the first. So I've been, long story short, I've been looking for um, an easier solution, not only because it's less than a, of a pain in the ass for me to work, but also lowers the cost for people that want to get started. So yeah. this show, for an example, um, got this all set up in like an hour. And that w- there's no other app out there. There's no other platform that um, makes the responsibilities of producing uh so fluid so it's still a science you know it's still not for everybody it takes a lot of work just like all types of editing and art but there's really no other platform out there that and it's definitely not perfect there's some features that are missing but um and what, what, what what features would you like to see i'm just curious uh monetization so essentially there's like through advertising no not advertising so basically there's um platforms out there uh referred to as podcasting tube i don't know if you're familiar with it but they're trying to create a new no i never heard of it 
Yeah, so it's um, basically decentralized apps that run in, in browser for podcasting because podcasting itself is supposed to be decentralized according to the OGs that did it. But um, so there's a couple of platforms that have integrated uh, crypto into their platforms so that people that want to can create accounts to listen to podcasts. And while they listen, um, their account can donate a specific amount per like minute that they listen so for an example, like um, if I wanted to, I would load like $10 into my account and over the whole month, uh, every minute of every podcast that I listened to, it would have distributed the $10 equally amongst that because crypto is like the, the sats, you know, the eight yes. decimals. Yeah, of course. So it doesn't matter if I have $10, I can do $10 or I can do $1,000, right? Um, it'll divide it up equally amongst or at whatever rate I set. And then I can also do like uh, instant donations to the people I'm listening to. But um, it's so integration with that basically would be getting the podcast on those platforms and then also being able to enable the monetization because right now, there's no way to claim like real ownership outside of this platform of shows that are created. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so after this podcast, after this, uh, speech that we have here, can you tag David and I will message him as well and we'll see if we can get the ball rolling. David. Yeah. D, um, was, was yeah, that uh, David, David Sachs. Yeah. S A K. Or, sorry, S-A-C-K-S. Was that um, somebody that was in here earlier, or is that another person? Uh, he's actually the owner and founder of this app. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so tag David Sachs, spelled normally, S-A-C-K-S. I'm terrible with spelling. I have dyslexia. But, uh, you know, so tag him, and then also I'll message him, and we'll see if we can get the ball rolling on that. Yeah, that would be cool. Um because it, it's just a seamless way, another way to, um, like, help people, you know, get their, get out of the matrix, basically. Once exactly. once that very yeah. small subscriber base comes in, it's Which just I know like, every, everyone hates Andrew Tate, but I, I, just, I just freaking love that phase, man. Get out of the matrix. I just love it so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm a big Matrix fan. But Likewise, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, so I just love it so much. But, uh... Andrew Tate is <laughs> one of the funniest guys to come on the scene in a long time. I disagree with a lot of what he says, but, you know, no one can disagree. The guy isn't hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so tag David, um, David Sachs, um, and, uh, you know, I'll shoot him a message, and we'll see if we can get the crypto ownership or maybe NFT ownership. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can iron that out. And just see if that's, you know, a possibility, something he's thinking of, something that, you know, he's willing to consider, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, see what we can, we can get going for you. Yeah. The, the, the best thing about it, man, is like all the apps that are doing that, the feature that I'm like, that I spent like so many minutes describing, I apologize, but, um, the, the platforms that are doing it are open sourced. So it's literally right. just a matter of being like, 
yo, check out the best ones, and, like, you can literally take the features that you want, you know? Yeah, of course. And, and, and with the Cloud app being, being free, I mean, you know, as long as we can incorporate, um, you know, David and I and everybody else, if, as long as we can incorporate that aspect where, you know, there's some sort of monetization or, you know, reward for being a creator on the platform, um, you know, I think that'll that'll certainly incentivize more users to use it. Um, yeah, because I, I think right now the only program that they have is the ones that they sponsor themselves, right? Like they have contracts with a couple of shows that they're... Yeah, there are certain things, yeah, Glenn Greenwald and yeah, certain people have certain things going on, certain contracts, I guess you could say. Um, hey, that's yeah, that's so, the game. It's nothing to be... Well, for those of us that know, that's the game. It's the game, yes, but for yeah, people that don't but, know, they'd get upset at those kind of words, but, but yeah, we're so, all so adults just, here. But tag, uh, tag David and just be super, you know... Uh, courteous and respectful in whatever it is you say in your tag message and um, I'll also shoot him a message and I'll say you know I participated in this calling Fire app is great etc etc uh, you know he's sort of an acquaintance I guess you could say we know some of the same people um, we both know you know Jason Calacanis I don't know if you know that guy um, but he's famous for turning 100 grand into 100 million and mm-hmm. uh, he wrote the book Angel um, you know about angel investing so uh, yeah, so, so we know some of the same people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I've already made my point. So let's, uh, yeah, let's tag him. I'll shoot him a message and, uh, we'll see where we can get going, man. And I, I, I would love to be on your show in the future. You know, I, I, I love, I love these debates. Um, I feel like I've learned, um, from speaking with, uh, Bill and, you know, others. Um, and I think that this is, uh, an excellent platform for you. Hey, brother. Thank you. I think, um, you know, I, what comes to mind as you guys were speaking was, I don't know if you've heard of Christian socialism. It may make Marco happy and maybe a meeting ground was a party back in the early, well, I think like around 1920, Have you heard of that? Alex Christian socialism. No, I have not. Yeah. We're basically, we put people before profits, but in doing so, we lift up all humanity. You follow me? But on the yeah. basis of Jesus' message. And I think we all want the same thing. Like Marco wants justice, wants some type of relief for people from oppression, suppression, repression, whether whatever government form it comes from. And I think that's what you're True. about. And you're using yeah. the, the system, to, like you say, the, from what I hear. So, yeah, see, I, I'm just trying to play the game. Uh, I, I understand that Marco and Martin both want to rebel against the game. And, you know, maybe that's the ultimate move. But. You know, for me at the current state, I'm just I'm just playing the game. You know what I mean? Well, I think even putting it in a way where you're trying to take the best of it and make the best take the best and make the best of it is what it sounds like. Playing the game yes. might sound to some people yes. like you're yeah, nefarious. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to to rephrase playing play the 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 hand that I've been dealt. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're trying to make the best of things in a, in a way that upholds your values and. That's what we're meant to do. No, and also no my, to... you know, I, my family. I mean, several family members have disabilities. My brother, unfortunately, passed away from cerebral palsy, and he was oh, quadriplegic. Good. And you know, the the hospital bill was five yeah. million dollars. Unbelievable. And, you know, thankfully we had insurance, so it was only five hundred thousand. But ah. still, I mean, five hundred thousand is a lot of money. So you know, I, yeah, it's in the 
doesn't exactly go away, you know, follows you. So, gotcha. uh, you know, so wow, I, sorry I, to hear I, that. I, no, no, I mean, he's in a better place, man. He was really suffering. And, you know, I, th- I do believe that God has a plan for all of us. And, you know, God, God took us from, took him from us for a reason. And, you know, we started a char- charitable uh, organization and, hmm. and, you know, we we're, we're contributing lots of money now, you know, tens, if not hundreds, I'll have to ask my stepmother, but I believe it's hundreds now of thousands of dollars to, you know, children with cerebral palsy, quadriplegia, et cetera. Wow, awesome. Um, you know, it's crazy, which is also a little bit questionable, <laughs> but uh, Bill Clinton attended uh, the book signing for one of our books for our uh, charity, which I was wow. like, why is, Bill, why is Bill Clinton here? <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's definitely getting widespread. Bill is not uh, exactly an idol of mine. Uh, I won't go into the details, but um, I'm sure you know why. <laughs> but, yeah, right. Uh, because of his friends. But, um, uh, and his, his wife seems a, a little evil but <laughs> but I, 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 I don't want to get too dark here but uh but yeah no I mean I you know trust me I I've, I've, I've dealt with suffering myself I have various mental illnesses um you know I, I take medication I see doctors etc my 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 family a lot of my family's in the military you know so thankfully I'm able to get VA benefits and stuff like that and you know the VA kind of sucks actually they take forever but you know it's uh we're, we're all suffering in our own way man I mean you know no matter how much money you make or no matter how much, you know, you think you're doing good in the world or whatever it might be. I mean, there's just so much more out there that, you know, people don't realize. And, you know, I mean, even Mark Cuban, you know, I, I named her after him earlier and I, I guess I'll just continue on it. I had a few drinks, fuck it. Uh, you know, Mark Cuban, he, he, he suffers just as much as us. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not a part of a cabal or anything like that. I mean, he, he has really bad days, dude. He has really bad days where, you know, and it might, and it's not just about the Mavericks. <laughs> you know, obviously they didn't do, uh, they didn't make it as far as he wanted to, uh, last, uh, NBA season, but, you know, we all have bad days and we got to stick together. You know, those of us that have money, those of us that are in power, those of us that don't have money, those of us that are, aren't in power, those of us that are disabled, you know, I qualify for like five or 10 or some crazy amount of federal disabilities, but, you know, I run my business anyway, and I try to keep going, and you know, because all of those are mental. But you know, I it, it's tough, man. But we got to stick together. That's my point. We got to stick together, no matter what we disagree on. There might be things we disagree on, right? Socialism versus capitalism, whatever it is. But we got to stick together, man, because we are all the same. Us in this right. chat room, us in the audience. You know, I, don't, I know we don't have a lot of people here anymore, but all of us right here, we are the same. You know, yeah, we're together. We are together, so we got to stick together, and you know we can't let little things divide us because that's what the shadow government—that's what the cabal wants. Right? They want these little things to divide us. That they literally designed these little things to divide us, whether right. that's socioeconomic status, like like the class system, middle class, lower class, upper class. They invented that. There was no fucking thing. They made it up. You know, race, like black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever. They made that shit up. It's all made up. We're all the human race. So, you know, we got to stick together, man. You know, you, me, everybody. We all got to stick together. You know, someone you might enjoy calling into is Sabby Sabs. 
Have you heard of her? I don't. No. Check it out. She's on calling. She she has a YouTube channel. A woman, um, <laughs> Afro American woman, and and I I listen to her, and she when I call in, she gives me lots of time. Everybody, she devotes a long time to her calling. Not like Jimmy. Jimmy, you get a half hour total, like for everybody. She'll she'll do a couple oh, hours. You know, excellent. And yeah, the more time, the better. Uh, very intelligent. You know, I'm uh, I'm a bit of a rambler, so <laughs> the more time, the better. Yeah, and and um, she. Let me say, once you you can find her on calling. You know, she's got shows. You know, uh, you can listen to, and I think you yeah, really can, find can, her. Can you uh, can you do me a favor? This is I, I hate to ask it of you, but it's what I ask everybody. Can you just DM me her like handle or something like that? Uh. Can you help me with that, Shaw? Can we get? Can you help me with that little IT thing? Getting, um, getting yeah, Alex you, savvy. Yeah, if you could DM me her handle or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I know I sound lazy for a guy that does cybersecurity and stuff like that, but it's just easier if stuff gets DM'd. I can just click on it and boom, we're good to go. You know. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I updated my profile with my my, inst- my NFT links. Well, it wouldn't let me post. Yeah, I did. I did. I post a link tree. So sure. I yeah. Here, let me let me post in the. Uh, here, let me post in the chat. Follow me, and I'll follow you, and I'll check out all your stuff. Hey, let me post in the chat. Uh, my Instagram. Um, don't be don't be off put by the fact that my profile picture is me flexing my bicep. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a boxer and I take steroids. Disclosure. Um, it's prescribed. Don't worry. But there you go. It's Alex underscore Gerlach underscore. So yeah. So just follow me on there. I'll follow you guys. Um, anybody's listening, anybody's in the speakers lounge here, anybody at all, follow me. I'll follow you back. And, uh, yeah, this has been an excellent conversation. You know, what, you know, I, I want to get one last take from you because I know that the topic here is 9-11 truthers. So I really want to know, though, you know, what is it exactly that you think happened? I know you mentioned Building 7 all these different things, but, you know, if you could put it more closely, what is it exactly that you think happened? Well, I can, I can only give you, again, looking at the evidence over time from various parties, and then the ultimate result, the Patriot Act, and um, the the uh, uh, what do we call it? The Project for a New America Century. The uh, uh, General it, it seems Clark. as almost it was set up just to enact the Patriot I, Act. Well, would you agree with that? I, you, yeah, you. I, it I seems concur. like it was it was almost just set up just so they could enact that, so they could use that for you know more, I guess, nefarious activities. You might say. I I think we're in agreement with that, and uh, clearly, uh, exactly how they were demoed, who knows? I think maybe, like you said, on any of these issues, it's layered. Could be multiple things combined. Could have been, you know, as 9-11 architects and engineers state, could be also what uh, Dr. Ju- Judy um, Woods' combination of, the, of direct energy weapon, which is what her th- theory is like kind of Nikola Tesla direct energy weapon that caused dustification uh, where things are disintegrating like they alka seltzer in water literally and um, we covered that so but the ultimate goal clearly Wesley Clark stated 
you know, he was told the, the, the roadmap or the plan was to invade uh, seven countries in five years. He talks about that. So we know what the goal was and we see what happened. And I think, again, this comes from above Bush and Cheney and Rumsfeld and Halliburton comes from those cabalists. You know what I mean? Uh, that And I, <clears throat> pardon me. We, we discussed that, the multi-generational cabal. The evil that runs this world, isn't it true that Satan fell with one-third the angels, if you believe Christian, like I do, to rule civilization, right? So what else exactly can we right. expect? So to think it's going to be different. And when I put it into that context, like you said, this is a spiritual battle. Uh, for example, we're on the battle like Job. You follow me? And... Um, the book uh, Joe. Yeah, it, Job, and, I, and I know a lot of our listeners might not be Catholic, right? Or they might not be right. Christian, etc. But they have to understand the the more abstract concepts here, which is just the battle between good and evil. You yep. know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be God versus devil, right? Or Satan or whatever. You know, as long as you understand the battle between good and evil, you understand exactly what's going on here. Yeah, and so. Uh, so I don't know if that answers the question. I don't think we're going to have all the answers ever because, of course, everything was dust up. A lot of it was dustified as, as she had to make up a new word for it. And what was left was trucked off to be recycled before anything got really thoroughly. Uh, so so do, you, do you mind if I play uh, devil's advocate here? So I, I am agree. I am in, I'm in agreement with you. Right. We're on the same page. But a lot of our opponents would say if they did pull off all these you know, whether it was internal bombs of the buildings or whatever it was, or whatever it was, you know, these conspiracies, they would have to have hundreds of people involved or whatever. And they say, why has no one come forward? What do you say to that? Well, I think, so. well, let me put it this way. Jesse Ventura was asked, you know, why is it, we see someone like Bernie who ends up looking like a conch. He didn't use that phraseology, but you know what I'm saying. He's fighting, 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 and at the end of the day, he sheepers Bernie, everybody back. Bernie is a is a fucking comedian. Uh, sorry for the profanity, but I've seen that guy speak uh, <laughs> a few times. Very, and I've been in the front row, and I've because I go to all, I go to Trump, I go to Bernie, I go to everybody. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I I don't discriminate between the political people, and you know, I like to see them speak and see what their thoughts are. And, I've seen Bernie speak uh, several times. Yeah, that guy, uh, I think conk is the right word. <laughs> that guy, he's he's a little out of touch. Right. Well, but again, what, what, what Chris Hedges, well, one thing, let me finish uh, uh, regarding uh, Jesse. Jesse said that, well, once they get into Washington, they sit him down and show him the Subruder tapes. You know what I mean? In other words, this is what you're going to do or else. You know what I mean? For those who... Most people know that's the assassination of JFK. So, so on the other hand, a quick question about that, which we explored earlier. Why wasn't the press corps all over that street with movie cameras? And why do we have one, only one view from the Nazi, you know, from the Zabruder? Uh, is, who was that guy? You know, I mean, where, where are all the other cameras and footage? But moving on from that, right? That's a logical question. Um, so uh, regarding Jesse... Uh, moving on to Chris Hedges, Chris Hedges was asked of, uh, uh, regarding Bernie and he because uh, he knows Bernie and spoke to him backstage at some event, according to Chris, from what I re- heard Chris say on a, a YouTube. And he basically said Bernie said he didn't want to end up uh, 
irrelevant like Ralph Nader. So I think what happens is people get into government and despite their best intentions, maybe they get threatened, bro. Who knows? You're like coerced. And, and so ultimately they, our electoral process becomes irrelevant because, well, there's a, like I said, the Princeton Northwestern study. I'm hoping answering your question, Professor Gillis and Page, where your, your vote doesn't matter really. Because whoever gets elected, they're going to do what the, you know, the the lobbyists want, and then that's what they saw in the twenty year study. Yeah, and, and did you know that ninety percent of the lobbyists in D.C. This is a statistical fact. You can look this up. Ninety percent from other countries. Yes, I heard that the foreign. Yeah, yeah, ninety yeah, percent so. are foreign. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, what is the truth? Yeah. Yeah. And we can see, I like you say, you know, we talk now about the World Economic Forum and, the, and the, the, what you don't know about the Belt and Road Initiative is on the WEF sites, 2018-2022. Interesting to see the narrative shift, but the same outcome. If you're not familiar with that, check it out. Um, and, and I could talk more about it, but just to make a point, this all started with Ross Pro explaining the North American Free Trade Agreement, the agenda which, in other words, this started decades ago, and this is the agenda of the Kabbalists. I appreciate what you're doing as a someone trying to create change uh, uh, with through the capitalist system. I mean, um, it's you know, I mean, when I fall, yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to play the game because I, you know, I I don't see any other way out. I mean, you know, in I know there's a lot of people that will disagree with me, but. You know, it's it's the only way that I see forward. Well, the, they militarized the police. Uh, let's face it, defunding the police, that was another psyop. They could have said reforming, and they would have got a lot more support. They chose defunding. That's not by accident. Yeah, you know, and, the and, and who the hell supports them? If you, if you, if you yeah. hold the minority groups, right, the African-Americans, the Latinos, et cetera, living in poor areas, they want more police. They actually wanted more funding. For the police, they didn't want to defund them. This was all just some leftist propaganda. Well, I think what what really solves crime, obviously, is jobs and economic opportunity. Uh, Bridgeport here, the crime rates went through the roof with the outsourcing of uh, manufacturing uh, jobs, leaving leaving Bridgeport basically a sacrifice zone. You know what I mean? Uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's what we have here now. So, of course, the crime goes through the roof because what's left for people? I mean, they open a Walmart in Stratford. Even if you get a job there, you're never going to work your way out of poverty. Do you follow me? So, um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a friend in Westport who, you know, lives in a $2 million home who, well, he paid $2 million. It's probably 3 or $4 million now with the housing boom. But, you know, he's out of touch with everything. He's like, oh, Andrew Yang is the solution. I'm just like, dude. Oh, forget about it. Kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the problem. The the, the disassociation from reality because they're brought up that way. I mean, and and I don't know what to call it, but Westport's down the ninety five, one of the richest uh, basic coastal town in Connecticut, probably the richest. Very nice, beautiful down, you know, district. Yeah, uh, may, maybe the Connecticut. only other richest would be like Greenwich or something, but yeah. Yes. Exactly. And of course, a lot of these people work in New York or did and had their homes up to 95, you know. So Bridgeport's a founding state, 
the alleged, con- I call it the unconstitutional state with what I've seen of corrupticate. But nonetheless, it is a founding state. You got Harvard Law. Corrupticate. I love law. that. I love that. I'm, I'm going to start calling yeah. it that. <laughs> it is. That's great, man. That's great. So we, we got we got the bar associations. How am I the bar association? Yale Law, Yale Site School, Yale Divinity School, Harvard, yada, 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 law school. You know what I mean? It's all here. And what did Jesus Christ say in Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites, when he chastised the high priest and the scribes, lawyers of the time? Nothing's changed, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the same old. You know? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, Jesus Christ, he lived as a poor man for a reason. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, it, and he said those who steal from others to gain the riches will suffer in hell. Exactly. What is the profit of man? Again, the riches of the entire world and so is so. But yet we have people doing it for capitalism, for maximizing profit. The Catholic Church is the worst, as you said, at that. You know, the, the riches they hoard, who only God knows. You know what I mean? The Vatican Bank, the Rothschild manages. Yeah, this, you know that, I mean? that's why I left, the, I left the Catholic Church. Uh, yeah. I was, I was a member of it when I was young, but, you know, there was certain family members and friends who – suffered at the hands of the catholic church you can read between the lines on that one but yeah you know, I, I, I was like you know not gonna happen man not gonna happen i'm not a part of this so you know i'm non-denominational i don't attend church I services am. i read the bible right. and i and right. i learn the lessons from it and some of them i you know i take them as not exactly real stories but you know i i learn the lessons and you know it's it's such a shame what they've done. I mean, these people, the, the most predatory people on earth, they try to use oh. religion and politics to coerce people into their desires. Well, do we got the doctrine of discovery signed in the early 1400s by, I believe it was Pope Alexander the sixth, best of my recollection, recollection. <laughs> I'm getting it's late, and I get about that. And that the 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 Western Western Europeans used to basically rape, pillage, and plunder. I, but I, but you know, we, we're the what you know, exactly the, 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 Genghis you know. Khan type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the Catholic Church. That, I mean, so so anyway, uh, we're not going to fix that. But 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 uh, I think you know, I, I I bring Marco in in the future and the other guys. Uh, and look, look, they want the best for everybody. They want the poor to be lifted up, just like Christ would say and do. And unfortunately, obviously. Try and hear both sides. They see capitalism as, you know, the boot to the neck of everybody around the world. So you can't blame them. You know, if we look at our imperialism, colonialism, blah, blah, around the world. Yeah, I mean, I mean Butler, capitalism you know? doesn't work in every society. It, 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 I believe it does in America. I believe that, you know, certain mm. people can be lifted up if they're given the right opportunity. But, you know, a lot of times it is just who you know rather than what you know, you know. Oh, without a doubt. And, and. For those who are struggling in small businesses today, like Chris, who lost the bike shop and was foreclosed on, let me tell you, the, quickly, the building was appraised at 225000 two years before the pandemic. The city during foreclosure appraised at 147000 That's That's a major drop just because of economics. The building didn't age that much. You follow me? In a couple of years. And then they foreclosed on it for 51400 did you catch that? Oh my God, that is that is. Oh my God, that they is, left them nothing. They covered the tax, back taxes, like a, utilities. Like a, a fourth of what it's worth. I mean, it was, is, they stole the equity. They yeah, stole the equity. That's awful, man. 
so so what I'm trying to say is, and I, and I hope you can hear this. I understand what you're trying to do with capitalism. You're trying to make the best of it. But for people like me or Marco who hear capitalism works in America, I have to, when I hear that, and I hope you hear this constructively, to me it's like nails on a chalkboard. Because look what happened to me with my SSDI. Look what happened to me with the bike shop. And I'm not, I'm emblematic. Again, I'm not special. I'm one of the masses. You see what I mean? So, so from my perspective, capitalism doesn't definitely is predatory. Um, there are good people within it, but as a system, I haven't seen it work. When I remember Reagan talking about trickle down economics and George one, W, right? That's W, George one, right? He was like uh, voodoo w, economics yeah. when he was running, when he was running Walker. Reagan. Voodoo economics, trickle down economics does not work. It does not. What, what, what do businesses do every time they get bailed out? They, they, you know, they, they buy back stocks, stock options, right? They increase their portfolio. In fact, I had a friend of mine. Uh, I went to college with Brian Cody with Shaw Environmental and a managerial level. And uh, I ended up working for Shaw, like I told you before, as it worked out. I had already uh, worked my way up as a from a labor to equipment operator over years. And then Brian and I happened to touch base. He was my roommate. And the, the thumbnail story was one day I'm chatting with him before I started working for Shaw. Had a job with a septic installer in uh, in Valley Center uh, operating back home. And so, so I'm talking to Brian one day. We're friends roommates play ball together at URI where I transferred. I didn't stay at Fordham and Brian's Brian's sound really depressed. So I'm like, Brian, what's the matter? You having family problems? He goes, no, nah, Bill. He says the private sector contract. One of them we have is Exxon in the Boston Harbor. I'm like, yeah. He said, they cut back so far on maintenance that we had a spill that could have been completely avoided if they had kept up with maintenance. And now we got this huge cleanup. He said, it's awful. He said that that never should have happened. And why did they cut back on maintenance? Because they're interested in increasing, increasing the 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 profitability versus cost to increase the stock price. Do you follow me? They do this across the board. That's what happened with BP in the Gulf spill. Do you follow me? Multiple failures on that rig due to cutting back on maintenance is what it turned out to be. There's three system failure. Three levels, from what I understand. So, so, so this is what happens, and 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 this is what's happened now with with the stock market. I mean, to see it at the levels it's at, due to the all the uh, Federal Reserve basically bailouts, and for the individual people like me and Chris and others to, to just get crushed. Um, for us, capitalism, you know, I have to. I feel it's evil. I'm not suggesting, I mean, 50-year business. And look at the, what happened at the end of the day. This, this, that's just predatory. So, um, I, you know, and there's much more. So the point I'm trying to make is that I appreciate that there's good people like you in the system trying to make it work. And we got to start from the bottom up because it ain't happening from the top down. You know what I mean? So um, I think there's a lot of people like mine here, like, Sabby Sabs, I think you'll find if you talk to her, she's great and she's got sometimes low battery. But um, yeah, so let's yeah, work no, together. I, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. And in, in in a capitalistic society, there will not always be, um, you know, everyone living equitably. You know, there's going to be 
people at the top, people in the middle, people at the bottom, etc. There will always be some sort of hierarchy. Whereas in socialistic or communistic society, you know, everyone's equal, whatever. But in all the attempts that they've tried, uh, that equality has always ended up at the very bottom rung. You know, it's always been everyone's equally poor as hell, you know? Yeah, but, okay, let me let me add, okay? For example, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, first of all, is a fraud, what it reports. Nobody is going to the grocery store or get gas that that jives with reality for... for right, it's, it's calculated completely ridiculously, yeah. Right, and that's done intentionally. Okay, that's for staple goods. But if you look at housing, right, for example, quick example... My dad bought his house in Trumbull, Connecticut in 1960 for $16,000. Uh, sold in 2007 with an addition granted for just under $480,000. Okay. That's a 3,000% increase, right? From 16 grand to 480. That, my calculation is not 300%, 3,000%. So if you, if you factor that into the CPI, and that's common. Like I was talking to Sabby Sab, she's like, "Oh yeah, here I am in Massachusetts. The average home is over five hundred grand. Wasn't that way in nineteen sixty? So even if you adjust for inflation and interest, there's, you know, Rich, uh, Richard Wolf says the minimum wage should be thirty two dollars. You follow me? Um, because that would include the housing costs. So uh, skyrocket it used to be, from what I understand, the average homeowner. Uh, uh, housing in the 60s was 15 to 20% of their income. Now it could be up to 70% if they're lucky, if they keep a roof over their heads and have a month maybe in savings. So so in a bigger picture, capitalism has, the wealth transfer has gone in one direction, sucked up to the top and left everybody. The American dream does not exist. And then if we look at the criminal justice system, we have 4.3% of the world's population. You know, I've just, being through it, I learned it and studied it. I spent two months incarcerated pre-trial. They never went to trial. Okay. And did, did, have, you, did you have a bond, uh, bail or a bond or anything? No, you wouldn't hear the freakiest thing. I'll tell you what happened. I refused all plea bargains. The state always offered me a nolly contendere. What's a nolly contendere, Bill? Nolly is the state, well, doesn't want to consider prosecuting. However, say like four months into the church arrest, I actually got arrested by the Christian Counseling Center of St. Paul's while I'm in counseling talking about the crimes of the church. I've never, that's never happened. That's wow. outrageous. It's, that's a violation of my client that's terrible. Rights. Yeah. That's a violation okay. of the Hippocratic Oath. That's a violation of my client rights. I have a right then yeah. to get complaints to the board of directors. The and, police and not legally, have... you're, you're not supposed to be arrested in a church or at a church. That's... No, it wasn't at the church. The police came to my home oh, where I was staying okay. to make the collar, but it was based, I was in psychotherapy, haven't been suicidal in and out of psych wars 2012, and in recovery, the, the psychological aspects of pituitary tumors, as I told you I had, is, is suicidal ideology. Yeah, and, okay. and, and I just want to say, I hope you know, I I, I was in psych wars in 2012 as well, so I you know I, I can I can certainly empathize with you. Hey, listen, there's a lot of very intelligent people all around the world in psych wars out who've experienced trauma in one way or another, growing up or at some point in their lives, 
and it could get triggered with what happened to me. And so yeah. I, I end up in the psych ward suicidal. I come out, intensive outpatient therapy, Butler Hospital, then came back to Connecticut through the Rape and Incest National Network. My childhood abuse isn't, I hope I don't upset anybody, but I'm a survivor of incest. So, so when my parents died, it triggered everything called transference and triggering, right? right? Of course. So I have, I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. By the way, for anyone who's interested, the pituitary network, Linda Rio writes books about this, about the trauma in the family that can be passed on, how it affects the family, how it affects the pituitary gland. You know what I mean? That's the pituitary network, marriage and family. Yeah, because, because it can alter the DNA and the genetic expressions uh, within an individual you know, as it's passed on. Actual brain function and the, the cause of the pituitary adenoma, that's secretory in the pituitary, that maladaptation, which pumps high levels of cortisol in because of that's yes. the flight or that's the fight or flight hormone. Yeah, it's, it's the, the stress hormone as they call it. Yeah. So this is what happened. That's how I got the pituitary tumor. They theorized that's how I, again, 180 pounds in 20 months, the complex post-traumatic disorder, the the high cortisol levels and the 24-hour urinary cortisol, that normal is 4 through 50. Mine was 141. Anything above 100 is indica- indicates Cushing's, which is why they did the brain MRI, yada, 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 yada. Okay, so what am I trying to say? What was I trying to say? I forgot. Where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, well, so, it, 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 it helps me, regardless of what you're trying to say, it helps me to understand you further, uh, Bill, and I think that you know, you and I have a lot of similarities, uh, more than you think. And, I, uh, I you. you know, hopefully we can connect both offline and online, uh, and you know, try to, try to, try to further our, uh, our, our, our causes. Fine. I'm, I'm a, I'm big fat guy now. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I am too. I, <laughs> my, I, I look good in my picture, but I've gained about 40 pounds since then. So <laughs> a lot of people with COVID did that. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, what I'm, tr- I'm trying to say is that the, and I lost my train of thought, but the bottom line is this by fighting for my rights, by complaining about the crimes of the elite, like the Catholic church, they protect them. The system is a big club. They make illegal arrests. They overcharge. The cops have been protecting the predators the whole time, yes. whether it's the Catholic Church, whether it's the corrupt corporations that, uh, you know, like I described earlier, the corrupt lawyers, they protect them because they work for them in a sense. Yes, because those those are the ones giving them money, yes. whether that's some evil person like Jeffrey Epstein or some yep. evil organization like Meta slash Facebook. Or some yep. evil, you know, uh, other type of organization, like church. Yeah, well, it could be, it could be Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could, yeah, it could be Pfizer. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I take some of their pills, so hopefully not. But no, it, it is, uh, it, it is certainly Pfizer and you know other big pharma, big tech, big, big everything. You know, if there's a if if, if, if big comes before it, then like let me tell you one thing. So big oil. And stuff like that, right? They used to be able to kill them. Big oil, big natural gas, big energy, right? So then once they lost control, they started this whole green energy movement. When in reality, since 1750, right? So right before the Industrial Revolution, 
the uh, Earth's, like the entire Earth, has only risen by 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit since then. And yet they're trying to tell us that there's this climate catastrophe while all the politicians are buying oceanfront homes in, like, Florida and stuff like that, uh, you know, trying to tell us that there's this climate catastrophe, like Al Gore and all these people. And it's it's all a hoax. It, it, they, th- the reason they did that is because they invested early. They, found, they founded and funded the green energy companies, right? They call it green energy or whatever. It's, it's a buzzword. But they founded those companies so that they could have complete control of the energy market. That's what they're trying to do. The energy market is a multi-trillion dollar industry. So they're trying to phase out, you know, oil, natural gas, nuclear, etc. When we have enough of that to sustain human life for thousands of years without any of us dying of climate change or any of this crazy stuff. Well, I'll I'll push back on that a little bit, my friend, for on a couple levels. One we see the drought the and then the floods we see the fires we see people are suffering uh, around the world and it, to create some common ground let's put the climate change issue on the shelf and let's just talk about lung cancer emphysema you know what i'm talking about air pollution particulates um let's talk about breast cancer prostate cancer Cancer in general. Well, that, that's um, that's all by their design. If you look at the hunters, and, if you look at the hunters and gatherers, back in the day, the average hunter, so a man who lived past the age of fifteen, had a life expectancy of seventy four. All right, and that's similar to the life expectancy these days. And yet, they never got cancer. So what 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 is going on here? You know. Oh well, I mean, we can start with glyphosates, Roundup. Sprayed on all the crops and all the grains, and how that destroys the gut flora. Then we can look at water, 2,000 water districts. I'm sorry, according to USA Today, not just Flint have led way above acceptable levels. Then you got the, what they call them, the PFABs now, the forever chemicals. Look at the gyres in the ocean, twice the size of Texas, the Pacific gyre, plastic, rubbish. Um, there's five gyres around the world. I mean, can you imagine we're 71% water in this planet, right? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, if you take the glaciers out, it's only like 0.3% fresh water that's, that you can yeah, drink. And we're you like 70% or 80% water as human beings, something like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, God made us from the clay of the earth. I mean, clearly our bodies one with with the earthly mother. I mean, if you take away yes. all the... Think about it. Before the Industrial Revolution, before concrete, asphalt, whatever, it was a beautiful. Uh, there was a saying that a squirrel can hop from treetop to tree prop, treetop to treetop in New England until they reach the Great Plains. That was the American Indian saying. That that's how yeah. much and thick the canopy was. We have five percent of the world's old growth forest. Those large canopies, those large trees, which respirate and store see my degree is in resource economics from uri okay i couldn't okay. they offered me a, a ability to go there to get a master's. university of rhode island is that URI? yeah that's where i graduated from yeah you're okay, right cool yeah and they offered me uh, uh the opportunity they were going to waive my tuition and pay me like whatever 14500 a semester at the time to go there but i didn't want to sit in a cubicle i'm kind of a meathead i wanted to travel do all kinds of different shit and um you know I did. Yeah, they, they, they did the same thing at my university. They they wanted to offer me, you know, full scholarship for the masters, and I was like, 
Eh, I'd rather take steroids and lift weights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm trying to live life, man. I'm trying to be a man, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to sit in a cubicle and I, yeah, I, I'm, tra- I'm trying to kill with chicks. I'm not trying to sit in your yeah. little cubicle and live your little, you know, robot life. I'm not doing that, dude. I'm going to work for myself, and I'm going to chill with beautiful women, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing. You know, that's, amen, brother. Right there. With uh, you. Yeah, those are my thoughts. You know. Well. I certainly didn't want to. I, I took introduction to Fortran in 1979. And I couldn't stand it. And I was like, "There's no way." Like, so that's why. So Wait, hang know, on, I'm Bill, 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 you're not that old. No way. Come I on, I am. I'm you 62. Took, you, Bill, no way. You took Fortran. You're 62. No, come on, come on. Yeah. You're lying to me. You're lying to no, me. No, I am. No, look, like, at me. look at me. No, look, you're like 40, bro. Come on, don't lie to me. That's what everybody said when I used to sing karaoke. Uh, Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, everything, having a blast at the local bars. We got some great local bars that uh, I can't drive anymore because I'm on two canes. But when I but when I could get around, and I used to be able to tap dance. I used to have a ball. And uh, the girls <laughs> would come up to me uh, quite young, some of them. And I said, how old are you? I'm 23 or I'm 30. And I look at them, I go, uh... You know, getting my get it, it, there was flirtation going on, and I just had to be honest. I said, <laughs> I said, "How old do you think I am?" And they're like, "I don't know, mid late forties." And I'm like, I, "I couldn't lie to them." I'm like, "Look, I'm I'm fifty eight at that time, or fifty nine, sixty." Nah, Bill, Bill, you, you just know? gotta run with it. Just be like, "Yeah, that's that's about right." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, what can I tell you? Maybe if I could have done it again, I could have done it differently. But right now, I can't. <laughs> I don't drive, and I can't get out anyway. So, but, so, but I had. So, so where I, I kind of got lost in the story. Where thinking about karaoke and dance. <laughs> I did too. I did too. I got a little sidetracked thinking about chicks. Um, right. What are we talking about? Where, where um, we? How do we get off? How do we spend? Oh, I remember. Uh, URI, blah blah blah. Yes, Resource URI. economics. Okay. And 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 what I learned there was that you can put together a cost-benefit analysis study that shows, for example, upgrading the sewage treatment plant at that time from a single stage to a tertiary stage would cost X amount of dollars, but by doing it, you would clean up the effluent and theretofore fewer beach closures, greater tax uh, revenue, increased fishery, uh, uh, you know, production there to for uh, catch blah 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 and you know what when it came down to the end of the day sometimes even though the cost benefit analysis study proved it was the right thing to do for all reasons uh, politics got in the way and the upfront cost and for example Galita had a single stage treatment plant for the longest time the whole time I I was in Santa Barbara when I moved out there and now it's right up the road from Santa Barbara Right up yeah. from, from, you know. Yeah, you know, I, know, I, so, I know the area. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of surfers and people going in the beach and the water. And back at that time when I was there during the 90s, they had a single-stage uh, sewage treatment plant. And right up the from the Santa Barbara, you know, vacation hotspot, right from the very close to UC uh, of, of um, Santa Barbara and uh, the college in Goleta. I forget the name of it now. But um, so you ask yourself, how could they do this? Because, it, you know, it makes sense economically. It doesn't matter. Politics get involved, whatever forces. And so for that, I kind of got, was like, eh, you know, I, why should I beat my head against the wall? Um, let me do something else. Um, I don't know how I got into this whole story, to be honest with you. But but uh, maybe it's 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 just to share at this point. I'm, I've been on the 
that's calling for how many hours? I think I'm delusional. How many? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you're, you're good, man. It's been a. Uh, it's been over six hours. <laughs> that's we can, it. Uh, I need a nap. Yeah, we, we, we can wrap it up here. But um, I, I got to tell you, William Shaw, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you guys, and I hope that we can, you know, speak on further shows. I think there's a lot of topics to discuss, not just you know, nine eleven or economics or whatever. I mean, there there are countless topics that we can discuss that I think the uh, listeners will be interested in. Absolutely. Make suggestions to, you know, follow us, make suggestions that I was saying to Sean, he's agreeing. We need to do a COVID show. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I mean, we might get, we might get canceled, not from Colin, but from everything else. (laughs) If we repost, but, uh, but yes, I, I think we do need to do a COVID show because the truth is, is far from what Fauci or any of these clowns oh. want you to believe. It's it's all part of the WF, uh, you know, transhumanism. Uh, what's his name? Doctor Evil Klaus Schwab and his sidekick Yuval Harari. Have you ever heard that freaking monster speak? Yuval, I, I, oh I have, God. I have not, but I, I know that this was absolutely. I've, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen evidence that, you know, other people might not have access to just because of the, you know, friends that I have that. Shows this came from the lab. This was re- this was unleashed on the world from the lab. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I don't know for sure that it was intentional, but I do have evidence, like strong evidence that I I'm unable to share. But it, it, it came from the lab, and Fauci was funding that lab. So oh. does that mean that Fauci was in on it? Maybe not. Maybe maybe so. I don't know. But it's it's all very suspicious. Well, Fort Detrick is where they were doing the original gain-of-function work, and allegedly Obama put an end to it, supposedly, in 2017. But they did have a an illness that hit well, the nerve. Well, Obama care. promised to put an end to everything. The, the end of, yeah. oh, we're going to pull the people out of Afghanistan. We're going to do this. We're gonna do that. He, he didn't put an end to anything. No, I'm just saying what the the, the, the propaganda message was, that supposedly, right, you know, right, right. You know, and yet, if you study that, you'll find that at nursing care facilities, there was a mysterious respiratory illness around that that original Fort Detrick lab. OK, that's a fact. And then supposedly they uh, through Eco Alliance, they backdoored the funding to the Wuhan lab, which, of course, the French, along with the United States, co-sponsored to be built in China, just like we have them in yes. Ukraine. Nope. We've been working together with the CCP for a long time. Like I said, the, the trade agreements were established. Specifically yeah, I mean, to, if you look yeah. at those uh, not-so-old videos of Biden raising a champagne glass to, yeah. you know, the, the, the Chinese elite saying, you know, the rise of China is the rise of us and blah, 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 blah. And, man, that guy was just delusional. I don't even want to get well, into Biden. <laughs> it's been it's been too many too many hours we've been speaking. I don't want to get into maybe no no point. we don't need to open that up. But frankly, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, the, the, the right and left wing are part of the same corrupt bird. Another way to say it, I believe the right and left cheek are part of the same dirty ass. You know what I mean? I don't I don't <laughs> think there's any separation there. You know what I mean? They're all puppets for no. For I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I do think there are certain people who um, do adhere to a certain moral compass, but. Uh, they, yeah, it's it's few and far between. Yeah, well, the bottom line is, as you look at the trade agreements, which were bipartisan, let's face it, the Beijing, 
the well, first NAFTA, Beijing, uh, 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 Asian free trade, now TPP. It's all about outsourcing. It's all about doing exactly what happened. And if you read the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, again, on the WEF site, uh, 2018, 2022, you see the agenda, uh, and it's to basically establish a silk, reestablish a silk road, but on an infrastructure basis, you know, where actually the trade routes are overland. Well, that, an that's, that's another topic we should cover on another call, actually. The silk yeah. road as in, uh, the website. Um, I think that would be an interesting topic for a lot of listeners. Um, um, I went, you know, I, I, I went know, to the same, uh, I graduated from the same college as Ross. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, because yeah, I, I was going to say, there's a lot of people that are, you know, in favor of Ross being released. There's a lot of people who, you know, want to see him dead, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I, I simply adhere to the facts. I don't place an opinion either way or another. So I, I, I think that that would be a very interesting topic for another call. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is there are bigger criminals. Yes, uh, well, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, like- that's a guarantee. <laughs> it's like and, and then the FBI stole tons of his Bitcoin I mean what is that you know I mean yeah. you know there's so many and then these supposed hits that he put on people but those people didn't exist you know like mystery chemist or whatever these people handles were online and that's you know, what, I mean that's what Bill was saying about Alex Jones's trial right like they they just have to put out a false narrative and there's enough people that are not taking care of themselves enough that will just believe it about looking into That's it. That's exactly right. Fact. Yeah. Cause, cause the, I mean, let's be honest, the average American just reads a headline. They well, don't, they before, don't, they don't, they don't read they, the article and they don't do their own independent research because before that they're not getting enough sleep. They're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Like the questions just aren't going left brain to right brain in their heads. Like before they're even presented yeah. with any, yeah, they're over, they're overworked. Um, you know, they're working a job they hate. They don't, they don't have time to look into these things, you know? They're probably three of their, probably three jobs that they hate. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's called being in survival mode, guys. They don't have time to look into all these things and educate themselves. And they believe what, you know, they're, they're told. And, and this is manufacturing consent. We know it. So, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, we, we, there's no, the, the thing that grabs people is the idea like children were ripped out of incubators. Remember that one, uh, that whole propaganda thing that turned out to be false with, um, with, um, was it uh, Libyan? Remember that whole idea that, that, and it turned out to be one of the leader's daughters who testified in Congress. It was all a huge fraud. Do you know what I'm talking about, Shaw? Most right now. So I ran and that turned out to be a fraud. Then you had the, Duma gas it, it was, you're, you're talking about the incubator baby? Get that right. It was... Okay, Libya, wasn't it? Well, even if you look at Syria, right, when uh, Bashar al-Assad, whatever his name is, yeah. he, you know, uh, used chemical weapons on his people, et cetera, et cetera. That was cabal shit. The, yeah, there, exactly. were, there, were, there were other governments involved in that. He didn't obtain yeah. those weapons on his own. He didn't carry out that attack on his own. You know, this is this is all part of the f- global brainwash. Colonel Wilkinson about that and the actual uh, was it the IPCW International uh, Panel of Chemical Weapons? Uh, I may I think I got that right. 
there were whistleblowers on that that revealed that. The point I'm trying to make is when Americans feel that babies are being abused or innocents are being abused, the, the propaganda, then you can't get through to them. You're like, no, that didn't happen. You're like, oh, you're crazy. You're freaking well, yeah, propaganda. Perf- a perfect example is when they were talking about how Trump was uh, in, in, you know, full disclosure, I'm independent, not a Republican, not a Democrat. So when they said Trump was ripping babies out of the mother's arms at the border and stuff like that, and that was proven not to be true. It was proven that 90% or 95% or whatever of underage children that were coming to this country did not come here with their parents. So they were not being ripped out of anyone's arms. You know, they were sitting here on some freaking truck. So this is just all propaganda. I mean, you, you can barely believe anything you read these days. That's... That's the point I'm making. So to segue to what is far beyond people's comprehension, that there are crisis actors and they do perform in exercises that are run by the government to train, literally to train officers. Like I said, there was the the one at Bridgeport Hospital. This this is part of the training for the people in the hospitals and in the in the law enforcement. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, not- I mean, they they come to you. They say, "Hey, you're going to be a crisis actor. We're going to give you this amount of money, or we're going to kill your whole family, whatever it is." I mean, it's well, like there's no decision. They don't offer you a decision. You know, you're, you're going to be a crisis actor, or you're going to suffer the worst consequences a human being could possibly suffer. Right. Well, the, bear with me a minute. Like. You had Operation Northwood, the JFK stop, which was where our government was going to attack Cubans in Florida and blame it on Castro. Remember that uh, black op that uh, I believe it's Northwood, if I'm not mistaken, that JFK said no. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is transition that to present. Uh, and then you have the Tuskegee experiments, you know, trans for that to present regarding COVID. What I'm trying to say is that the crisis actors like will actually perform exercises to help train. I'm not talking about the, uh, the the actual, what we consider the shooting, let's say, for context, around the shooting in, or the bombing in Boston. I'm talking about actual training exercises that are done in by our government to train officers and medical personnel to be prepared for future uh, terrorist attacks. You see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I mean? The actors come and they play the roles. They actually did. That's guy said. If you research it, and I'll I'll, I, I, I'll try and for uh, Shaw Link uh, somehow. Uh, to, to yeah, no, with. no, I get what you're saying. I understand. So, so you have these crisis actors, and apparently the Boston bombing a year before the actual event, there was an exercise. In the same place, from what I understand, to train the the, the law enforcement to be prepared for some such event. And there's, there's only one explanation. There's only it's one like explanation. It's like COVID. They planned it out, and 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 either it's real, like nine eleven, and they you know they they seeded it, or it's actually not real, and it's a it's another psyop. Well, I, th- I think they learned from 9-11. I think that a lot of people saw through the BS on 9-11. There's, I mean, okay. I, I think if you look at the polls, I think I think maybe even half. I mean, look at the polls. I, I'm not sure of the numbers. But I think maybe even half of America doesn't believe that 9-11 was really as it was reported. 
But if you look at yeah. COVID, you know, it's a little different, which is, whereas COVID was literally unleashed on us. Is it a real virus? Yeah, I've had it multiple times. It sucks. But it's like the flu. And, you know, it 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 is real, but it it, it is not, you know, it is not spread through the world the way that people are making it out to have spread. It is... It, it was unleashed by China. Look at China. Look at the number of cases they have. I mean, they're probably lying about the cases they're reporting because they had, um, if you look at satellite imagery, they bought they brought in a bunch of like mass burning sites, like almost like almost like the Nazis, where they were like burning tons of bodies. But you know, it, whether or not you know they knew or not the cure or some sort of vaccine or whatever it might be, they unleashed this. This was not like, oh, wow, they did a great job of containment. No, that's not how it went. It's not how it went down. The facts dispute that. And, you know, anyone that thinks otherwise is just a brainwashed sheep, you know? I, I hate to say it. I don't mean to offend anybody, but, you know, it's the truth. Well, there's evidence that at the military games that were held in China in 2019 in the fall, that the that potentially it was released there and that's how it spread all over the world because you have militaries coming in from all over the world to the military games in China. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I don't know that we'll ever know the truth. Or we'll never know the truth about the JFK assassination. We'll never know the truth about Epstein and his whole network. We'll never know the whole truth about the Catholic Church and all the cardinals or whatever. Who are, you see what I mean? Well, they're we'll all, yeah, they're, they're all, they're all, they're all uh, not as reported. I'll just put it right. that way. I don't, I don't want to say conspiracy because then everyone tries to cancel you. But, you know, Epstein had a list of all of his yeah. people. He had DVDs. He had all yeah. these things. They've never been released. Um, right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's unreal. It, 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 it blows my freaking mind that they have not followed up with any of this despite extreme public demand. I mean, do we need to take to the streets? Like, when are we ever going to get that list? Gawain Maxwell is is literally in prison. I mean, what more do they have? I mean, Gawain knows everything. You know, I mean, it's like, dude, just release this stuff. What what do you have to fear? I'll tell you what you have to fear. The the fear that they have is because so many of our politicians were probably involved, and and yeah. and you know, billionaires and you know, wealthy wealthy donors to these politicians. Liz Cheney admitted that it was an open secret that they were committing all these crimes. She said that one time. She was like, haha, we all know that what they were doing, it was kind of like an open secret out here. Yeah, and, and, and when, uh, what's his name? Uh, I uh, can't remember his name, but he flew down to Florida to prosecute back when Epstein originally got uh, caught by like the county or whatever it was. Yeah, Alexander Acosta. Yes, that's exactly right. So Acosta, and they told him, "Hey, this guy's a government asset. Leave him alone." Israeli government asset. Oh, I didn't remember. I didn't remember the is Israeli part, but I believe it. I mean, yeah. you know, Epstein. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so an Israeli name. But uh, you know, and he had passports in all these other countries. All these things. You know, this guy was working for the government. You know, and, and why won't they disclose it? Why won't they just tell us? I'll tell you why, because, you know, the American public frowns upon these disgusting things that 
Epstein did to obtain compromising material on other people. I mean, he did horrible, fucked up things. And, uh, pardon my French, but, you know, just horrible, horrible things. And, you know, but the U.S. government doesn't care. They're like, oh, yeah, do do what you got to do. We'll fund you. Because he didn't get all that money from Leslie Wexler, dude. That's a joke. I mean, did he steal tens of millions from the guy? Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, that doesn't explain his near billion dollar net worth at the time of his passing. Exactly. He didn't have a even a a, a degree in uh, a, a master's degree or anything in finance. No so, degree. Yeah. No bachelor's. Yeah. Nothing. No. I think I'll take another stab at this. I think he was nothing but a high end John, and that they knowingly. I mean, Clinton was on the Lolota Express, according to flight logs, was it 24 times? He doesn't go anywhere. More than that. More than that. It was like 27 or something like that. Yeah. All right, but consider no and, president. And that's, that's just the flight logs. I mean, right. imagine how many uh, imagine how many logs they, they completely eradicated. I mean, that guy was probably there 100 times. Could be, but keep in mind, he goes nowhere without the Secret Service. No president will go anywhere, you know, X or whatever, without protection. Well, so th- there were certain times where the Secret Service said, yeah, we were on the flight with him. But then there were other times where they were like, oh, we don't recall that flight. We don't recall that yeah, flight. Bullshit. You know? And yeah, it's like, were, got- were they there? Maybe they were there, but they're lying. You know, it's 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 all one big. They were there, just, but it's eyes it, wide shut. Yeah, yes. it's yeah, eyes wide shut. It's yep. fabulous expression. It's it's just it's unbelievable. Man. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, it's just it's so horrible what these people are I've, doing. I've personally been in some of those situations, but um, part of like why I'm a struggling artist is because I decided to. First of all, not stay at the party and tell those people to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I, I've but, had friends who who have you know they've become I guess what you, these days you call influencers. I hate the term, but you know influencers, hundred plus thousand, hundred fifty plus thousand followers on Instagram, whatever. And then these weird people who they don't know fly them out to L.A. They go to L.A. and then. You know, this this is a very close friend of mine, and you know he has PTSD because he has to take like six medications just to keep from freaking out and like having nightmares and having panic attacks. It's horrible what happened to him. So he goes to L.A. and all these men start saying, you know, oh, you got to have you know homosexual intercourse with us if you want your career to exa- to advance. And he's like, what? I'm I'm 16. I'm 17. This we were in high school a long time ago, and you know, he, he, you know, to these things and the people just kept pushing it. They're like, well, just do it. Do you want a career? Do you want a career? Do you want a career? It's, it's really sickening, honestly. And I'm, I'm thankful that he didn't succumb to this. And, you know, he flew back to his home state of Florida and he's safer now, but he, he still suffers from this, like to this day. And, you know, him and I are almost 30 at this point. And, you know, this was, almost half of our lives ago and you know he's still really trying to shake this stuff he has nightmares about it every night these horrible people they have no remorse no remorse they don't care what they do to other people it's uh stanley kubrick right wise white eyes wide shut right uh shaw wasn't he the guy who made the movie last movie he made before he died i think not familiar with the film but i'm i'm just using the expression like yeah uh, like it's it's like I didn't see nothing, you know. Like I was there, but I didn't see nothing. 
Yeah, well, that's actually a Tom Cruise movie with uh, his former wife, Nicole Kidman. And allegedly, one of the scenes where they're in robes and masks, and there's this, uh, what looks like a satanic ritual prior to an orgy, eyes wide shut, that's Stanley Kubrick. And supposedly, that scene was shot at a a, a Rothschild, uh, 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 I don't know what to call it, a mansion or something. That's what I heard. Um so it's not, it's not, in fact, Marilyn Monroe, what she said that Hollywood was nothing but a giant orgy. You know what I mean? And, um, so this yeah, is what happens. People, these people are quite depraved. I mean, they, yes. you know, once you acquire, you know, it, it depends on your character, right? If you, if you have a solid moral grounding and a solid moral compass, you'll be okay. But most people don't. And so what happens when they get all this fame and fortune? They become sensation seeking. You know, they, they have these orgies, do all these drugs, you know, do all these horrible things, hang out with Epstein, you know, like just ridiculous, awful things. And I mean, you know, and I think it's important to note that Bill, uh, Bill Gates, not just Bill Clinton, Bill Gates was very close friends with. Well, I think we lost them. Got to bring them back in. That's how it goes whenever you start. Whenever you yeah, start right. talking, right. he's gone. I, well, Trump was a good friend with that scene too. I mean, where does it end? I don't know. You know what I mean? I think we'd be more shocked I, than that. Obviously, TV is not able to predict reality as it is because they're governed by local laws, regulations, and whatnot. But it really is, you know, as real as you can make it. I think it's like some sort of a movie, like you. You have all these organizations, of course, and you have secret societies, but even secret societies have hierarchies. And at the top of those hierarchies are probably family members, like elders. And really the only tug of war that there is is between those elders. Like there really is nobody one in charge except for whoever's pulling on the rope the hardest. And I think that the COVID, um, I think COVID was the technology like the technocrats attempt to kind of level up their stake in 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 the world because they can compete with the old families and oil and whatnot so they tried to make a global move and this was it poisoning everybody so but again that's just a theory i have um everything every i read a lot Many different. Usually he comes right back, so I really think they got. <laughs> yeah, you know, while we're talking, while we're talking, I'm searching. I know there was a a guy who won, who was a singer, uh, who won one of the. I don't remember. It was the Voice one of those one of those competitions, and he became famous, and then he came out and came forward about the Freemasons. And he did a whole five-hour video on the Freemasons. He, he, he broke out of it. The guy's last name, I think, was Childs. I'm trying to remember. I remember a long time ago I saw this. But it, 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 speaking of Eyes Wide Shut and the movie, and the, it's all along those lines. And um, darn it, I, I, I'm, I'm searching for it while we're talking, and I think I got a couple keywords wrong, but I'm trying to figure out shake my memory bank but um he did a five-hour video on this it was he had all the books the encyclopedia of freemasonry and uh, all, uh stuff from um 
way back and, and, and all their secret books, because he was part of it, somehow he acquired these things. And, um, Oh, they, they give out documents and literature to obedient members left and right. Like when, when you get along, like it's, everybody's like on cloud nine, like nobody even suspects a thing. That's why I'm not I'm not surprised at all that Alex Jones was able to sneak into Bohemian Grove because yeah, that's the shit that yeah. I was able the shit that I was able to sneak into you know like I'm saying everybody's on cloud nine they're saying the right words you know the code words and the handshakes and and everything like that people let their guard down and nobody starts, suspects a thing like and they really do expect you to be so brainwashed and hypnotized by by it all that you just like will keep going into it slowly and slowly. That's why there's 33rd levels and not just, not just like freaking three because you know, like they could like simplify it and make it just three levels, but that would be so much. That would be such a, like every step would be so grand if they did it that way. So they freaking spread it out. So there's slow, silent agreement versus like needing to do a lot all at once. Okay, well, I found it on uh, Yandex. It's Altian Childs exposes Freemasonry. It's five hours and 17 minutes. I'll tell you what, it's an eye-opener. And um, I've learned. I, I, I've watched it one time through over in segments. But um, he he shows everything that that is kept from us in the way the symbolism, the handshakes, the secret order, uh, uh, oaths. And uh, it's it's really I'm surprised he's still alive. I I don't unless he's being protected by, uh, you know some some. So here's so here's the thing. There's there's different um, pillars to all these all these organizations, right? Like there's different there's different fla- there's different flares of white supremacy. Then there's different um, take the Sicilians, for example, versus like what another culture might have in the same way. So there's different pillars across the planet for for these organizations as well. So in the occult of the U.S., there's the there's the white supremacy, there's the white supremacists, then there's the money class, then there's uh, there's the educated elite and those secret societies, like they're all operating separate, but equal, if that makes sense. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and that's part of how they maintain their, their illusion, right? Like they're not all, so they're not all, uh, what's, what's the word for like, they're not all, they don't all blend exactly together. They all have the same goals. So they'll have different. So the book that he wrote, unless it's like all encompassing about um, four or five different groups, but most people only write about the one group that they're in and they think that that's how everything works. But then all those methods and things like that are able to be discredited by the other groups because they're not exactly the same thing, but the goals will be the same which is what they want. Okay, well, he was talking about Freemasonry as a whole, and the and there's two sides of the pyramid, there's two paths. I, I didn't really follow it that much because, you know, for me, uh, when I look at these things, I just think of Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, 
the battle's not against the flesh and blood. In other words, the bodies change, the organizations change. You know, it's against the principalities and powers of the um, uh, spiritual wickedness the, the, that rules this world. You know, the darkness, the spiritual wickedness, I'm paraphrasing, that rules this world. So the, the, that's, that's Ephesians 6, 12. 13 is, we're to four, put on the full armor of God so that in the battle you may stand. So in the end you will stand. So in other words, we got to call on the angels, call on, you know, invoking the angels, the armor of God through prayer to stand in the battle versus the evil. So over the, from the Egyptian times to present, they, the bodies change, the flesh and blood. You see what I'm saying? So for me, when I start seeing these things, I'm kind of like, I, I give it a, a, an overview, but I'm not really retaining because to me, it's like, well, what, throughout history, this has been happening. It's happening exactly. now. Yeah. It's you know? generational. There's, yeah. And it's important to look at. Um, and it's, it's very hard because a lot of people, just write this stuff off as not even existing. Like this right. is a level beyond conspiracy theory. It's a level beyond the deep state. Like this is as deep, dark, hidden as it gets. The occult yeah. societies and right. they're hidden in plain sight. Like I, exactly, and that's that is what the Illuminati is like people, what is the Illuminati? It is just what you said. It's the occult societies hidden in plain sight and they're networked. Do you it's one me? of them. It's, and that yeah. was my point of it being pillared, right? So yeah. there's the Illuminati, but think of how many other, um, cultures and religions also have like yeah. secret polices and things like that. So that's what I meant by like, it's just one of them that are out okay. there. All right, so and, like, and they're and they all sit on equal footing with each other. But think it, and as you know, it's a pyramid shape, right? So yeah. the older that the occult is, the higher up it will sit. So the techno occult, like the one that's being born out of Hollywood and Silicon Valley right now, sits lower on the pyramid than the religious occult because they're older and they wield more power. They're more ingrained, but even those sit lower than the family occults, like the, the literal, like, um, generational king and queen bloodline, marrying things like that sit okay. higher than the religious occult because they're older, like, and they wield more power yeah. and influence. Yeah. That makes sense. So, what could, I don't know, it's getting late, but I, I, and maybe it's time to wrap it up. I, we don't have any more calls. I think what happened to Alex, his phone kept going dead. It probably finally, you know, needs, needs a recharge. That's why he kept cutting out, he said. So, um, uh, I don't think we're going to have him back tonight and no one else is calling in. So I'd like, we should perhaps do a show on that. Um, you know, what we can learn about what you know, because you have much more experience than me. I'm just, Put my foot in the water trying to understand all this from the Kazarian mafia I've heard about from the original families and who they are. You know, I've read different articles. Some list them, some don't. Uh, David Ike says, if you buy his book, he'll tell you who they all are. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, for example. But um, so I don't know. Maybe we can make that a future show because you certainly have the knowledge that I don't on that. And I'd be grateful to learn more about it. Um, but anyway, Shaw, 
We've been going how long now? Well over. The device could handle it. Um, so we're going to, we doubled the time of, of that last super long broadcast. I kept the device plugged in. Seems like the messages and links. So I know. you'll get all that. Um, everybody will get that as they requested them. Uh, I put up a link tree on everywhere this episode and show is going to be. Sure. Uh, there's lots of ways. And I just, I just posted some new ones while we were, while while this was going on, uh, going on half a day now. So, yeah. but, um, if you're interested in helping us spread this message or supporting us directly to support Bill and his fights and getting his message out there, um, all those links are here for you all under this link tree. Uh, just check out everything we got. I'm going to post some awesome just things i was googling while y'all were talking just to give people references so if y'all would like to see more of that just dm me and we can put our, put our researching minds together because that's what they fear the most when they tell us that they don't want us amen so I, what i like to do is wrap it up with how we started how's this one from the people's corner <laughs> Hailing from corrupting the USA, the unconstitutional state, fighting for justice, the undefeated, undisputed, super heavyweight civil rights advocate who actually weighs over 400 pounds, <laughs> the Italian Clydesdale with his manager and co-host, the king Irre- of kings, the king irredeemable. of kings. Irredeemable to corruption. <laughs> Shaw... And Shaw, <laughs> 9-11 truth, 